Free Talk Live, and you are invited to take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231 tonight. It is Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And the site itself actually allows you to influence some of the things we'll talk about here on the program. And, of course, the best way to influence the show is to pick up your phone and call in. But absent that, you can go to freetalklive.com. You can submit show prep suggestions. Other listeners can vote them up or down. You can vote up and down things, too. And the most popular items will make it to the front page of the site, meaning we'll be more likely to see them and use them on the air. So head over to freetalklive.com and get interactive. Uh, so coming up tonight here, lots to talk about. We'll start out with something from our friends over at copblock.org. Copblock.org. Great new website. Uh, that well, relatively new within the past few months that is doing a real super job of kind of keeping up to date with uh, some of the police abuse stories. Uh, certainly they can't catalog them all, but they're they're certainly following a few of them over at copblock.org. And here's one uh, brought to you by Copblock. Waterbury Cop takes plea deal. Republican American Rep hyphen AM dot com reporting here. Waterbury, a former city police officer arrested last year when police found cocaine, marijuana and a digital scale in his crashed pickup truck was spared prison time Wednesday after he accepted a plea deal in Superior Court. But Francis Frank Brevetti didn't escape the court system unscathed. He'll have to live with a felony conviction on his record. Brevetti, 29, was fired by the police department last year for gross misconduct after they, uh, the Watertown police say they found drugs packaged to sell and a scale in his pickup truck after it crashed into a tree at 2 a.m. Presumably he was behind the wheel. Uh, but although Brevetti was charged with a list of crimes, including selling drugs, he pleaded to a felony count of tampering with evidence and a misdemeanor charge of marijuana possession. Brevetti was given a suspended three-year prison term and was placed on probation for three years. A minor motor vehicle infraction filed against him was nullprost by the prosecutors. It makes you wonder how these things happen. I mean... Uh, was how, the guy, what happens? How, how they get caught? I mean, well, he, he was ran in a, into a tree or something, right? But I mean, was he knocked unconscious? Is that how they uh, came upon the, uh, the 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 scale and Could be. and bags of cocaine? Because you you would think that well, you'd t- if you were conscious, you'd take a little time to get that out of the way so they wouldn't see that kind of stuff. But you know, maybe it's just me. I, I think that's a fair speculation that he, you know he was uh, unable to deal obviously with whatever the situation was. He was unable to deal with hiding his stash at that point. The tampering charge means that Brevetti can't seek employment as a police officer and it disqualifies him from seeking recertification from the Police Officer Standards Training Council. His attorney said, he's hurt. He's upset by it. He's got to find a whole new career. A poor, poor baby. My heart goes out to him. So many people that I wonder, you know, probably he's caught. Um, Yeah, he doesn't have to. Not only do they have to find whole new careers, but, well, they've got to find out what to do about their house that's been, uh, you know, that that goes into foreclosure because they're not there to make payments on it because they've been in jail for six months waiting for trial. Then they get a year in, uh, you know, county jail or prison after that. You know, this isn't the kind of thing that most people walk away from. No, exactly. And and that's really the reason why I wanted to bring this up was it's the double standard here. Again, how many people could get away with having Coke and marijuana and bagged up and a scale bagged up and ready to sell? 
How many people would be charged with uh, with distribution of cocaine and marijuana and be able to walk away with nothing more than a slap on the uh, slap on the hand? Nobody. How often does that happen? <laughs> not, not too often. Not you have really, to be, it, it blows my mind that it doesn't occur to them how bad that is affecting their public relations and the image of cops when they give when they give special favoritism like that in such a pu- it's a public thing it's a totally public thing obviously it's being talked how about concerned on are the radio they? obviously so. i mean how concerned are they though dale about their public relations because they're putting millions of people a year in jail cells because of the war on drugs over 1.5 million people uh, arrested in the last year alone simply because of usually possession of a plant or a chemical I mean that looks pretty bad for their uh, for their public relations. Yeah, you have a point. I mean, it seems that their tactic, uh, for the most part, to, as far as keeping people obeying, is fear. That's sure. that, you know they're not about trying to you even know, make the system still, look legitimate. Yeah, there's still the occasional act, um, the occasional effort to have like you know like they have the thing at the Keen Police Department where people come and they have hot dogs and yeah. and they talk yeah, about what yeah cop day and that's sort of a little PR thing to to make cops seem like these public servants and they do that's a little true. bit of that but but who's going to come to cop day predominantly it's fear is how they keep people under control right, right? and if you look at the, the people that come to cop day they're they're likely going to be the the already in the cops camp type of people, the, the yeah. people that are really worshipful towards the police are going to be the people that are, A, going to even hear that there's a, a cop day in the first place, uh, B, going to attend cop day. And so, I mean, if you look at the other things they're doing, not only are they arresting people on a regular basis for, for things like drug possession, but they're also out aggressing against peaceful people for things like speeding tickets and other nonsense. I mean, the, and what they don't seem to get is that you can't have it both ways. You can't Right off the bat, even for just a silly, you know, even for just a very minor traffic stop, have the cop be very intimidating and terrifying in order to maintain control. You know, and they and they say that, you know, you must do that for your own protection. You have to keep the situation under control. And they do that with fear and intimidation. You can't have that and also have people be respectful of cops and and see them as public servants when everyone is terrified of them. Everyone gets a little jolt when they're driving down the street and sees one. I guess it's it, it's not fair to say that everybody feels that way. There has to be a group of people, I know they exist, that when they see the cops, they don't feel that intimidation. You know, maybe because they've convinced themselves that they do nothing that is against the government's rules, that they do no uh, breaking of the government statutes. Well, maybe they that. just drive so slow that uh, they don't have anything to worry about. Because I've, I've turned into a slow driver uh, over the last few years. There's just not, you know, I don't need to, dr- I don't need to drive that fast. I don't feel driven like I, I did previously. Mm-hmm. But I still find myself going down some hills at 65, 70 miles an hour sometimes. I mean, you've got to be a pretty pokey driver in order <laughs> to not have to worry about police at all. When, when I see... When my fuzzbuster goes off, my foot goes on the brake. Yeah. I don't well, care if I'm going to speed them or not. You not worry about them at all because you'll get pulled over for... Or uh, one of your lights is out, sure. brake lights out, or something, and and whatever, or they just run your plates, and sure. you know, they, you know, but with they, the, whatever with the, they want to run your plates, and they come up with an excuse to pull you over. When you have the, that's all true, and those things can certainly happen to the police worshippers as well. And I'm sure that sometimes. 
there are some crossover when a, a when somebody who is a w- really worshipful toward the police is is aggressed against in a way that just shatters their illusions and they come on and they you know they realize the cops aren't all out there to help out i'm sure there are stories about about that but i think in many cases when a fanatic uh, of the police is pulled over in one of those instances they're usually very very deferential to the police mm-hmm. and very very sorry you know oh well this is this is this the way things are this is what i deserve for uh, for go for speeding and they they have they have stories that they you know that they tell themselves that justifies what the man with the gun is doing to them so i think that there are people out there that are not really they they, they don't get that same feeling that we do when we see the cops when when uh when we see the cops we see somebody who could aggress against us and possibly harm us to the point of killing us if they don't like the way we look or the, the way we're talking to them. Well, that's never, I've never experienced anything like that. My experience generally with the police is quite good. You've never felt apprehension when a cop pulls behind you on the road? I feel the apprehension. That's what I'm talking but about. But I, I, that's because I read the news and I see what, they, what, ca- what they can do, not right. what they do do. Generally, when I experience... Because I said there's the possibility that the possibility, that could happen. Right. We realize that about them, and the people who are fans of the police... That's just not even in their purview. The idea that the cop that could be behind them would be a cop that would uh, try to rape them or or harm them or you know do whatever aggressive act or, to them or abuse yeah abuse the interpretation of the law or misapply the law in order to punish them or to be petty and doesn't some, even cross their whatever. mind yeah doesn't it doesn't even cross their mind so uh, so so just a just a great example here of how it is that the cops have one set of rules for them. Which is, if you get caught as a drug dealer cop, eh, you lose your job, but you don't really have to go to jail or anything like that. And if you or I were to be caught with bagged up uh, cocaine and marijuana uh, ready for sale, you know, drug ledger and, and everything, you know, all the evidence that they would need to charge you with, uh, with drug dealing, man, they'd probably be some sort of minimum sentence, I would think. I, in many places there are. Uh, there's more coming up here at 800-259-9231. Free Talk Live. Bring up anything. Do you need a new computer but don't seem to have the money to buy one? Is your credit stopping you from buying the newest computers that you need today? Then My Computer Club is your answer to buy that new computer or laptop now and pay for it later. Finance top quality new computers and laptops and hundreds of other electronics. There are no credit checks, no turndowns. If you're 18 years or older and have proof of income, you're approved. Prices start at just $22 a month. Go to MyPCCredit.com and finance your new computer today. That's MyPCCredit.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We've got a Shrine of Female listeners on our website. You can go, if you're a lady listener, and become a part of the Shrine. Get all the details on the uh, top of the site. And uh, anybody else can just go and, and view the Shrine and see the dozens of ladies that have sent us their validated photo or video showing they are indeed listeners of this program, Shrine dot freetalklive.com and i added some text to the top of the shrine to try to make it a little less confusing i announced recently that we have a new shriner up on the site sam dragon is our newest shriner and people have gone there confused because they didn't see her uh well there's different sections to the shrine the first section of the the shrine is our validated amplifier section so the ladies at the top of the shrine are uh, ladies who are not only validated in that they're showing in their photo or video that they listen to the show but they also 
are financial contributors to the Free Talk Live AMP program, making them, you know, just a little more special. So we gave them their own section right at the top. If you scroll past the validated amplifiers, you see the regular validated Shriners, the ones that are validated, but they're not contributing financially to the program. So, I mean, we certainly appreciate them uh, as well. They have their own section beneath the amplifiers, and that's where Sam Dragon is. So for anyone who was confused, that should help clarify things. Shrine.freetalklive.com. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free website builder tools and templates. You can use uh, the code FTL, that's FTL as in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. And they won't spam you every single day like some of the other web hosting uh, companies will. It's HostGator.com, code FTL. All right, 1-800-259-9231. We continue. We'll take your phone calls. And then coming up, Dale wants to talk about motivations for activism aside from anger. I think that'll be an interesting discussion. But first we go to Countryman. Countryman, listening in Athens to WAIS. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Dale and Mark. Hey, what's up, fellas? Hey, what's on your mind? First off, I love that you guys rock Megadeth, man, especially (laughs) Rust in Peace. Excellent music. Good taste, for sure. All right, so the other day, 420, I, I had a thought, and I thought I'd share it with you guys, given that you've got the radio show and you're activists and everything. I don't really personally have much time to do anything but work and tend to my family and land and stuff. But anyway, the two things that always bother me about 420 was, one, it's Hitler's birthday, right? Mm, I didn't so know that. It, Yeah, it kind of sucks to be celebrating something on the same day. You know, well, what can you do? You know what? Not, well, I know. I'm just saying that's that's one thing. 365 right, days in a thing, year, you probably find uh, you know a, a really bad person every day of the year, or darn, so, darn close, at least know, once a week. It might have been, you know, it might have been Mussolini or something. Yeah, well, the next, yeah, the next day, day might be day. John Wayne Gacy, Vlad Dracula, right? For sure, for sure. Just a little observance, all right. And so the other thing is that you know every time 420 rolls around and I hear like national propaganda radio or some other news try to talk about it, you know, they always, you know, poke fun and use it as a chance to make people look stupid and say, like, sure. well, today's the day that the stoners celebrate, you know, why? Oh, they're so stoned, they don't even know, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, the, the typical in the mainstream media are little snipes at uh, at marijuana consumers, and of course, they always try to, you know, photograph, in many cases, some of the, uh, you know, the more stereotypical of uh, marijuana consumers, so they're they're not likely to to shoot a picture of a man in a suit uh, smoking a joint as much as they are the guy with the dreadlocks, uh, simply because they, for whatever reason, have uh, an interest in continuing to propagate this negative uh, viewpoint of uh, of the recreational cannabis user. And you're absolutely right. In fact, if you if you go to freekeen.com and scroll down a bit, there's a video from Fox News where some bimbo talk show host from uh, from Boston just spends three minutes slamming on cannabis smokers and the the 420 celebrations, and she just sounds so uninformed and so clueless uh but i guess some people out there eat that stuff up yeah totally so i thought of an idea on how you could rectify those two problems right okay i I believe it's march 18th i I could be wrong but it's late march was the day that back in the 70s the schaefer commission gave its uh conclusions do you know what i'm talking about the schaefer commission yeah remind me please i'm sure okay so okay so as far as i know the one and only time that a congressional committee has ever studied our cannabis prohibition policies was back in the 70s under Nixon, and, 
and it was called known as the Schaefer Commission. And the idea seemed to be that they would just stack this commission with conservatives and they would come back and say, yeah, you know, lock them up and throw away the key. But what happened was, you know, these guys were, you know, fiscal hawks and they came back and said, why on earth are we spending money on this? This, this should, you know, this should not be a government issue. We should decriminalize this right away. Yeah. And it stunned everyone, and Nixon flipped out. And so if we move the whole 420 idea to the day this came out, right, one, like I said, I think it's late March, you get away from Hitler's birthday. But more importantly, <laughs> when the news talks about it, they have to say, why do they celebrate today? Because this was the day that the Schaefer Commission came out and said that this should be legal. The one and only time the government studied it, they said it should be legal. I think it's what a great idea. Um, I I just I don't Good think luck. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be particularly successful. I think you've they've got to, yeah, you've yeah. got to fight against basically the four twenty's got legs, yeah, a the, lot of legs, and I think it's yeah. a, I, I think it's a great idea if you could get it going somewhere. And if if there's any group where you could get them to celebrate twice a year, it would probably be pot smokers. So you know, <laughs> right, the, the right. attempt to create this second uh, second day is a great idea, but you you know obviously you have to have more information because you don't know what day it is at this point i can tell you i'm not on board i mean you're going to have to convince a lot of people who are going to be able to convince a lot of other people to uh to come on board with this and for but for me uh don't it, you smoke day on the pot on that day probably yeah. See, yeah. you convinced him <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well i'm not saying i wouldn't well, come out well i'm not saying i wouldn't come out for it if you put it together like if you were right, up here right. for instance in new, in new hampshire and you decided you want to do a march 18th uh smoke out thing then okay, you probably have people come out to it, but to convince people to not do 420 is is fairly unlikely. I yeah, would say. I think. So. Yeah, yeah. Anal so, smoke well, on you know, ends in like y, I said, so. <laughs> like I said, it's just a thought that occurred to me. And if uh, you know, if anyone was interested, you know, in discussing it, I figured y'all would at least uh, entertain the thought for a minute. We will so always entertain night, whatever thoughts. I am you entertained, have. and I thank you, <laughs> countryman, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. That is the point of this program. We will entertain uh, what whatever you want to share with us. Whatever the cockamamie idea is, we'll go for it. All right, so 800-259-9231. As far as the issue of the Hitler's birthday thing, it, it seems to me that what matters is that you're celebrating whatever it is you're celebrating, that you don't focus on all of the other uh, terrible things that happened in the past on that particular day. You, you focus in the now. You celebrate what you're there to celebrate. Sure, but um, I, I think he made a good. I think he made a good point. You know, what does 420 mean? Well, then you get into this, you know, this murky, uh, you know, bit of urban legend. Yeah. You know, and nobody really seems to know. Whereas if it was designed around this commission that he's talking about, the Mitchell Commission. What did he say? Um, well, then it, it, you know, that'd be great. There's something I like the mystery of it, though. I like that you know, there's all these different stories about where 420 originated, and no one knows for sure. You know, yeah, and as matter? long as no one knows, it's all of them. Sure, they're well, all true. What does it matter, it matter anyway? Where it originated? What matters is now. What matters yeah, like is the, what it means to people today. I like the the reporter who said he gave the story that he'd heard and said that's just too good of a story to actually check the facts on. So he admitted he hadn't followed it. Toll free number eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. 
MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpaks, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com. This is Free Talk Live, inviting you to take control of the airwaves. You can dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features, they are free, including news updates. You can get them via email or Twitter or Facebook or all of the above if you'd like. Just go to news.freetalklive.com to get signed up. Totally free. That's news.freetalklive.com. Dot com. How soon do you want to get started uh, teaching that special that child special to you about the ideas of liberty? I figured I couldn't start soon enough with Jack. An Island Called Liberty is a picture book for children, and I read it to him all the time. It's kind of like Ayn Rand meets Dr. Seuss. It's simple story, graceful rhymes, and beautiful illustrations on every page will make it one of any child's favorite. Go now to freemarketunderdog.com. See some of the samples there and order today. There's a 10% discount for listeners of Free Talk Live with the coupon code FTL at freemarketunderdog.com for the book Island Called An Island Called Liberty. All right, 800-259-9231. We go to your phone calls about what you want. Amy is listening in Canton to WCER. Hello, Amy. Hello, guys. Hey, what's Um, on your mind tonight? Well... With that guy calling up and pointing out that it was Hitler's birthday today, or Two for the ago. four, not today, for the 420 thing, um, mm-hmm. I just wanted to point out that it was also the anniversary of the Columbine mm-hmm. massacre, and I think that everybody should take into note that that occurred also, and have a moment of silence, maybe, in in your celebrations for that. So should I mean should should we have moments of silence uh, for us if we're going to have a celebration, for instance, like you know any old day you might have a celebration, Thanksgiving or or Christmas or someone's birthday. Uh, should there be a moment of silence for all of the tragedies that have occurred on the the days prior and in, in years prior? Because uh, just. I just was taking a look here online, uh, factmonster.com. They've got a little day in history uh, feature on their site. Today, April 22nd, I just figured I'd look to see, well, what happened? At least a, a selection, right? Because there's a lot that happened in history on April 22nd, uh, the day we're recording this program and, and broadcasting this. So uh, they don't have it all here, but here's some of it. Armed immigration agents took Elian Gonzalez from the Miami home of his relatives to unite him with his father. You may remember seeing the uh, the famous photo that was taken of the uh, the man with the, uh, the the government agent, the goon, with a machine gun trained on this little boy uh, in, in, in his family. It was just a disgusting, frightening, frightening. scenario. 
And now, by the way, I saw an update on Elian Gonzalez. By the way, he's I, I guess in twenty seven. He's I guess he's in the the military in Cuba and is looked to as like this national hero or something mm. like that. Uh, so basically, by by aggressing against him with the police state, they turned him into a national hero down yeah. uh, down in Cuba. But that's one thing. I mean, should we also go ahead and just have a moment of silence for uh, for the history of the the, the kidnapping of Elian Gonzalez and and every other day that something awful happened in history? Yeah. Probably. I mean, no, I say no. Why? Why? Why bother spending all of that time on what has gone by? I think this it's important to learn from history. It's important to observe it. I actually take the complete opposite position. I think that we mourn so that we can move on. And and, and then you're not doing it right if you're still doing it years and years later. I, I think the whole point of mourning is so that you can get on with your life because, you, you know, it's necessary. We have to go through that. We have to you know, September, what about September 11th though? is an example I've used in the past. We are way past the point where we should still be mourning about September 11th. And the fact right. that we still do is being used to, pr- to keep promoting a police state and homeland security and, and further in, in, infringements on our rights. Exactly. And it's a tool that's being manipulated. So I don't think we need to have moments of silence for things that happened a, a, a decade ago or more. I mean, I, I think we need to let go and move on. Your thoughts, Amy? You're probably right, and I just I didn't want it to get undermined or forgotten, though. Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of on the fence on this. I mean, I being a Quaker, I don't believe in respecting one day over another, but I think that it's a reality that there are holidays and and um, you know days are you know, people look at days as being uh, special in some way, and and I think that there are things to be you know, sort of reminded of in the past. I, yes, I think that you can learn your lessons and move on, but at the same time, humans are forgetful beasts, but no, and they have to be reminded of their lessons, Learning it is too. important. Knowing our history is important and learning from it. I don't, don't, don't get me wrong. Don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm saying yeah. just stop, don't continue the mourning process. Right. And that's what I see the moment of silence as. I think it's good to have those uh, for a recent occurrence and to take a moment and, 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 you know, we want to burn that into our memory and learn from it and, and make it a part of our history that we teach to the future generations. But, but to I make don't a think hol- we should continue to mourn indefinitely. Right. To make, a, uh, to make a habit out of continuing to observe this sadness in the past. I mean, what good is that right. going to do I, for you? I think it's very Yeah, negative. right. Well, I mean, it's like the same thing about Hitler's birthday. I mean, Hitler, his birthday... Really? Are you serious? <laughs> you know? I'm sure Hitler's birthday was a very, very happy day when he first was born. There wasn't anything <laughs> yeah. terrible. How about we yeah. uh, mourn the days that he killed people and uh, ordered people's yeah. dads? That's probably all year long that he did yeah. horrendous, terrible right. things. Thank you for the call. I appreciate hearing from you, Amy, at 800-259-9231. Not that I, I have any objection to sentimentality and, and reflecting on things. And, and if there's, you know, for instance, I, I mean, I would never tell somebody... Well, your dad died uh, today, and you shouldn't give a damn about that. You know, five years later, I, I would never tell anybody that, uh, I, and I don't think that's what—that's not really what we're saying here. I think that if there's something special that's really important to you, then you need to take whatever time out to do whatever it is that you think is right. But to uh, to take time out to, you know, to to focus on things that didn't even really have directly to do with you simply because something bad happened and in I the think past it's very seems excessive I mean, people yeah I, they, for instance i know that i i wouldn't expect someone i wouldn't say to someone that it's not healthy for them to go visit uh perhaps you know the grave of their of a right. family member that they that they cherished on a regular basis uh 
I think there's this sort of notion of this sort of impressing it upon the culture to continue mourning, and that's what that sort of collectivist promotion of of an endless mourning is is a little creepy to me. I, I, and it's a manipulated thing. It's used to manipulate people often. To some extent, I think what she was saying is she was really just providing a counterpoint to the uh, to the uh, Hitler's birthday thing. You know. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I kind of see it as a difference between uh, going and visiting your loved one's grave who died however many years ago on a regular basis and going and having a yearly uh, memorial service for Princess Diana. Right. Like, one of them really should have meant something to you and the other one really shouldn't. And it kind of reminds me of what happened when uh, it's just so sickening to me when somebody like Princess Diana or Michael Jackson uh, passes away and all of these people turn out of the woodwork and come out and they bring flowers and they cry and they, you know, they they go through this. It's almost worshipful. It's, it's, you know, it's almost worshipful. This sort of feeling close to this celebrity that you've never even met, you know. Yeah, and and it's I, a little weird. It, it's it is weird, and I think it's an extension of this pop culture uh, obsessed society that uh, that we live in in the Western world, where so many people are focused on the lives of other people. They're focused on who's Brad dating this week. It or probably Angelina. says something about how empty their lives feel to them, and that's probably something that they ought to address. Um, you know, if you're filling it up, if you have holes in your own life and you're filling it up with these with these fantasy figures, essentially, you know, that's what you're doing. And then well, maybe you should look and see, like, what can you do in your own life to so that you don't have that need? There's know, certainly a point that, that one takes it too far. And I, I don't doubt, you know, if you to me, if you're you're mourning uh, the, the 10th anniversary of uh, Princess Di's death, <laughs> like you've taken it too far. But at the same time. You know, I feel connections to certain actors, and I don't think that's bad or wrong or anything like that. People say things, to, for instance, the Liberty Forum, they say, hey, how's Jack? I've never met this person in my life, but they, <laughs> they know about me because I do this radio show. They listen to me, and that's not bad or wrong or anything weird. So, uh, you know, it's I, I think that there's I think there's a line to be had. I, I would I would agree with that. I might think to myself, oh, my favorite actor died. Well, what a shame. I won't get to see any more of his movies. He really I, was talented. But to cry about it and to to, to remember it and to spend all this time uh, getting emotional about him, I don't even know who he is. It's free talk lot. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Join Dale over at anarchyinyourhead.com. I believe you just posted a fresh cartoon today. Yes. Uh, so folks can go and see hundreds of many, in many cases, very liberty-oriented uh, cartooning over at anarchyinyourhead.com, plus some um, essays and thoughts by our very own Dale, anarchyinyourhead.com. 
if you're thinking about making a major purchase, stop. Don't do anything until you go to cleaningcredit.com or you call their toll-free number, which is right in the front of their uh, webpage, and I'm going to give it to you here shortly. Uh, they can help you with any kind of derogatory credit uh, reports that the credit reports that may be on your credit report, and um, it'll save you thousands of dollars in the long run. Cleaningcredit.com, they uh, help you to dispute foreclosures, bankruptcies, judgments, liens, collections, late payments, or any other kind of derogatory uh, credit. They're part of the Better Business uh, Bureau for more than six years, and they uh, are a law firm. It's cleaningcredit.com, or call this number, 877-733-CREDIT, 877-733-CREDIT. Credit. All right, 800-259-9231. Ladies, continue to come first here on Free Talk Live. Christine in Colorado, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hey, thank you. I am really enjoying the show. I tell you all, I have not been on your show for so long, and I got an email from a friend talking about today's show, so I went over there, and I am just going to have to start tuning you guys in all the time. I really appreciate the show. Well, that is just super. What did your friend have to say? Um, I saw it on Facebook, and they were uh, promoting the show and a couple of the topics you were going to talk about during the day. And I was like, man, I haven't tuned into Free Talk See, in so long. See, now that's what I don't understand. I mean, how would they know? incredible. How, how would they know what we're going to talk about? Um, I received an uh, email uh, stating that uh, you were going to have a guest later on, Jacob Hornberger. Uh, and yes. I always pay attention to the Future of Freedom Foundation. They have some of the best uh, discussions I've ever heard. So that got my attention. And then once Excellent. I was on your website, it was like, i got to start tuning you in all the time. Okay, I was a little confused because normally we don't even know what we're going to talk about until like right up before the start of the show. <laughs> and I heard um, it from two people, which was good. Yeah. One was like in their email, and then another one. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Mine uh, or someone posting on Facebook, and it was like, "Oh yeah, you know, almost yeah. forgot about that." I know so that I'm, Pete Air, Pete Air from uh, MotorhomeDiaries.com, yeah, dot com, he exactly posted right. something today, and I had to correct him just on one little point, and that was that we're not going to have Jacob on from the Future of Freedom Foundation during our live program. He has already been recorded. Mark, you came in uh, before the show tonight. You recorded one of your Mark's interview series. And that's going to be attached to tonight's podcast. Yeah, you'll have to oh, download okay. it afterwards. So, well, so very good. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. Nevertheless, I have to tell you, when you turn on uh, radio talk shows, uh, they, they just are so banal and so boring. And you guys are fantastic. So I'm going to have to start tuning in regularly. I'm All really right. Glad. So that's that's enough of a pump up of Free Talk Live, Christine. Was there Ian actually? No, let stuff. it keep going. Let I got going. two no, points. Okay. Go, thank goodness you actually have something to say. Okay, go ahead. Oh, I always do. Okay, good. <laughs> Um, two points. Uh, one, in regards to your discussion about people's observance of days and how they take it overboard, yeah. I really believe um, this is due to people's irrationality and their emotionalism. And I think one of you um, made a reference to it earlier. This is the herd mentality. This is the very reason the federal government and uh, statists in general are able to control people because they want to feel a part of a group. And even when the issue or the remembrance, let's say, is something that everybody, I mean, who can speak against it. But if you're going on five years, six years, I mean, I live in Colorado. I mean, Columbine was a disaster. I mean, it was horrible. Mm. It was horrific. However, you know, I believe that this takes the place for actually doing good and taking action. People feel good without actually doing good, and they need to go from one holiday or one observance to another to another, and they feel like they're living when, in fact, 
they are just existing. And you see the emotionalism over that. Now, there's no doubt all the feelings are coming out, but that's not the use of the mind for what's in the heart. If you really are concerned about those issues, let's say it was Columbine, then you ought to turn that into action and work mm. against all this gun control. You ought to turn anything that brings those emotions in that's and take action. Point. I, I like that a lot. Not only you know working uh, work against gun control, but also work against uh, government schools because that's exactly. one of the biggest problems. Exactly, government schools. I mean, that, that right there inherent is the problem. Out here in Colorado, we're having quite a debate. And then I'll get my second point real quick, which also I, relates I to four twenty in Colorado. Um, but you know, we're having this debate over at CU about concealed carry. We're talking about adults who have. Uh, who have their permit, and then here are some officious bureaucrats telling them that they can't carry on campus, and you're only making the campus more dangerous. Yep, also in true. Colorado, it relates to the exact same thing, about 420. Um, I, I'm looking at, and I'd like to share something I'm doing with you in regards to both of those issues, if I may. But okay. we, we got a legislator out here uh, who is trying to regulate our medical marijuana dispensaries. Well, basically, his legislation would uh, make them non-existent, and they wouldn't even be able to provide it. And the whole problem comes because we're asking the government for permission for something that is a right yeah. already. So, you know, I was thinking of that on 420, and may I share uh, a website on something that I'm doing that addresses both of those issues? You are great, Christine. You are a firebrand. You are, you've got passion, I can tell. Go ahead, share the website, and then Dale wants to come back to uh, one of your other points. You oh, to- I would appreciate that. Thanks, Dale. Uh, well, I'll tell you what I've decided to do. I'm taking action, and I'm running for the state house in Colorado against the man that wants to regulate all of these things. And I invite everyone to my website, which is electchristinesmith.com. Oh, Christine, Christine no Smith. It's all up there. Oh, wow. You're, oh, okay. You're practically a celebrity in the uh, libertarian circles. Yeah, you ran for uh, for president uh, in, in 2008. Yes, I did. And, the... you know, that was a, a fascinating experience. I learned a lot, and I met a lot of good people um, across this country. I won the uh, California Libertarian primary by landslide over the other LP uh, candidates. But, you know, what happened in Denver was a travesty, you know. But that that aside, I'm looking at what good can I do, and I can do a lot of good in the state of my in the state of Colorado, and I'd ask your listeners, I don't care where you live, you'd like to see a strong fighter for liberty stand up in a state house, please help me. Come over there, give me any ideas, volunteer, contribute. I sure need it. From, from what I could tell of what I did read of yours, and, and you still continue to do some blogs here and there, some, uh, some opinion pieces, uh, do, is there a website that those are posted on, or is that also at your campaign site? Uh, no, the campaign site is really what I'm focused on. I had a pretty good, very strongly visited uh, blog for quite a number of years, but since the campaign began, um, public launch in January, I found that I was not keeping my blog up for weeks or even like a month at a time, and I decided just, you know, dispense with that right now because I have to devote myself to the campaign, but thank you for asking. Okay, so Dale wanted to go back to something else. Yeah, I liked what you said about that people don't want to actually have to do something, and I find that the manipulation that happens is it's not only sort of just an act like they're so that they're doing something, but also instilling them with fear, you know, bringing up these things that these tragedies and keep reminding people about it so that you can instill them with fear. And then the governments will the, uh, will act for us. Right. Then they that go. And a, then they, that that's the justification point. for I the police state. And, that's the main thing, Dale, because I frankly I look at my life and I look at people like yourself and a lot of the guests that you have on your show and a lot of the participants um, those of us around the country, we are choosing something other than fear. I frankly, I believe that there's only there's two emotions in life. There's love 
and there's fear. And all of our feelings come under one of those. And I define love as being bold and strong and courageous. And that completely dispels all the way the government would use fear, powerful tool. Well, what if this happens? Well, if you allow people to carry guns on campus and someone might get mad, someone's boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, they get into these insane examples and then they instill some crazy hypothetical in people's mind and the fear takes over. Mm -hmm. But I believe, you know, loving yourself is protection. It's self-reliance. It's independence. And if you choose love, then you're going to be bold and strong, and you're going to go out there and make a difference, and, and you're going to defy all of this. And once you identify it as fear, there's something interesting I have found. If you start to pinpoint these things that they got all their emotions tied up and their feelings tied up in, and you identify where the fear is, people do not want to identify with being weak and incapable of taking care of themselves. When you start pointing out that if you're looking to the government to provide everything for you, that you're actually weak and saying that they, that you're basically stupid and the government knows better than you, people don't like that and they start to kind of open up. And I would add one other thing, if I may, uh, to your listeners. A great tool that I have found to open up people's eyes to this, it, it did it for me in my life, um, was is Frederick Bastiat's book, you know, a little short one, The Law. It changed me. It changed my life and my whole perception of um, of socialism and any degree thereof. And uh, it's, it's a good clarifies. recommendation. Christine, quick question before we let you go sure. here. Uh, so if the uh, campaign doesn't work out there in Colorado this year, what's it going to take to get you and uh, your passion up here to New Hampshire with these other wonderful activists? Oh, I love what you're doing in New Hampshire, man. I really do. I've got friends that are really – got friends who are planning to actually make the move. Good. Um, but I, I – I, right now, I mean, um, I, I don't know what's going to become of the election. It is actually a winnable one, and I'm going to Are you running as a libertarian? It, I, pardon? Are you running as a libertarian? Yes, I one am. One more time, your website, Christine. ElectChristineSmith.com. All right. Thanks for the call tonight. We appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Hour number two is on the way. This is Free Talk Live. We'll look at anger. We were talking about fear. Let's look at anger coming up. Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free. Bring up anything at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site. 
and they're free. Those other talk shows want to charge you for theirs, uh, for their websites. Ours is free. Freetalklive.com and features there include our listening options. You've got a webcam. You've got live streams like broadband version and a dial-up flavor, uh, plus listen lines that allow you to listen in via any phone that can dial long distance. So head on over to listen.freetalklive.com to get the details. That's listen.freetalklive.com. As we continue with taking your phone calls, coming up, we'll talk about anger and it as a motivation specifically for getting active. Uh, We'll talk first, though, to Frank in New York. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Dale and Mark. Frank in New York. Going once. Frank in New York. Going twice. Okay. Well, maybe we'll try Frank back later. 800-259-9231. So Dale is here from anarchyinyourhead.com. And there was a, uh, this was the discussion you wanted to have last week. We never got around to it. So I wanted to make sure we, uh, we had a chance to, to talk about it. What, what is on your mind, Dale? Oh, cool. Well, I, my own experience with other activists uh, here in New Hampshire is sort of what I've been seeing is, sort, is a sort of evolution away from being really, really ticked off and angry and, and um, expressing a lot of anger and protests and things like that and trans, uh, you know, evolving over to, to more positive methods of expression. And, uh, and I think things like the candlelight vigils have been, have been good for that. They've been really effective, in my, it seems to me. And tell, controversial. Their, tell, tell me about their effectiveness. Well, I mean, I, 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 I don't want to take credit, but I just know that, that someone was in jail for a very long time, and it was a few days after we started doing daily vigils, or every nightly vigils, um, at the homes of the judge and the, and the policeman who did it, that, uh, that they were let out. So Yeah, it's, I, it's know, an interesting coincidence. Mm. And, I, it's, and, it, and it's unmistakably peaceable. That's what I really like about it, when you're angry and shouting and protesting and uh, it's it's they, still peaceful. Well, despite that, but they'd those, love to paint it differently. You know? Right, exactly. Despite the fact that it's absolutely peaceful and that no one is obviously in danger, uh, at least from our perspective, by doing these uh, candlelight vigils, the opposition, the the statist side, well, they want to paint us as not peaceful. Right. They, so any chance they get, I mean, you you in a sense, you almost have to talk like you're talking to children. Because you have you have to be that obvious because yeah. they will try to paint anything as not peaceful. They want to well, act as this... though this is aggressive. That uh, that you standing in front of an aggressor's home with candles, holding a, a peaceful vigil, maybe singing a song or something, is somehow an act of aggression. That's what mm-hmm. the the opponents, uh, the the adversary well, says. If something's rude enough, people are going to, uh, to to view it as an act of aggression. Now, um, I. I think that when you're talking about public property, people have a right to have candlelight vigils on that public property, and you know that's that's the way that is. But the the fact is, if something is sufficiently rude, it, it is going to trigger that animal instinct in people that says this is an attack. Yeah, it's true, and I think that's why we made an effort. You know, that to we the type of I was very particular about the type of songs that I'd be willing to sing at a vigil, and I was you know we were careful to not be there at at late hours so that we'd be annoying to people who. Had oh, you were annoying with already. It. We were we, we were annoying, but but that's because they were they were being. I, I think their conscience is getting to them. I mean that we're there and basically we're saying something they don't want to hear by our presence there. That they are responsible for their actions and they're not just doing their job. Right, and this is, is the like pro- this is what the uh, the opposition will hold out as their major objection is that hey they're just doing their jobs. You should leave them alone when they're at home. 
I mean, that's essentially they they yeah. believe that this is threatening and that uh, that this is out of line and that there's there's no way, even as peaceful as they are, that we can convince this certain segment. And we're back to talking about the police worshippers again, basically, yeah. here, the worshippers of the status quo, uh, the people that are just a OK with the way things are today are going to look at something like a candlelight vigil. And no matter what kind of. Uh, veil you attempt to to uh to, or what kind of light you attempt to pre- uh, present it in they are going to continue to have a problem with it it's one of those things yeah. where no matter what you do you can't make everybody happy i, I am kind of sidetracking myself a little bit here so i'm gonna try to get back on track though but the point that right the vigils weren't at, created out of hate is that there's they weren't created out of hate there is a lot of anger uh you know i see a lot of anger and i see a lot of you know very well restrained desires to act on that anger and i th- and 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 i've heard the excuse from some people that that's their that's what drives them that's their fuel that's what keeps them being activist and i think that's kind of sad because i think you can find something you can find positive emotions to drive you to to, to in a much better way and in a way that's going to make you more much more effective. I think when you're acting out of anger, you you lash out in ways that might be sort of short-term satisfying mm-hmm. but long-term damaging. And and you know it's and I think that, that I think it's an animalistic response and I think we need to be having a more rational response. And and what's and what's interesting to me is I was I was looking at that love fear dichotomy and I've seen it portrayed as a false dichotomy and I, I you know didn't fully understand it and so I understood sort of the criticism of that um I think they t- they talk about it in Donnie Darko <laughs> there's a love versus fear thing presented but I kind of feel like I'm getting it better now because I think there's sort of this I I'm I'm starting to look at the positive the, the sort of the things that we see as positive emotions love being the most obvious as rational ones if you look at you know a, a an organized peaceful society Instead of fighting over resources, we create more resources by working together. Mm-hmm. And so it's just it's in a sense, it's almost it's almost like those are the more evolved emotions. You know, when you have a when you're, well, they're forward looking and instead of just being reactionary to right now, mm. the other ones are the negative emotions are more animalistic and instinctive. You know, I'm defending myself or I'm you know, you're acting out of fear and you and you, you react instinctually, but you're not looking at the long term consequences of of that action. And so I, I think that it, whereas if when you're, you know, instead of saying for right now, like you've got something I want, and I just take it from you because I'm afraid I'm going to starve to death if I don't take your food or I'm afraid I'm going to go without shelter if I don't take something from you. Then instead of thinking in that way, thinking in terms of, wait, how can I work together with other people so that everyone has everything we need? And that is about yep. volunteerism and peaceful a peaceful free market exchange and people working together in a peaceful fashion. And that's something that I think is more evolved. You know, I, I, I would have to say that largely anger is, is something that springs from fear that, uh, you know, anger is, is the, the plant that grows from the roots of fear. Um, you know, I don't think that that's true every single time that what that, that anger comes from fear. Yeah. I mean, I think that you, I think that one can feel indignation. For instance, mm-hmm. I feel indignation over the, uh, the, the, the killing of the, of the, the eight Afghani boys in the private school by a, uh, Western coalition force, uh, of, you know, uh, special forces crew. But I'm not scared of that really happening here. That would be an unreasonable fear of that happening here in the United States. It's just indignation, you know. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. But but, uh, most anger, I think, comes from, you know, sort of a a likelihood that something could happen to you. And the, uh, 
you know, when I think about anger, I think it's sort of a natural progression in the the uh, the area of getting active against, you know, some uh, coercive force or whatever, whether it's, uh, you know, whether you're a protester against the corporations or, or whatever. I, I think anger can be is part of the the, the cycle. Yeah, but, I think you're of course. And I think that I think that what's important, though, is that you take a moment and. And think through your actions and don't let yourself just be motivated by that because I think you're going to act. I think if you're acting on anger, you're going to be you're not thinking about the the long term ramifications of your actions. You're thinking what's going to satisfy me right this moment. I I agree. And I just think that it's it's um, you know, there's an opportunity, you know, you feel your anger and then there's an opportunity to move past that. If you don't take that opportunity, you're stifling yourself. Um, You know, if you're not going through the growth cycle, then, you know, you're stuck at anger. That's not going to get you uh, very far. You're going to die young for one. (laughs) Um, Absolutely. It's not a way I want to live. Yeah, that's that's what I'm seeing is people being eaten up by it because we are essentially helpless against this overwhelming force, which is the state. Which right, is, I mean, the governments, I, the modern governments, are this incredibly overwhelming, aggressive force, and we feel helpless if we do act. You know, violently, we'll be crushed, and, and people know that. So that's a rational understanding that that that's not going to be effective. And there's and so that just builds. Up, it's just you just feel helpless. Yeah, and you, you just don't want to get some there. satisfaction. You know, right? You don't want to stay there. And I think there's something to what Mark's saying about it being part of a cycle, but also to what Dale is saying. If you find yourself there, you need to be aware of it. And take yourself out of it. So, I mean, we've all fallen back into anger, I'm sure, even as we have moved forward into more of a position of coming from love. Let's talk a little more about it. 800-259-9231. From the last margins of the land of Big Brother comes a new pro-freedom website. The UK Libertarian rails against the country's ridiculous regulation. It's crumbling National Health Service. It's disintegrating government schools. And the political parasites leeching more of our freedom every single day. Visit us at www.theuklibertarian.com. Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com, give you all the features on the site for free, and those features include our wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you, WIKI Wiki dot freetalklive.com will get you to it and from creating new and old media to political action to civil disobedience and market-based activism you'll find more pro-liberty activism than you likely have ever imagined possible when you move to new hampshire as part of the free state project you can learn more at freestateproject.org that's freestateproject.org actually coming up later on after our radio show is over we're going to keep things going online we're going to do an extended internet only show where we'll be addressing some uh, some objections that I was kind of surprised to hear some of them uh, when I was listening to another uh, program today. And so we're going to play some audio from those uh, that person's objections to the Free State Project. And we'll address some of them here as three of the three of us have made the move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. And I think we all agree that it was one of the best decisions we ever could have made. I mean, I, I don't want to speak for you guys, but I, I don't think you would disagree with that. 
So I'm here, Dale's here, Mark's here, we're taking your phone calls. Also, uh, we were just discussing the idea of anger as a motivation for activism. Uh, and there's, there's even a talk show host out there that says, you've got to get angry. And I think that that's a really detrimental. I'm in, I'm in a t- entire agreement here with you, Dale. I think it's a, it's a very detrimental thing to be coming from a position of anger when you're doing activism. It's going to not only eat you up inside, the more time you spend angry, the, the worse that is for your personal well-being, not just mentally, but also. That's in- the biggest part. I mean, yeah. right there. I mean, you're just destroying yourself because it's you are. I'm, I, you know what? You're helpless. As far as as far as trying to react in the way that that anger is trying to make you react, you're helpless and, and deal with that. <laughs> so um, you're, you're not going to be able to lash out or lash back and satisfy that anger in a way that's at all productive, that's not destructive to you. And and so I, w- I think that's the biggest part. And, the, and, and I'm not saying beat yourself up because you're angry. That's a natural reaction. I mean, we're animals. We're still animals. Mm-hmm. And that is, I think, an animalistic reaction, and you're going to have it. Absolutely. So don't beat your off, yourself off about, up about it. But at some point, you know, work through it and, and figure out, okay, what can I do productive? And that's when you have to start thinking positively. And if you are, and if you are able to get past that anger and, and stop, re, just stop using that as your fuel, you can find much better fuel uh, you can get and, and and the other thing I found is there's this notion that if you're not that if you don't express anger, then you'll be seen as weak. And I think mm. that's a mistake as well. There's this notion that maybe, maybe you tend to be very thuggish. You might be seen as weak by angry people. I mean, that's yeah. a possibility. I, you just, maybe you shouldn't be so concerned with how you're seen and more concerned with how you well, feel. But if you're dealing, if you're dealing with a bully and, and a lot of cops are bullies. Mm-hmm. If you're dealing with a bully, there's this idea that if you appear weak, you will be victimized. I see. But, and I understand that. And I, and I can understand that completely and agree with it. But I, I don't think, think you that, have to be angry to stand tall. You know, to... Exactly. I, and, and I think that um, you know, being, being unafraid, and I think yeah. some of that comes from getting past your anger because they, they are linked, I think. I'm not so sure that anger necessarily comes out of fear and that fear is the base emotion or anything like that. I, I'm not... I'm not trying to analyze those things, but I'm sure that, but they're still they're still negative animalistic emotions. They seem to come out of the same place, and and I think a lot of that is th- sort of our instincts, where you know our fight or flight reflexes, as you know as animals that we you know that we're hopefully evolving from to a more forward looking rational perspective of the world instead of a reactionary you know, animalistic re- uh, response to the world. Yeah, it's a constant challenge. The, the, one of the last times uh, that I can remember having to really deal with it, uh, that is anger and shifting away from it, was uh, when that EMT came up and stole my cell phone right out of my hand. I was just standing very far away from what they were doing and uh, recording with my BlackBerry, and he being very angry i believe at that time uh walked up to me and snatched my uh my phone out of my hands in a very violent manner and then continued on and passed it off to one of his buddies and it took me like an hour and a half to get my phone back uh i was pretty angry about that right when that happened at that instant when uh when he did that i found myself in a in a real place of anger and i and i said things that looking back i i don't think i should have said and you know, I, I felt bad about that later on. It, but it didn't take me a long time to come to the conclusion that I was in a place where I didn't want to be, and that there was a way out of it. And the way out for for me 
besides shifting my thoughts away from anger is is going toward forgiveness. I think uh, for me, that was how I I dealt with that rather than uh, continuing on with this angry because when I was angry, I was thinking, well, you know, you need to prosecute that guy and he stole my phone. And, you and know, I, was, I can already anticipate criticism for that. Like you're going to get criticized for that. I, I would love people to call in with it, by the way, uh, criticized for forgiving him. Oh, right? yes. The whole notion of always, forgiving uh, him. I'm always you, criticized for forgiving the government right. people. And I think that and I've heard I've heard this one, too, this idea that they are essentially beyond redemption. So there's no point in forgiving them. They are beyond redemption. Mm. They are evil to that's, the core. They will never, ever get any better. That's the us them mentality. <laughs> mentality that uh, it, it doesn't serve okay it's it's the same as the republicans have about the democrats it's the same as the uh, you know the the cops have about the robbers or whomever it is they're dealing with it's very easy to get into this us them mentality and when you have enemies i mean when you have enemies you create more enemies because people love those enemies yeah, they're, of yours. they're they're beyond redemption they're yep. evil to the core we must crush them that's it's, the only solution. The only, if you get actually, in that mindset, the only that's solution the only solution is to love of. those people. And then once once you do, once they can see in you, in you that, that you love and care about them, then they might listen to what you have to say. But nobody, think about it for a second, nobody listens to somebody who's berating them and telling them they're a bad person. Because, you know, that, think about not the words that are said, because that's what the rational of us, our, our most rational aspect would love to, to um, uh, believe that that's what people, how people communicate. But it's not how people communicate. Remember, we're nothing but great apes. When you're, uh, you know, berating somebody in a very rational fashion with your voice raised a bit about how it is that they're behaving, then is all they see is the... You know the the, uh-huh. uh, the 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 gorilla throwing the grass. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're inspiring the same irrational negative emotions in them. Yes. That, that, yeah. So your thoughts are available. Uh, the lines are available for you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. But once you become aware of the anger and you you're ready to let it go, it's not that hard. And for me, that that day when I was very angry at the EMT and I was you know, wanting to press charges, which, you know, looking back is something I would never do. It's just not something that that's just not the way I feel like the, the me today is. I think it's not hard for you, Ian, but I don't think it's always been that way because, I mean, don't you think that's something that you had to learn over time and get better at over time? I, mean, I think because- so. Because, you know, part of that, you know, in order to get past the anger, you have to be able to forgive them. You have to be able to look at them and say, OK, whatever you know, why are they the way they are? You know, they've been indoctrinated the same way that I was at one time. They've mm-hmm. been, you know, um, they've been through a process that's, and then they've been convinced that what they're doing is fine and they keep getting that reinforced and you you have to kind of work through that before you can forgive them and you have to be able to forgive them before you can stop being angry at them. I, I absolutely agree with you, but in the scheme of things, it really only took me a couple of years to make the shift from being pretty angry about the government to... Uh, coming from a place of love. More coming up at 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. American patriots, would you like to spend a day or two with other freedom-loving Americans? Learn rifle marksmanship while hearing the real story behind the American Revolution? If you said yes, then the Appleseed program is for you. Part shooting school, part oral history lesson. Appleseed has trained thousands of Americans nationwide. And with hundreds of shoots scheduled this year, you can be sure there's one near you. For more information, go to AppleseedInfo.org. That's AppleseedInfo.org. 
This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231 tonight. It's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. we got our webcam there for you, and the chat room is built into the same page. So you can watch, listen, and interact with other listeners. And by the way, the webcam is brought to you by MemoryDealers.com. Go to cam.freetalklive.com to see the webcam. And by the way, speaking of Memory Dealers, Mark, what is it that they do over there? Well, they're the, uh, they offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, XFPs, GBICs, ZenPaks, X2s, and they're 100% compatible with all major uh, networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off of list price. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs in stock, ready to ship by overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com. All right, we continue with uh, taking your phone calls about whatever you want. Carl is listening to WRSC in State College, Pennsylvania. Carl, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Dale and Mark. Hey, how you doing? Hey, good, uh, thanks for taking the call. I usually don't call uh, talk radio shows, but this is something that's been kind of uh, over my head for the, for several years. All right. I, uh, I'm talking about criminal background checks. You know, I had a situation about 10, 11 years ago, and um, a criminal situation. I changed my uh, life, cleaned myself up, you know, became, I'm exaggerating, became a monk in a monastery, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, when I'd go for a job, all they're looking at is the $5 you stole 12 years ago. Mm. You automatically make a character judgment, and you're out of the job market. That's a shame. Like, uh, I'm a professional person, and I even went to school to uh, upgrade my education. And the director told me, well, they ran a criminal record check to take the course. And the director told me, well, uh, since your background check didn't come up good, there's no use you going to school and taking the course. I said, man, look, that's my decision. Yeah, that's yeah, weird. like he was taking it upon himself. I said, look, I'm going to take the course. They wouldn't let me take the course because I had a criminal background check. That's crazy. A dirty criminal background check. You know, I think it's a real insult uh, to the idea that that people can change. Uh, they don't look at that, though. Right. They it's don't sick. care about it. They make a judgment based on uh, a couple of dollars that you stole 10 years ago. And or maybe you, maybe you were 18 and you had a girlfriend who was 17 and you got busted for a statutory rape. I mean, even if you, uh, even if you didn't even steal something, they'll still look at you as though yeah. you're a child molester. Yeah, what I'm asking you, uh, is there really any kind of way around that? I mean, politicians won't touch it. Uh, lawyers won't touch it. I think that Willie Horton thing really scared everybody. The Willie nobody, Horton? No, nobody wants to touch it. Is there a way around it as far as getting a job, you mean? Yeah. I would say don't put anything on. <laughs> what do you th- say, Mark? You I wasn't convicted. Now, I answer all the questions. I was not convinced. Have you ever been convicted of a crime? No, it was no conviction. I, you know, you know I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm I know you're not a lawyer and everything, but I just wanted to make the point. And I'm sure there's some other listeners out there that struggle with the same thing. I got oh, me. I, I, I'd like to say that I, I have I had a, I have a conviction, a felony conviction. Uh, it happened mm-hmm. 22 years ago, and uh, I spent nine years in prison. When I got out, I never have I have never answered one of those questions. Uh, you know, sort of truthful. Actually, I don't haven't had too many instances where I've needed to, because usually they say, have you been convicted in the last seven years or something like that? That was my experience. But I've worked for yeah. myself for, you know, four or five years now. And um, so I don't have to, I don't ha- particularly have to, to deal with it. But it, I, I think it's only stopped me from getting one job. And, and I've worked in uh, the sales profession most of my life. But I think it stopped me in, in one case from getting a job. 
but uh, you know, largely I haven't had to deal with it. But I think it's it's ludicrous. I mean, how's a how's a guy supposed to get along in this world if you don't let him uh, get over something that happened ten years ago? Now I'm I'm going to go, go out on a limb here, uh, real quick. Carl, are you black? Yes. Okay. Do you think that Mark? Do you think that's a factor here as to why you've only um, had one issue and Carl has has had uh, many maybe they're issues? more likely to check uh, some guy who's black for a conviction? I, no, I bet they because are. Because I know, I mean, demographic here in state college is basically uh, about ninety percent, eighty percent white, hmm. and I know a lot of white people who are struggling with the same situation. Okay. You know, they the certain jobs you look at and you know you better not apply for that job because they're going to run a background check and they're going to you're not going to get the job. If they run a bit, it's you know it's really bad. I think nine eleven changed everything with HR, because you go down to like a local convenience store and apply for a job, they run a criminal history check. You think it wasn't like that uh, a long time ago? They would run checks for like uh, transportation jobs if you're a school bus driver or something dealing with people's mm-hmm. lives. But now you go to a convenience store to get a job, and they run a criminal record check. You're not qualified to work in the convenience store. I mean, it's getting ridiculous. So where are so you have no uh, no job at this point in time? I no, I'm applying for a job, and um, it's a social service job. I'm gonna keep the name anonymous, and the they're running an FBI check and they're running a criminal record check. I haven't heard anything yet, but just let me say one thing. There's a school around. Here. I'm a teacher, and it was a good job. I got hired as a teacher at this school, and they ran an FBI clearance. And I told them, I had, look, my, I had some problems about 15, 20 years ago. The clearance is, uh, is going to come up dirty. You know, something's going to come on there. So I'm just letting you know right now. And HR said, oh, don't worry about it. You've been here for three months, and I, I've heard that one before. They called me during a board meeting in the summer telling me that I can't come back hmm. because of liability. Their lawyers were there and blah, blah, blah. You, you understand what I'm saying. So, are you, Mark, you had asked the question about the job you're applying for. Is it a, a government social services job? No, no, no. Private social service. Private social service. It's private. It's not government. I know the government thing. Government's not even going to look at you. Because I applied for the census job, and as soon as they saw that, they, you can score 100 on the test. If they find something, you're out. I think it's a shame. I really think it's yeah. it's sad. I think it's a real statement of ignorance on the part of uh, the people that refuse to hire people with with criminal records. And as uh, as the the, the so called crimes in this country continue to expand to include more absurdities like you know possessing a plant or possessing drugs, uh, as we've seen over 1.5 million yeah. people get arrested for that every single year. You're going to see that more and more and more and more and more people are going to have so called criminal records that in many cases don't even have anything to do with uh, with harming others, and uh, eventually maybe it'll just be a problem that irons itself out because you won't be able to run a background check on somebody without po- something yeah, um, popping up. America is just creating more and more criminals. A lot of people slip through the cracks, too, because I'm up here at a school, and there was a particular professor that was let go because he, they found out that he was involved in some kind of murder conviction down in Texas X number of years ago, and people were wondering, well, how did he slip through the cracks? He had two doctorates. He, uh, I'll forget what department he was in. He cleaned himself up. Had two doctors, had a family. All the kids liked them, but when they found out, the president had to let them go. I, I wish you the best of luck. I don't know what to say. I mean, I'm going to put the question out to our audience. If they've got any yeah. tips, if they've got any ideas as to how to either avoid being checked or, or handle this situation when you're looking for a job with a criminal record that's in the past. And how, how many years ago was it now for you? 
Oh, this is about 12 years ago. That's a, that is a long time. I mean, in many cases, I have a lot of personal growth in a year's time, uh, let alone an entire decade. And so the, it, it seems to me that most people are not the same person they were 10 years ago. And I thank you, uh, Carl, for the for the call tonight uh, at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And, hey, do us a favor, Carl, if you're still listening and everybody else listening in, uh, in State College, uh, some bad news. The, the, the station there is looking at uh, taking Free Talk Live off the air and replacing us with some other show that they have refused to tell me what it is. So if you want to save this show from leaving the airwaves, there might still be a chance. You can uh, call up your local program director at the radio station there, uh, State College, WRSC, and let them know how you feel about Free Talk Live. Maybe it'll do something. Be nice. Yeah, be nice about it. All right, so 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. But maybe there's another talk station in town we can go over there, but I'd prefer to stay where we are. Uh, So you can call in about anything. Let's go to Frank listening in New York. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live. We're going to try it one more time. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey there. A happy Earth Day to everyone. Uh, I wanted to say that uh, I finally did my jury duty. I called, uh, I guess, about six months ago and mentioned the philosophical conundrums regarding the U.S. violating uh, habeas corpus, the Bill of Rights, and established uh, domestic and international law with the advent of the Patriot Act, the Homeland Security Act, and the Military Commissions Act of 2006. So I, I did my jury duty. Oh, hello? Yeah, you're right here. You're right okay, here. I hear something going on in the... Yes, it's uh, the music bed. So we're gonna, what we're going to do is we're going to hold on to you, Frank. Okay. You can. Stick around. Come back Thank with you. Frank's experience with jury duty. And, of course, I'm a big fan of the idea of jury nullification, which is a concept that basically says that the jurors have the ability to judge the law itself, not just the application of the law. Uh, basically, you can say not guilty if you don't feel like the law is just. There's more coming up. Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It is Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com as we continue taking your phone calls about whatever's on your mind. Going back to Frank, listening in New York. Now, Frank, you were just telling us, uh, getting into your story about jury duty. Do tell. It was very interesting. Uh, I received my summons in the mail, uh, went down to the uh, uh, courthouse, uh, uh, followed the procedures, and uh, waited to be called you know, into a prospective uh, jury uh, situation to be uh, questioned by the two attorneys, the mm-hmm. uh, attorney uh, representing uh, uh, New York State and then the private legal counsel representing the client. And uh, it was very interesting. Uh, the big question they ask is, uh, how do you feel about uh, some of the large settlements that have been awarded over the years? And 
90% of the people in my little jury group, or jury pool, I guess they would call it, all believe that the uh, uh, awards should be capped and that the current situation is ridiculous. They asked me my opinion, and I said, well, I believe that uh, they shouldn't be capped because ultimately uh, every major award, uh, the opposition always uh, takes on appeal to the next level of court to reduce that amount, which they both agreed. And uh, But it's interesting. They didn't pick the brightest people for those juries. Uh, the people that oh, no, they're the not interested in picking bright people. The people that had the best educations, the uh, maybe some of the better background with studying the law, maybe not being a practicing attorney, but, you know, if someone had studied the law for a number of years, they mm-hmm. really avoid that. They don't want to deal with those people. Uh, in my jury pool, remember, this is New York City. I was amazed at how many people involved in investment banking and derivatives were called for jury duty. And it was really a tremendous cross-section of the entire social community from the very poor to the very rich. But they ended up picking people that weren't so bright for the jury? That's correct. And I remember they took one investment banker, (laughs) (laughs) which I thought was sort of a bad choice. (laughs) They weren't Uh, easily manipulated people. But it was interesting. I guess we can't reveal the details of the perspective case or the different... Uh, things, but it was it so. Was, wait, you didn't get picked then, right? I didn't get picked. Well, then the why can't you reveal the details? There's nothing wrong with revealing. Well, it. the the point is, uh, uh, you know, it was a you know just a, I guess a civil case handled within the uh, state of New York, and I was kind of disappointed because I was actually looking forward to serve. But when it comes to the questions regarding moral and ethics, uh, the more of a straight shooter one is, the less appealing that is to the uh, jury, which is quite the opposite of the quote-unquote spirit of the law in the notion of uh, a jury of one's peers. And uh, I was kind of, uh, in a way, happy that I wasn't called to serve. But on the other hand, I was kind of disappointed because if I had a case uh, pending, I would certainly want a very bright jury that could understand abstract legal concepts and integrate you know, ethical modalities of philosophy within a real-world situation, and it sort of has that intellectual capacity for engagement that, quite frankly, many of the uh, people didn't appear to have with their answers or with their understanding I believe it, Frank. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate the story at 800-259-9231. I think this is one of the areas where having uh, this kind of free market vision, uh, this concept of a voluntary society, having a uh, competition in the field of justice, uh, essentially arbitrators, private arbitrators, professional courts that people can choose which court they go to. They can choose which arbitrator they utilize. I don't think the concept, I don't know. I mean, obviously I can't predict what the market's going to do, but I don't know if the concept of a jury would really have that much appeal. Yeah, because I, I mean, wouldn't you rather have somebody who's a professional at arbitrating deal with the situation than a, a pack of amateurs that just wants to go home? Well, the, I think the uh, the original idea of a jury was to insert competition into the process. You wouldn't want the guy, the judge, who might uh, collude with other people. This one guy, um, this monopoly on justice to, uh, to to be able to make the decision. You'd want other people who would be disinterested third parties to be able to uh, dispense justice. 
it hasn't worked out that way. Um, I've seen many, many, many cases where juries just want to go home. Um, uh, You know, specifically, I was in prison with a guy who, you know, should not have been there. I'm not saying that most guys uh, in prison shouldn't, uh, you know, weren't guilty of what they're doing. Mm -hmm. But this guy wasn't. Um, This guy was not guilty. That's my my firm conviction. There's a lot of that. I, I, I suspect there's a lot of that. He had three manslaughter charges. The jury acquitted him of one, found him guilty on a lesser charge of another, and found him guilty of one of the manslaughter charges. If you think about that, they split the difference so they could go home. Mm. They, I mean, he had three manslaughter charges. They convicted him, uh, dropped one, uh, convicted him of a lesser charge on another, and then convicted him of one. It, they had no, it all happened at the same time in the same case. How can they do that? Well, they can do whatever they want because they needed to go home. Ian, a friend of yours, uh, you know, went went to jury duty. He knew that he should have uh, found that guy uh, not guilty. Yeah, he knew about jury nullification. No, I think worse, they just and he didn't so do much it. Potential yeah. for a myriad of personal biases and things that are going to play a part in it. That they're not going to have the professionalism of someone whose job it is to be focused on being objective about the case. You know, and, and and that could be even worse, I think, is if you just get you just get a jury of people full of personal biases. And and of course, the lawyers are trying to cherry pick them to favor oh, yeah. one way or the other uh, or to be easily manipulated so that they know how to play those people. And, you know, there's so many cases where well, there's there's medical cases and things where a jury was persuaded with emotional evidence when, in fact, they had little to do with when, sorry, not evidence at all with this emotional presentation yeah. that had nothing to do the with appeal. the actual evidence of. Of of whether harm was done by a party. Well, but and- before it even gets to the uh, to the lawyers to the voir dire process, before it even gets to that, they they go through a much larger culling. So usually, what happens is, at least down in Florida, they'd call 150 people in, or however it was a big room that I'd gone into because I'd actually gone into it and done it a couple of times. Uh, they call a bunch of people in, and they have you fill out a form. And then they go based on the information of that on that form and determine who will make it into the voir dire process, which Mm -hmm. is when the attorneys then have the chance to try to customize it to how they want it. Um, So if you even make it through the voir through the uh, the initial selection, then you face the process of the attorneys. And many people are just wiped out right off the map from the very get go. So I mean, if you go in there and you put on, they ask you a question like, "What clubs are you a member of?" and you write in there, you know, the Anarchist Club or something like that, <laughs> uh, you're done for. You know, well, I so. remember being called into a discrimination case. Uh, it was a civil case of discrimination, and there was racial discrimination. And this was not terribly long after I'd been kicked out of the military for being gay. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that was, you know, they, had, they asked if I'd ever been fired for a job, uh, you know, something like that. And on the paperwork, and uh, I remember the lawyer try to have me stricken they get a certain number of freebies they can strike you for right. it without even explaining why sure. they get a certain number of them they can say he's gone period and yep. there's no there's no questioning it they get they get rid of you but then they but then they can also make a case to have you removed and not have to use their freebies and he tried that on me he's like this guy clearly is going to be biased because i just gotten discriminated fired over discrimination and uh and the judge said no i was you know I kind of wondered about that, but so he had to, he used one of his freebies to get rid of me. Gotcha. <laughs> Toll free number here eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's continue. Bile is listening in New Jersey. Bile, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, gentlemen. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I wanted to give uh, everyone an update on the uh, aspects of my arrest back in November. 
Right. You were arrested out front of the federal courthouse in Manhattan. Is that right? Yes. For videotaping another activist who was handing out jury nullification information to potential jurors, um, he was arrested and I was arrested for filming him being arrested. This is the same guy that we talked about uh, that is the activist that was doing the FIJA outreach, the fully informed jury outreach, Julian Hecklin. Is, it, is that pronouncing his name correctly? I believe so, yes. Uh, Julian was there with you that day, but he was also the same guy who we were talking about last, I believe, yeah, I believe it was last week when we played this sound clip. If you get too close to me with that camera, I'll take it out of your hand and ram it down your throat. It was that guy. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, not that guy that said that, but it was the guy that was doing that particular outreach that day uh, that so upset these uh, these guards. And so he goes from federal courthouse to federal courthouse and does these fully informed jury association outreaches. Bile, you filed a lawsuit against the federal government. Can you hang through the news and tell us about it? Sure. All right. We're going to put put Bile on hold, come back to him here in a little bit. In hour number three at 800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever it is that happens to be on your mind. Plenty of time for your calls about anything. This is Free Talk Live. If you get too close to me with that camera, I'll take it out of your hand and ram it down your throat. Do you need a new computer but don't seem to have the money to buy one? Is your credit stopping you from buying the newest computers that you need today? Then My Computer Club is your answer to buy that new computer or laptop now and pay for it later. Finance top quality new computers and laptops and hundreds of other electronics. There are no credit checks, no turndowns. If you're 18 years or older and have proof of income, you're approved. Prices start at just $22 a month. Go to MyPCCredit.com and finance your new computer today. That's MyPCCredit.com. is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. As we continue taking your phone calls about whatever you want, we go back to Bile, listening in New Jersey. Bile, you're back on Free Talk Live, and you've uh, you've filed a lawsuit against the federal government, as I understand it, regarding their arresting you for using a video camera out in front of their federal court building in a what is an ostensibly public place. Uh, what what did I get anything wrong there? What do you have to tell about the what happened and and what's happening now? Okay, so. Uh... This has been ongoing since uh, October. I've been involved since early November of '09, and uh, so after I was arrested, I contacted the New York Civil Liberties Union, asked them uh, if they were interested in in doing anything with this, and uh, they were. And so since then, I've been working with them to first just get the uh, the original charge dismissed, which it was um, mm, about a cool. couple couple weeks ago. Though I still don't have my memory card yet, uh, from uh, even though I was found, you know, or they that they completely dismissed it, I still yet to have my property back. Um, 
But in addition, they wanted to move forward with a uh, civil lawsuit against the Department of Homeland Security, uh, the Federal Protection Service, uh, the arresting officer Clifford Barnes, and some unknown officer. And that was filed this morning in the, uh, I think, the same courthouse. Now, did you hire an attorney to do this? I mean, how did you go about that? No. No, the the NYCLU, uh, one of their divisions, is interested in photography rights Mm. and, you know, uh, the the rights of the press and free speech. And so they they had had incidents of people being arrested under this same regulation before. And I guess my case was neutral enough with enough evidence um, that uh, they felt that they could go forward with it. Plus, you are willing to go forward. That's another important part is that you actually have to have a victim who's willing to to, uh, to go ahead and go through all of this. Right, yeah. So originally it was supposed to be two uh, people on this lawsuit, myself and another, but uh, for some reason the other guy was has been dropped or, or left. I'm not – I didn't ask questions, but uh, – so, so the so suit is filed in. It's a federal lawsuit. Uh, what is? I mean, any idea what this is going to cost the NYCLU? No idea. Okay, but no it's idea. not going to cost you anything but your time, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, at some point, it was just filed today, so that uh, uh, it'll, you know, go through the system. It'll get a judge, and then eventually get a court date, and we'll go. We. Did, I don't think they asked for a uh, jury trial because. Really, there's no facts that we're arguing here. Everyone agrees what happened. It's just, uh, you know, arguing whether or not what happened was legitimate or not. So what do you you hope to see happen out of this? Well, the primary thing that we're asking for is an injunction against, uh, you know, the DHS and federal employees from enforcing this. this, So basically to to have the court order these bureaucrats to stop arresting people with video cameras who are who are out in front of the federal courthouse pretty much yeah or anywhere that this this applies are you are you hoping to get some sort of uh, a settlement for your your wasted time or anything like that well there's there, uh, a minor component of the lawsuit is uh, a compensation for false arrest but that's the least important aspect of of the whole thing right because they did drop the charge uh which is very unusual i mean up here normally when they arrest somebody on some nonsense they go ahead and convict them uh because they especially spend- once yeah once they're in jail especially if they right. serve time in jail they uh, i can't <laughs> i have lost track of how many times they found them guilty and uh, decided to punish them with the exact amount of time they had already served. Mm-hmm. So now, they had to justify what they had done so that they wouldn't look ridiculous. Did you end up being taken to a cell that day, by I don't recall the details. No, I wasn't. They, uh, I had not brought any ID with me, and if I, if they, I had, um, I had my fake Free Talk Live press pass with me, and if it wasn't for the fact that the arresting officer accepted that as proof of ID, which all the information on it was legitimate. Um, but I had left all my other ID uh, at work uh, when I when I uh, went there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have been taken downtown and probably held overnight while they did fingerprints and tried to figure out who I was. Mm. But but I was let go on the spot after 30 minutes or so. So uh, so I mean, what do you think your chances are? Realistic? I have no idea. Uh, some people are, think it's a slam dunk, it seems, and other people think it's pretty straightforward and and that. Something will happen, but they don't know if 
exactly what's asked for will, you know, full injunction, because that's sort of asking for something rather large. Judges don't want to go and tell the executive branch that they can't enforce something. Um, so it, there's there's big hurdle to go over, but some people think that it's got a good chance. I'm, you know, if, if for any other reason, tie up the courts and it's a learning experience. Certainly will be that. There's no doubt about it. I can't say that I would I would have my hopes up too high. I mean, be simple. Well, because- I can tell you one thing. When it comes to, to lawsuits, it's rare that you walk away. Whew, got everything I wanted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's not it's not a common experience. Plus, it's also rare for the as you know, Bile. You know, it's rare for the the government at any level to indict itself or to find itself uh, liable or guilty of anything. Especially at a lower level. Um, you know, the, the first shot it seems unlikely. But you know, I I, I wanted to happen. I yeah. just don't know. Well, actually, you made some news today. It was actually in my show prep for tonight to talk about this, and I'm glad you uh, you decided to call in and tell us about it personally. Uh, you you made the New York Daily News, uh, so the, some of the uh, the big uh, old media folks are, are picking up the story, right? Yeah, there's. If you go to my blog blogofbile.com, I've got a post. The top one right now is sort of a list of different places I found it. So, the New York Times, Forbes, Reason, Huffington Post, CBS. Uh, AP, MSNBC, Washington Post, Washington Examiner. So it's getting picked up around. I mean, mostly it's AP, you know, just replicated, but it's out there. Good luck and let us know what happens, will you? Absolutely. Thanks, Bile. Appreciate hearing from you tonight. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves as we continue here. Uh, Let's talk to Anthony in Florida on the amp lines. Hello, Anthony. Hi, guys. What's on your mind tonight? I I had a story for you. Okay. We had a undercover vehicle come by, come in front of our house today tonight, just like at about eight o'clock. Had someone pulled over, and I I was just thinking, isn't that entrapment? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, obviously they're getting away with it, so it doesn't seem like you know entrapment's one of their words, Anthony. Yeah, <laughs> and they, they get to define what well, entrapment is. Well, That's, you know, right. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. I see what you're saying. Basically, they're lurking about and they're trying to catch people and doing things that they might not otherwise and, do if they knew the cop if there was a cop car around. My, yeah, my not, take on entrapment is when they try to coax you into doing something yeah. themselves, like they have an undercover agent or something. Basically, uh, try to get you to sell them. Try to get you to sell some drugs or to buy some drugs from them. They do that too, though. And yeah, they do do that. In fact, I, so I, it's, but, it's one of those things where it's uh, it's not stealing when they do it, and it's not entrapment when they do it. Yeah, I I I, I just felt like that was something that needed to be told right away before I forget it. Very know? good, Anthony. Appreciate hearing from you tonight at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves here. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Jeremy's in Alaska. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jeremy. Hey, guys. I'm sober this time. All right. No bells and whistles, okay? What's, <laughs> <laughs> What's on your mind tonight? glasses, pouring liquid. Yeah. You guys got a great sense of humor, man. That's what I love about you guys. Really? All right. I'll, I'll take it where I can get it. Uh, what? So what's on um, your mind tonight? Well, I was going to talk about the SPLLC uh, list. The F, the what? Southern oh. Poverty Law Center. Oh, yeah, list. yeah, I've heard about this. And, and I heard that we did not make the list. Yeah. Uh, where can we find it? Mark, we'll, we'll try to pull it up I've here in a moment. Uh, and we'll put you on hold, Jeremy. We'll bring it back. 
the Southern Poverty Law Center list of uh, what? Uh, bad anti-government people? We'll find out. Free talk line. Notorious space pirate Phoebus Crumb had retired to a frontier world, only to see it destroyed by raiders. Now, Crumb is given a new ship, a new crew, and a dangerous new mission. Infiltrate deep within enemy territory and destroy a deadly dreadnought that threatens the balance of galactic power. Follow the illustrated adventures of L. Neal Smith's Phoebus Crumb online now at BigHeadPress.com slash PK. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site. They are free, so enjoy those. And they include archives, so if you've missed a moment of the show, you can just click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website. And get them free freetalklive.com critical thinking question first imagine you live in an area controlled by a violent gang what if you started using words like we and us when discussing the gang and their activities even though you weren't in the gang no one in the gang knew or cared about you and a lot of the gang's activities actually hurt you and your family Would this kind of thinking eventually lead to sympathy for the gang's activities or resistance to the idea that the gang was even doing anything wrong What if a violent gang was able to develop a 12-year indoctrination system that encouraged this kind of thinking? What if a violent gang already did? School Sucks Podcast is a show about the end of government education and the worship of violent gangs. Visit SchoolSucksProject.com to learn more. That's SchoolSucksProject.com as we go back to Jeremy listening in Alaska. Jeremy, you're back on Free Talk Live. You're calling about the Southern Poverty Law Center uh, list of, what is it now exactly? Well, it's like a patriot hit list, I guess, is what I'd like to call it. That's what Chuck Baldwin called it. I'll stick with that. Uh, seems kind of like they uh, went backwards a little bit because uh, Ron Paul is last on the list, whereas he has the most followers and you know fans and. Was it? Whatnot. Are you sure it was ordered in any particular fashion? Well, I'm not sure. I'm just you know most things go from one down. You know, may, maybe they're doing the reverse. Hard to argue psychology that. or something, but. Anyway, my my commander of the militia I joined recently, he even made the list. Norm Olson, uh, Judge Judge Napolitano is on the list. Mm -hmm, Yep. Free Talk Um, Live, nowhere to be found. We did not make it. Uh, Anarchyinyourhead.com was not there. Uh, Dale was not on the list either. That's what I was wondering why you guys weren't on there. I mean, because obviously you guys are violent political dissident well yeah we're not violent and i don't I think that the that. list is I'm and the list isn't necessarily a, a neither is it, I, that from what i can tell anybody that's on the list that i've ever heard is, well there's I, a I lot think of, he was being sarcastic there yes, are a lot was, of names <laughs> on the list uh, many of them i'm not familiar with but of the names i am familiar with i don't know them to be violent people right uh, that's what i'm trying to say right katherine bleich is on there we've had her on this program ron paul is on the list and as you mentioned and andrew napolitano all three of those folks we've had on the air on this show, and I've never heard any of them explicitly advocating 
uh, well, I've done some research on this today, and I found out that uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center gets uh, like millions of dollars every year from Homeland Security hmm. to do these kind of things. Hmm. And uh, you know, so I guess we're paying for it. If you want to, if you want, if you're looking for violent political dissidents, you can find a lot of that with who, whoever is losing at the time. Just within amongst the, the Fed, mainstream, you can find just that within the Fed, they've been. Yeah, well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Look at mainstream politics, and look at a lot of the people. When people were really angry at Bush, there was a lot of violent. The talk of how we needed to be to violently take back the government and so forth. And then now you've got the same sort of thing coming out of people that are just anti-Obama. Uh, whoever's losing at the time, you'll hear. You know, there's going to be a fair chunk of people that are so upset that they're talking violence. I, th- I think that it would be inaccurate to say that uh, that the the, the the right wing isn't a little more testosterone driven than the left wing. I mean, that's just th- that's my take on it. I think that that's um, accurate. I think that Probably. it is Pollyanna ish to see both to see that the to say that the left wing isn't uh, isn't you know doesn't practice that but i say it's kind of like a 60 40 split they'd like to paint it like it's a a, a 95 5 split or something like that but that that's well, my I take guess, on it uh, the, i can't remember the original i, I think they called them uh, um, the patriots or something the patriot something uh, on the uh, website at the SPLC but yeah, I've actually gave got the, a, oh, go ahead. They, they they gave a brief article on each one, and they just made every one of them out to be complete scum of the earth. Or I don't know about that. I, I I was looking at the one for Catherine Bly. She doesn't really say anything too nasty about her. I thank you for the call tonight, Jeremy. 800-259-9231 is the number. I'll just read their intro here. It's over at splcenter.org. The title of the publication is called Meet the Patriots, and they put Patriots in, uh, in quotes. In the last year and a half, militias in the larger anti-government patriot movement have exploded, accompanied by the rapid expansion of other sectors of the radical right. This spectacular growth is the result of several factors, including anger over major political, demographic, and economic changes in America, along with the popularization of radical ideas and conspiracy theories by ostensibly mainstream politicians and media commentators. Although the resurgence of the so-called patriots, people who generally believe that the federal government is an evil entity that is engaged in a secret conspiracy to impose martial law, heard those who resist into concentration camps and forced the United States into a socialistic new world order, also has been propelled by people who are key players in the first wave of the Patriot movement in the mid-1990s. And there are also a large number of new players. What follows are profiles of 35 individuals at the heart of the resurgent movement. Now, if we go back here a moment and we look at their definition of what they believe a uh, Patriot is... Uh, Free Talk Live doesn't really qualify. No, we don't really. I mean, the federal government is an evil entity that is engaged in a secret conspiracy to impose martial law. Well, I think government... I'll take, uh, I'll take the first part of that. <laughs> yeah, I think government in general, not just the federal government, but all governments are uh, based in evil because... However, uh, we would like to see secession, so essentially we'd be tra- trading the, the large evil uh, organization for a smaller one. But at the same time, as we mentioned last night on this program, I don't believe that the people involved are evil. I think that they are doing what they feel is right. I think they're doing what they feel is good for their vision of society. I don't believe they're Mostly. approaching it. Uh, I think there are people who who, who are um, – I mean there are certainly people out there that are – I think are manipulating things just for their personal benefit and just have – 
You know, I think everyone has their justifications, them... you know. But are they evil? I mean, are those I people use evil? That no, I mean, I, I don't even use the word immoral well, anymore. Oh, I don't know about part. evil. I think that evil might be defined as doing what you think is right um, and, you know, allowing the the means to justify the ends. Um, do you under- or the ends to justify the means. Do you I, understand? I would agree I mean, with you, but I don't think Hitler any of them believed think... he was doing the best thing for the world right. by gassing Jews. But he didn't think he and was evil. evil. But he didn't think he was he, evil. Right. You don't have to think yeah. that you're evil to be evil yeah. you have to think that you're good i, I to think be that evil the, yes ma- largely they do, they think they're doing the, the right thing or they have their you know i think and and i think almost inevitably there's just a justification process and some people just have a more elaborate or a better justification process than others and certainly elaborate isn't necessarily better of course uh you know but uh i think a fair number of people are just you know Manipulative, for hurting them. those who resist into concentration camps and forcing the United States into a socialistic new world order. Well, first of all, I think the socialism is already here and it's been here for a long time, and it's only going to grow. Uh, I don't, not a real fan of the concept of the new world order. I think that's just kind of a buzzword. And uh, hurting those who resist into concentration camps. There's a lot of paranoia out there about that, but I don't know if I'm a subscriber to that either. 800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and I certainly don't consider myself a patriot. I'm somebody who believes in the voluntary society and abolishing the federal government. So, more coming up. Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Ovaltine. Nutritious vitamins and minerals and a delicious chocolate taste for your picky eaters. Be sure to visit us at OvaltineUSA.com. With kids, food battles are more about control than about food. If you want to avoid a battle with your picky eater, give them a say in what they eat. At dinner, let them choose between broccoli or fruit salad. At the supermarket, give them three cereals to pick from. The more control they have, the less there is to argue about. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash YourFamilyToday. Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it is Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Our website features things like the uh, the listening options. We've got listen lines. We've got live streams. Our webcams all free for you over at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. It's all free. If you've tried to lose weight before and you have a, have a tough time with it, uh, diets don't work for you, uh, not big into exercise, Try Lumathin Plus. Um, I've been using Lumathin Plus for six, eight weeks now, and I've been losing weight all along the way. Wow, I just recently quit smoking. It's LumathinPlus.com. Works for me, and I think it'll work for you. It doesn't give you those jitters. I can't handle stimulants. And uh, I... I you know, I think it. I think it'll work for most people. Lumathinplus.com. All right, one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. As we continue discussing, uh, well, we 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 had Jeremy call in about this SPL Center, the Southern Poverty Law Center, and their report, Meet the Patriots, which didn't have Free Talk Live listed. It had all these other people listed. And I think as we we're discussing here, and it didn't mention Dale from Anarchy in Your Head. I think it's because we just aren't patriotic enough. I mean, we're just not, we're not in that patriot movement. We're not trying to restore the republic. There's the guy from Restore the Republic. I heard him on Ernie Hancock's show uh, earlier, I think it was earlier today or yesterday, uh, which is now airing, by the way, on the Liberty Radio Network from 5 to 7 Eastern before our program. 
at libertyradionetwork.com. But so, I mean, we're, we're close. We're, we're close with, uh, to this circle of people that they're, uh, that they're talking about here. And who knows? Maybe we'll make the list uh, some year. But we don't really have the same uh, exact beliefs as many of these folks. I, I really don't want to see the republic restored. I, I don't want to see anything restored in the, the federal government. I want to see it go away. I want to, people I, to I ignore it. Really, yeah, I don't even really want the government to go away. I want it to just stop being violent. Well, I, and that means they, okay. have to allow, they have to allow other entities to do what they're doing and compete against them and, and not be violent against them for that. So effectively, but, but, them know, turning they can, into a, they can stick around. Well, right, but them turning into a voluntary organization is effectively the government as we know it going away. Yes, I mean exactly the the way most people picture government is there's the very specific nature of it is that it's violent, and so yes, that would have to go away. So we we share a lot in common with some of these folks on this list here, but I think that maybe also our 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 vision of peace, as we were discussing earlier tonight, and. And coming from a place of of love rather than anger is one of the things that sets us apart from a lot of the people on this list. Again, I don't know even who many of these folks are, uh, but there's certain angry talk show hosts on uh, on this list, and uh, maybe there's just certain fundamental concepts that we have on this program that separate us from that. Or maybe we just got lucky; we didn't get, get didn't get put on the list. Or maybe we would be lucky if we were put on the list because may probably really increase our web hits. What's the Southern Poverty Law Center um, all about? I thought they were about um, combating racism. It says here they fight hate, teach tolerance, and seek justice. It, it sounds like an expanded uh, a purview. I mean, they used to be a, about racism. I don't know. I don't know. Is right. it? Is it? So it's? Is it, are they basically just pushing a liberal agenda and they're going after conservatives? Yes. So we're not. But that's just it. We're, maybe we're not coming across as conservatives per se. I mean, we're certainly not. We're certainly not out shouting out f- for the Republicans. Do they have the, <laughs> the, the? Do they have the Earth First crew on there? Or do they have the uh, the, the radical PETA people? The uh, the mm, animal? I don't think the so. animal liberation front. I don't think. I don't oh, think so. So they're a bunch of stinking hypocrites. I mean, if they're well, if do they're they fight- call themselves patriots? The uh, no, no. ALF? What's what does the um, Southern Poverty Law Center? Southern Poverty Law Center. What's uh, t- tell me their their mission statement again? Oh, I just I was looking at the top of the website. All well, it says say? is fighting hate, teaching tolerance, seeking justice. Okay, so I'm asking you, do they have a list of the Earth First people? As do far they as have hate, a- hateful people, right? I mean, I mean, this is these are organizations that use violence, destruction, vandalism. That's a great uh, point. You know, <laughs> they've they've uh, harmed people and destroyed a great deal of property in in their pursuits of uh, you know. Basically driving us back into caves and, uh, and making us vegetarians. Eco terrorists. I don't know, Mark. I mean, I haven't been through their. I haven't been. I haven't been through their website. So I haven't I either. But I suspect say. these people are a bunch of stinking uh, hypocrites. That's all. That's, right. that's the feeling I get. Well, by the way, though, uh, one of my producers points out that in one of the descriptions for Andrew Napolitano, they do mention the 2010 New Hampshire Liberty Forum, saying, uh, "Quote." It seems the TV judge is vying to become a fixture on the far-right lecture circuit. He was also scheduled to address the 2010 New Hampshire Liberty Forum, a a gathering of self-described pro-liberty activists who are striving to cut the size and scope of government by about two-thirds or more. So where the hate and the intolerance is there... Uh, is it that we're supposed to tolerate the aggression of the state? Is that the idea? These people believe, uh, you know, people like this believe you know, that the government you, does good things. You call them raging hypocrites, but I mean that's sort of that's the nature of politics. I mean, there's 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 always that in it. I mean, in any you see any organization that's 
pushing a certain political agenda and there's they're full of hypocrisy. They're they're very judgmental of their opponents and very apologetic for their side. When I hear I mean, Andrew, this this sounds pretty typical to me. It just sounds like a they have a liberal right. agenda and they've just they're just using really hyped up uh, rhetoric to describe the people they see as their opponents. Yeah, and, and, and it's getting a lot of play to their, to their agenda. It's it's getting a lot of play. This uh, this list. It's getting play from uh, the the people that made the list and and people like us. It's not getting play from major uh, mainstream media. You don't think? Okay. Yeah, who well. cares what the Southern Poverty Law Center says? I mean, I don't know. I, they just, it just doesn't mean anything to me. Well, when I when I look at Andrew Napolitano, I don't think far right. And they're they're talking about I people who are far no. far right here. They use the term far right. I I was watching a recent episode. I don't of, think of that uh, with Ron Paul either. Yeah, well, I was looking at uh, a recent episode of Stossel, but I think Andrew Napolitano is even more radical than Ron Paul. Uh, and and I didn't th- I I didn't know really what to think about the guy a year ago or whenever we had him on the show or a long time it was sometime in 2009 we had him on the program. Uh, I kind of thought he was of the Ron Paul. Uh, ilk or that that particular mold if you will mm-hmm. uh i mean ron paul certainly still has some issues that i disagree with him on specifically immigration more like a few not and some. he doesn't really want to shut down the military andrew napolitano actually said on the john stossel on stossel john stossel's new program this most one of the more recent episodes called what is a libertarian i was shocked to hear somebody who's been a judge in their system basically say and i'm paraphrasing that he thought the military – he thought it was a uh, – oh, he basically said that he thought the military did not need to be run by the government, that uh, he essentially advocated for the ab- abolition of the government. He said, what, why, do we, why do we presume it needs to be run by the government or that we need to have it at all? He actually said that on, uh, on national television, and hmm. I thought, we've got to have him back. Oh, a man after my own heart. <laughs> I've heard, I, yeah, I heard, I've heard uh, from a couple of different sources people very um, it, it, saying with great confidence that they that he's a closet anarchist. I don't know about that. I was <laughs> shocked. I did not expect to hear that from him because I thought he was kind of still of the more political side and you know trying to stay That's what safe I assume, too. I but, don't know. I I didn't actually go to his speech. I heard I should have gone. I don't know. He was one of the more radical sounding people on that uh, that particular program. So kudos to him. And I also heard recently that his show, Liberty, uh, no, excuse me, what, what is it? Freedom Watch, Freedom Watch, uh, over on Fox, which was an internet program, has been promoted, and they, they're going to put him on television. They're going to put him on the Fox Business Network, which is the same network that John Stossel's show is on. So Freedom Watch has been... Maybe uh, Fox Business will be their, uh, Fox's Liberty uh, channel. It's looking that way. It, you know, it's got, that, that movement has legs these days, and, yeah. and Fox yeah, is nothing but about the uh, advertising dollar. If they're out for, ra- for ratings, which they ought to be as a business, then uh, that's probably a good thing to go for. So maybe we'll reach out to him. Uh, I'll, I'll talk to his producer, see if we can get him back on the show, talk about how his show is getting promoted. That'll be the excuse to have him on, and then you know, we'll see how radical he, uh, he is these days. Because I, I was really pleased by what he had to say, uh, and it was a it was an uncomfortable episode for me. Uh, the the Stossel show about what is a libertarian because they brought on these so called libertarians, you know the the people that uh, like to use the term to make themselves seem different from conservatives, uh, but they're not really that different. That was uncomfortable watching those people try to talk as though they were libertarians. But luckily, they brought on again Andrew Napolitano and Wendy McElroy, who is a very principled lady from what i can tell and i haven't had too much experience with her but she's the founder of iFeminists, and uh she was there 
So she did a real good job as well. So it ended up turning out to be a really good episode of Stossel. Highly recommend that show, by the way. More coming up here. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything, even in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live at 800-259-9231. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves even in these remaining moments. There is enough time for your call. If you make it right now, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features on the site totally free so enjoy those on us uh, again freetalklive.com you like the show you want to help support free talk live you can become an amplifier for as little as three bucks a month we'll take that money in reinvest it into the program get on more radio stations around the country and bring more internet listeners on board as well head on over to amp.freetalklive.com get amp get access to uh, bonus things like our amp only call in lines our forum amp only podcast which is commercial free and more all at amp.freetalklive.com. By the way, if you are listening online, you can stick around as soon as the radio show is over here because we're going to stick around and continue doing an extended edition of the program. And we'll take your calls as we usually do in that particular time frame. But we're going to talk about some uh, some silly objections uh, and, and some disturbing objections to the Free State Project after we get off the radio show here tonight. So if you're on the Internet stream, stick around. All right. We continue with your phone calls. Andrew's in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Andrew. Greetings. Hey there. Uh, you guys were earlier talking about background checks, and uh, that's something I know a little bit about working for a, uh, a government agency and having gone through background checks myself before. Okay. Tell us about it. Uh, um, essentially, the gentleman called up saying that he had, a, I believe, uh, an arrest or a conviction from about 14 years ago, um, and he was finding it difficult to get a job because of it. Uh, I would say in that situation, the easiest way to do it is, unfortunately, it's going to cost some money, but paying the state in which he got convicted uh, some money to get the uh, conviction annulled, and then it goes away. I've looked at this uh, annulment uh, stuff, and you can get an expungement from a judge if you haven't been convicted. Um, and in his case, that was a that was a true statement. So he might be able to work through the expungement process. And, and I think an annulment is uh, you know probably something similar. I thought that had to do with marriages. Um, do you have also, to pay for this process? Yes, yes um, and it, it, it all depends on state to state. I know that in New Hampshire, uh, there are different uh, time frames and some crimes you can't actually get annulments for, and some you have to wait longer than others. Um, but essentially, you pay a couple hundred dollars. Uh, some hmm. places, it's up, upwards of $1,000. But uh, essentially, that's paying for, you know, quote-unquote, the uh, state bureaucrats to do an uh, investigation to see what, you know, what things that they can find about you, uh, see if you've gotten into any trouble, how long it's been. Um, and, you know, they, from, you know, as long as you can, you know, make a good case for why uh, you should get annulled in states like New Hampshire, it's fairly easy to get an annulment if you haven't done anything, you know, in the near future, you know, in the recent past or 
things that are similar uh, to what you were convicted for. So an Obviously. annulment, it doesn't clear your – what is it exactly again? It just gets rid of it. It, gets, it does uh, clear your record. It, it clears it like it never happened. That's pretty sweet. So basically what you're saying is the money-hungry state will take cash from you and they'll just clear your, your criminal record as long as you haven't done anything within a certain period of time? It's pretty accurate. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, uh, especially uh, people who've been convicted of, uh, say, drug offenses at college. You know, say they, mm-hmm. you know, they uh, possessed a small amount of uh, marijuana and, you know, it was during college. And, you know, now, and now they want to run for jobs. office. <laughs> yeah. They I run think for that's office. amazing. I mean, they try to make a big deal about this criminal record and how important it is, but yet if you've got enough money, you can just have stuff expunged from it, is what you're saying. I didn't even know that yeah. was possible. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on the, the state in which you're from and what, what you've what, been what, convicted of. Where would you go for this? Uh, what bureaucracy would you, if you wanted to do this, where would you go? Um, I know in New Hampshire, you would go, um, I believe it's the Superior Court, but on the uh, on a uh, court website, um, they have a little thing, uh, a little section about it, and you fill out a form and you tell them, you know, why you want the annulment, and you give them the money, and you basically declare, you know, any criminal convictions or arrests or anything that you've had, uh, and then, you know, it takes a while, and then they send out letters to all the different places in which you were uh, convicted or arrested from, asking for information about it, and. Uh, any objections that they have to the annulment, and then, you know... Now you can only do it, it within the state, right? So you would only be able to have New state of New Hampshire wipe out any state of New Hampshire uh, criminal convictions if you were in a different state. You know, if you were in California or this other political designation, then you'd have to have them do their thing. What... What are the odds that that will propagate to the, for instance, the FBI? I mean, so a lot of these criminal background checks are going through some other service provider. What are the odds that the bureaucrats are actually going to successfully remove your information from uh, totally being able to be accessible? Right. Well, what happens is the same, the same thing that happens when you get arrested. Um, the, you know, you get fingerprinted. Your fingerprints get sent to the FBI, and then when you're convicted, they send a form down to the FBI that says, this person was convicted or this person wasn't convicted, and then the, the information just sits there. Uh, it's the same with the, expun- you know, with the expungement or the annulment. They send down a form saying, wipe these records. Mm. And then the FBI wipes the record. I guess what um, would really suck is if, I mean, that's great if that's how it's supposed yeah. to work, but we all know how bureaucrats can be. It sure would suck if somebody went and paid $1,000 or hundreds of dollars oh, to I'd have... I'd say you're probably talking more than $1,000. Well, he said it was a few hundred here in New Hampshire. Yeah, but you've got to get a lawyer to do it, right? Do you have to get a lawyer for this, Andrew? Uh, I mean, you don't have to. I mean, depending on the seriousness and how uh, how uh, involved you have been with the uh, state... Uh, uh, court system, you, you know, it might be worth your while, or depending on the state, if they're more um, specific and stringent on their requirements. But I mean, if if your uh, intention is to get this stuff off your record so you can get a job, so you can make money, then theoretically it might be worthwhile to go through for our earlier caller. But on the other hand, if you he got to have the spend- money to do it because he needs a job, yeah. right? If he ends up spending exactly. all this money in order to go and do it, and then finds out that it didn't propagate, and the whatever company or the FBI or whoever it is that the the company he's trying to get a job from contracts with in order to get the uh, the background check run check run finds out this stuff is still there, so he's paid all this money and all this time, and I just wonder how effective 
this process really is. I've never heard of it. That doesn't mean that yeah. it's not you, you know used fairly often, but it's it's news to me, and may, maybe it's worth a try, I, I, depending yeah. on the cost. And, and it doesn't get rid of uh, anything that's been in the media, uh, anything online. Yeah. Uh, and the one the one exception to the annulment process that the the, the U.S. Supreme Court has uh, held is the actual record of the arrest. Um, by the agency that originally arrested you uh, doesn't have to disappear so that in their records they can have that they arrested so-and-so on this date and time um, and that, that, that'll still stay there. So it'll still, you know, if someone knew where to look, they could say, oh, well, we know he was arrested. We don't know what for, but that, that doesn't have to get, you know, get taken care of. So. Andrew, I want to thank you for sharing that tonight. Anything else on your mind? Um, no, I just wanted to, uh, kind of, uh, land base Mark for being hard on you for, uh, your, uh, registering to vote. Um, I, I think it's kind of, I, I think it's kind of, uh, short-sighted to say that the, uh, the bureaucrats in, uh, in Keene were actually, uh, following the law because they weren't, because I've done the research on it. And it's completely, uh, correct what you said, Ian, about the fact that, all you have to do is tell them that you live within the uh, the political designation, you know, known as the ward, and you have to assert your identity to them, which they already knew because they recognized you, mm-hmm. and the fact that you are a U.S. citizen. Yeah, well, I was not saying I didn't say that they were following the law. I'm just saying that he was being silly if he, you know, and he was silly for dis- for not obeying all of their dictates is what you're saying. You know, if you Even really though their dictates to, are illegal by their own rules. If you really wanted to vote, man, you'd have gone out and voted. No, and I don't you really, really want I don't want to vote bad enough to be- obey all of their arbitrary rules, which That's, as Andrew just told you, they're breaking their own rules. And who's going to stop still them? Defend what them? are you going to do? What you have you done about defend it? Them. What have you I'm not defending them for anything. I'm telling you when you deal with tigers, man, expect to deal with tigers. These people are violent, dangerous organization that doesn't have to follow their own So don't rules. give me a hard time because I don't jump through all the tigers' rules in their hoops. I so just don't want you, you to, to, to act like, oh my god, I can't believe this happened. I mean, come on. You know how they are. Well, I mean, don't you think it's good that he publicized it and used the radio show to talk about it and then put out videos I don't on think it and, people care. You know? I don't. I don't think that people care that if you decide to claim that you are homeless because you, uh, you, you, you had some little dissertation with your girlfriend about having gotten kicked out of the house that day. I'm not homeless. See, I'm not in my home. I don't think that people care about those kind of theatrics. No, I don't think that does anything for anyone. You don't think people care that they denied me the so-called right to vote? They, no, people understand that you would have had your right to vote if you would have told them where you lived. Well, no, it's it's either a right or it's not a right. You you, you either uh, get the you either have the right to vote or you don't, and clearly you don't if the bur- bureaucrats decide you, you don't. You don't have to tell them an address, and and you you know you tell them you're in the ward. That's the law, so that's all you should have to do. Andrew, thanks for the call. Glad you appreciated it. And clearly, Mark, you're wrong because uh, people like Andrew uh, care. That's <laughs> right. So, Argument to add populum. There is uh, there are more. I, I'm not making that argument. You were the one that were uh, that was. There's more coming up here for the internet listeners, radio listeners. We'll see you tomorrow night. You're listening to the live internet edition of Free Talk Live, brought to you by amp.freetalklive.com. No FCC licensed stations means zero censorship. Call in at 603-435-1105. That's 603-435-1105. Pepper, 
This is Free Talk Live. It's the extended internet-only edition of the program. We are here to take your phone calls, as we always are. 603-435-1105 gets you through. 603-435-1105. Also, amp lines are open, as they always are. If you're a Free Talk Live amplifier, you know what those are. And uh, if you're not a Free Talk Live amplifier, well, maybe you should be. It's all of three bucks a month. That's all we're asking for. And it's money that is reinvested into the program to uh, spread the message of freedom as far and as wide as possible. Yeah. And, you know, that three bucks a month, um, it doesn't really it, it, it's not going to affect anybody's life. You know, three three bucks a month. Your, your life isn't going to be affected one way or the other. And it gives you a lot of benefits, and it helps Free Talk Live out a great deal because a lot of people do it. If you've been listening to the show for a year and you're not an amplifier now, like, what are you contributing? you got to ask yourself. Some people hang up flyers. They vote for us when we ask them to vote. I, I, I get all that, and, and, you know, thank you for all that stuff. But, hey, you know, maybe it's time. It's less than the cost of a beer. At a, at a bar, I've spent more than three bucks on a beer. That's for darn sure. Yeah, I've spent thirteen dollars on a beer. Yeah, wow. Where at a ballpark? It, it was, it was uh, <laughs> as I recall, it was uh, thirteen dollars. It might have been for a martini, a drink, um, at a, uh, a spinning bar uh, on the top of a roof in. Oh, uh, so City. you're paying for the the view then? Yeah. So. Well, I mean, pff, what do you pay for at a bar? Not a not the view. You pay for the atmosphere. Okay. Really? Yes. Because a bar beer for $3 or $5 or whatever, you can buy that same beer at the grocery store for less than a buck. I don't know if you, if I'm if I'm going to a bar, I don't really think I'm paying for the atmosphere as much as I'm paying to be out drinking with friends. That that's seems part of be, the atmosphere. I mean, uh, but I can take my friends. My, my friends could come where I am. They could come to my home. But there's just more of a. Uh, I, I guess it's just different to go out somewhere. I don't really think too much about how the bar looks. Uh, when I'm going to any old bar, but if you're in a spinning bar that's up, you know, really high in the air, then I could see that uh, you'd be going for the atmosphere there because there's something special. Otherwise, it's really a bar is just a bar to me. Uh, some of us have I different clientele. That, yeah, there's, there's no doubt that, um, you know, there, there, especially if you, I th- you, so you haven't lived in L.A., I guess, huh? Certainly not. <laughs> there's they changed the whole look of the bar. They completely redesigned it, changed the name every six t- months to a year or two. And just to because it's like the atmosphere's gotten old for people, and now it's wow. a new bar, and then it's all of a sudden hopping again. Interesting. It's yeah, that's it's. I mean, I'm sure L.A. is just the epitome of it, but there's no doubt that there's an element of that in uh, in a social scene, a, a commercial social scene. Then again, I I don't really consider myself in touch with the whole bar scene at all. Yeah, so what yeah. the hell do I know? <laughs> All right, uh, 603-435-1105 is the number here. Let's go to the phones and the fun. Matt is in Illinois on the amp line. Hello, Matt. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind I, tonight? I just wanted to add a couple of thoughts to the um, to the uh, Southern Poverty Law Center discussion you yes, were sir. having. Um, it's maybe a little bit more of a conspiratorial type of view, mm-hmm. but it seems to me, as I talk to people as time is rolling on, more and more people are beginning to realize that there's something very wrong with, with, with both sides of the coin, with, with Republicans and with Democrats and with the uh, political system and the justice system in general. Um, people who, as, sort of, as little as five, five, six years ago that I would talk to that were either Republican or Democrat, 
suddenly now under seemed seem to be beginning to grasp that they've been getting screwed by both sides. So I'm wondering if maybe the Southern Poverty Law Center isn't trying to like hold on to the people who are still stuck in that paradigm. They're trying to to keep people that that share their point of view that listen to them from looking at other places and other uh, um, outlets for news and stuff. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I I think so. So they're they're trying to catch uh, you know pe- people. Are, what you're saying is people are waking up, um, and right. uh, they're trying to catch people that essentially are still asleep. Right, and they're trying to keep them asleep. If, yeah, if you want to put it that way. Um, and and you know, that's basically all I had to say about it. That's that's kind Dave, of what I'm think, thinking is going on. Do you think it's effective? I mean, it seems like it's if anything, it's going to inspire people's curiosity. No, I don't think it's effective, and in fact, I think that that it's just that those people are going to slip through their fingers anyway. Like you said, it's going to spark their curiosity, or people are going to look at that list and they're going to go, you know, like um, um, Catherine Catherine Bleich. She's not violent. She's not advocating violence against anybody. She's not racist. Uh, she's not any of the things that that the Southern Poverty Law Center says she is. So some people are. Well, going I don't to think they said that she was racist or violent. Actually, have you read the the report? No, but that's what okay. the Southern Poverty Law Center is supposed to be about. Right, it, and, as Mark said, racism, the, uh, violence, and tolerance. Right, and so, I think that's that's what people that's the that's the smear that's here. If the Southern Poverty Law Center brings out a list. Then that list is naturally uh, going to be in people's mind a list of bigots, and bigots, right? And and I just I think that they you know look do what you do or shut your doors because I'm not sure that an organization of uh you know uh, that 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 roots out racism that is non institutional non governmental racism and essentially that's what they are because they're not going to look at how the government is racist um or they're, they're they're not doing it successfully if they're willing to do it then and remember we uh, you know racism is is at least taken care of in this country to the point that a black man can be elected president i'm not saying right. that there's no racism anywhere but maybe the southern poverty law center is irrelevant now and if they want they can come out as a different organization but they want that fundraising that they've been doing so well and that name recognition and maybe they're trying to rebrand themselves and go after other stuff but it's unfair and, you know, if anybody makes a list from the Southern Poverty Law Center, they're naturally thought of as at least being called a bigot. Or, or intolerant. Or, or Something. Yeah, or bigot or intolerant. Nothing or, good. Well, they do have black I, people on this list, by the way. Yeah, so? Okay, it's, I'm just saying. They wrote, a, they wrote a book called Uncle Tom's Cabin. Go ahead, Matt. Hello? Yeah, hatred's the other thing that they're, they're supposed to uh, be, be anti-hatred. So, um... I mean, it's possible what Mark says is true that they're that they're trying to maintain their relevancy, and certainly they're not going to say anything bad against against anything that's government because that's where all their money comes from. Yeah, what a surprise! That would be biting the hand that feeds it. Uh, but I, I I agree with what Dale said. I think that it's it's going to turn around and bite them in the butt. That they're just going to find themselves with fewer and fewer people following them and listening to them. You can I, say I ass now. We're not FCC uh, covered right now. <laughs> There's even a special announcement at the beginning. Did you hear that saying? You could say wordy dirds. Oh, shit. 
shit. I no, I, I miss that. <laughs> Hey, Matt, thanks for the call tonight. appreciate hearing from you. 603-435-1105 is the number. So I had a uh, gentleman send me a message today about his uh, podcast. He was asking for some commercials that he could run. People are looking to us to give them fill commercials. Actually, we need to find some commercials to add to our fill rotation because when you're listening to uh, LibertyRadioNetwork.com, you'll hear the same ads over and over again because, honestly, there aren't a whole lot of 30 and 60 second uh, kind of generic liberty oriented stuff that we could put in there uh, to at least not that I know of. So uh, so he emails me about this over Facebook and he asks for some promos and he mentions his show. And so I went over to take a look at it because, you know, as uh, as the program director for LibertyRadioNetwork.com, I'm always on the lookout for new programming that we can add to our loop. Of course, we just added Declare Your Independence. Uh, which is our first live show that the the network has added in, well, pretty much since it launched. Uh, at the beginning of the Liberty Radio Network's launch in early 2009, uh, we started out with Free Talk Live and Free Minds Radio. We added Talk Back shortly thereafter, which is the local keen uh, politico show that the Free Staters call here on Saturday mornings. But it was pretty much just those three live shows uh, throughout the week. So it would be Free Talk Live at nights and then those two weekend shows. But now we have our first new live weekday show with Declare Your Independence with Ernest Hancock. And I've been listening over the past few days as I've kind of been ironing out the bugs in the automation system to uh, to make sure everything's working as well as possible. And I'm, I like the guy's show, Ernie, Ernie Hancock. I mean, I, I, when I saw him speak at the, the Liberty Forum this year, he was a real firebrand. He is all that. He is a dynamo for Liberty, that's for sure. He is passionate and he's principled. Uh, from what I can tell, he's a really, really a pretty principled guy. And that comes across on his show because he's actually down in Arizona. Of course, he's the guy behind Freedoms Phoenix. Uh, he's down there, and and you know you deal with a lot of the the immigrant haters down there. You you deal with those people on a regular basis, and he doesn't seem to be one of the immigrant no. haters. He he seems to have a real appreciation uh, for people coming across the border, illegal or legal. He seems like a real a good guy. On yeah, I don't show. know why that's become our arbiter issue, um, but it is um, you know, and it, it seems to be the arbiter issue. The one of the one it's one of the issues that definitely separates people who are sort of the patriots from people you know, who are people who believe in in, in liberty as yeah. a principle as opposed to you know the nation yeah whatever the ultra conservative patriot type people are so uh, i was just kind of getting off on a tangent there ernie's news ernie shows now on from five to seven weekdays on libertyradionetwork.com which gives you an extra 10 hours a week of live content that you can listen to over the network or if you're one of our uh, pirate rebroadcasters it gives you more live content for your radio station um, we've got Savannah, Georgia on board now. 99.5 FM is taking Liberty Radio Network in Midtown Savannah. Uh, from what I understand, a good two-mile radius uh, of transmission right in the heart of Midtown Savannah going out over F- the FM band. So they're getting, nice. they're getting free talk live. They're getting wheels off Liberty. They're getting the whole Liberty Radio Network lineup 24 hours a day there now uh, as of yesterday. So that's really cool. More details over there at LibertyRadioNetwork.com. But this gentleman, uh, Corey, uh, emailed me and he mentions his show, The Voice of Radical Dissent at VordShow.com. And I went and I listened to it and uh, there were a couple technical issues that he said that he'd ironed out. So I and, and he's been doing it for a while. So I said, I want to put this on uh, the network if that's all right with you. So I'm in the process now of working on adding his show uh, to the network. But the show that I was listening to, and by the way, just in case you're wondering, 
one of the uh, the, the two main qualifications for getting on the uh, the air besides having a show that's worth listening to uh the other two main qualifications are that you have to have been doing your show for a while like six months at least yeah and publishing regularly so you don't just get to publish one month and then publish another month and then a month we need to have you publishing on like a weekly basis preferably at least a weekly basis or at least once every 10 days or so uh putting out some new content because otherwise, you're just not. It's just not serious enough of a program. Uh, we've got to have content that's refreshed fairly often. Otherwise, the stream will get stale. So that's kind of my two qualifications. And he's been doing. He's done like a hundred shows, and he's been doing it for a while, and he does it weekly. And so well, let's figure we'll put this guy on. And so I was listening to his most recent show, and he has a a young gentleman on who is, I guess, the head of the Libertarians group on MySpace. Guy's name is Riley. And they they covered a whole lot of issues in what was an over an hour and a half long show. And at one point, the Free State Project came up. And, of course, I'm thinking, all right, this is great. It's going to be a great opportunity. Of course, the Free State Project is such a great idea. I figured this is going to be a good moment uh, for, for the Free State Project. And this guy ended up trashing on the Free State Project. And some of the things he said were seemed so... Uh, uninformed and so I've, i thought that we really needed to set the record straight here because if if what this guy riley was saying about the free state project is the impression that people are getting out there within the liberty movement i mean people who are in the movement who know about the free state project if this is the uh his impressions are are i guess relevant to what other people's impressions are then we definitely have some, I think, uh, some issues, some objections to overcome, some issues to address. And so I, I clipped out the relevant segment of the program. This is from Vordshow.com, V-O-R-D-S-H-O-W, Vordshow.com, Corey Moore's program. He had a guy named Riley on. So I'm just going to play this, this audio. We'll stop down here and uh, and comment as is necessary i haven't heard is, any of is there before. a way to uh, is there a place that people can go and just listen to it uninterrupted sometime if they wanted to yeah vordshow.com okay uh but it's yeah, it's a lengthy uh lengthy well, I program meant just the, the i meant the cut no not not okay. the cut no so here we go if you get too close <laughs> to me with that camera i'll take it out of your hand and ram it down your throat. that is a great quote though <laughs> yeah I'm, just glad to, I'm glad to hear that again even though it was, it was totally out of place here That's we okay. go here, here's the real thing <laughs> what do you think about the free state project out in uh, new hampshire I haven't been following it for a little while now. I used to follow it all the time very closely, and um, I think the idea of political migration it can be a good idea. I think the idea of moving to greener pastures is generally always a good idea. That's how America... Oh, before, before we go on, uh, I want to give you a little recount of what he was talking about just before they got to the Free State Project conversation. Just before this portion of the conversation was a, 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 a different conversation about socializing with liberty-minded people. And so they're talking about the California uh, activists out there because this guy's in California. The host of the show's in Ohio, but the guest that we're talking about here is in California. And he was talking about how uh, important it is, and I absolutely agree with him, uh, how important it is to get together on a social basis with other liberty-minded people. So you can actually uh, become friends with these folks rather than just meeting for a libertarian party meeting or something like that and then going home and going about your separate business and, and never seeing these people on a social basis. Basis. Going back and playing World of Warcraft in your mom's basement. Or whatever. Exactly. And 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 honestly, uh, when I was down in Sarasota, Florida, going to the Libertarian Party meetings, I never did anything socially with those uh, with those folks. And this, it was just kind of party things that we would do. And then, of course, he points out that 
when you do social things, when you have par- actual parties that people can go to and enjoy themselves and all that, then people are interested. But getting people to come out to boring party meetings and things like that is not so interesting. And so I absolutely agree with all of his points there that having a social portion to the liberty movement is really important. And it's something that we have in spades here in New Hampshire. And so I was thinking, man, this is going to be a It's great- really a different breed of, of libertarian, if you think about it, because I, I don't know, my experience in the past has been, you know, the kind of libertarians that I did kind of meet who were actually actively politically active – uh, they, uh, they weren't really the types I Not would want social. to socialize with. Absolutely, I agree with you. The, the people that I was uh, with down in Florida were, were really – some of them were kind of awkward, and mm-hmm. most of them were certainly out of my demographic, and it would have been a little strange uh, to, to hang out with, uh, with them. We just have so many more activists here in New Hampshire now uh, that some of them are in the same demos, some of them aren't. And, but there are enough people to where you can get together with, uh, with like-minded people. Who I, are I even, think it's also partly because I think liberty is really taking off i think it really there's like a whole new there's like a a whole new influx of of uh of new blood into into the movement all across the country and a lot of it's coming here yes the cream of the crop is coming well i should i don't want to say some of them i don't want to put down the the people who decide not to come for whatever reason but i think you know the really some really really passionate people people passionate they have to to be passionate yeah to pick up to pick up and move across the nation of course another thing is is that they're likely to be as young um not to say that all of them are but a lot of them have been young because more mobile yeah young people have less stuff to move i'm really impressed when i see families moving because i know that's a much they're coming we're we're seeing that now we're seeing that and and that's that's really encouraging and so let, let me just continue, just to kind of set the stage. They were talking about social uh, socializing with other liberty-minded people. And, I'm, of course, I'm thinking to myself, oh, yeah, I mean, the totally free state project. I mean, this is what we've got. We've got uh, – I just launched, for instance, the, the new reasons to move to Keene at uh, move.freekeen.com. There's a whole social section in there just because there's so much happening uh, from that perspective here. All right, so we continue. Founded by Europeans and Asians and uh, South Americans, and Central, you know, people from all over the world moving to what they thought was a greener pasture. So I definitely think from that point of view, the Free State Project is a very good idea. Now, there's a few, there's a big difference, though, with the Free State Project is. The Free State Project is more than just a, um, a movement of people moving to New Hampshire. It also represents a certain type of libertarian. It's, you know, it's a brand. They have, free, you know, their own events. So I, I think it's a little different. And I think it's a good idea, but I think they failed to do a few things rather well. And I think one one of their objectives should have been was selling New Hampshire to libertarians such as myself who live in Southern California. We don't have real winters. There are no snow in my winters. It's 72 degrees in January. That's my winter. If I'm going to move to a place that's freezing cold, that has snow, that has sub-zero temperatures, I need a really good reason. And I also think... Now, he's going to uh, enumerate in a little bit what one really good reason for him, one of the things that would make him want to move to the hinterlands here. Uh, he'll enumerate that well, in a moment. He's pointing out one of the what I feel the valid, um, you know, the, the valid excuses, reasons, whatever term you want to use. I should say reasons for not moving to New Hampshire. I think the, the three largest, most valid ones are. Uh, you know, job. Uh, like I've got a great job where I am. It is difficult to find a job in my line of work uh, where you know where I'd be moving to. Can't do it for that reason. Family. You know, I, I love my family, and they're not all rabid libertarians like I am, and they don't want to pick up and move. You know, we lived near my mother-in-law. We we lived near my mom. Whatever. You know, that's a valid reason. And the weather. 
people use it. I personally don't find it, didn't find it valid for me. I'm a lifetime uh, Floridian. I've never lived any place where it was, uh, where snow fell. And I had, you know, wouldn't move there for any other reason than the fact that I believe that, uh, that things can happen. Right. That, that the Free State Project's a good idea, like he said. Um, and that's the well, reason I picked up and moved. Right. He acknowledges that the idea of moving for liberty is fine. But on the other hand, he's, he's about to explain why he hasn't been persuaded that the weather is worth we- um, weathering, if you will. Uh, to uh, to make the move to New Hampshire. Excuse me, if it was worth it, he he's saying if it, if he would see what he wanted to see, then he'd make the move. So what what does he want? What what did what did the Free State Project do wrong in his opinion? He'll explain. We told this place has all the stuff I like. It has cities. It has you know art galleries. It has beaches. It has all the stuff I like. It has here. beaches, and that's um, about it because it's all backwoods country. Yeah, and so I think. Well, first of all, I wouldn't really say that's an accurate statement. Yeah, uh, that's an inaccurate statement. I mean, uh, there's a lot of backwoods country. Um, you know, New Hampshire is beautiful, and that's the term that they use to mean, eh, you know, relatively untouched by civilization. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we've got we've got a city. You can go to Manchester and see tall buildings. I'll grant you, it is in L.A., um, having lived in LA, no, that's a selling point. <laughs> it's not LA to yeah. me, but <laughs> I understand that. Yeah, you, know, you know, and this is of course an issue that this is something that they were aware of picking this. You know, when they picked out every single one of the states that they said was an acceptable one to to pick, was because a, a, a low population was an important factor, and so you're not going right. to see LA. It's it's not right. going to be considered if it's got a huge population. Right, you and, can and have LA. With, LA's all yours, and that immediately eliminated like states with pristine weather. But I'm pretty sure New you Hampshire, know, and I don't time. know, I don't do art galleries, but I would imagine that you could find at least an art gallery or two somewhere in New Hampshire. Well, there's right? galleries right here in Keene. Are there? Um, I don't know these. I things. mean, it's, uh, oh, it's a really you know pretty decent one for the size of the city in uh, Brattleboro, which is Vermont. That's twelve thousand. Right people. over the border. I mean, there's right there's over half the, border. the people there. So you're saying yeah. there are, there are art galleries in Keene, New Hampshire? There there are art galleries. Now the question is, is it a art museum? And that's a you different. Museum. He said galleries. Right, but what what was he thinking when he said galleries? Um, well, he didn't say he didn't say museum. So anyway, uh, right. So right there, but well, I'd like to I'd like to address uh, museums though. Um, Boston, it, I mean, uh, Nashua, New Hampshire is in the Boston Metro. Mm-hmm. It is less than an hour from Nashua to Boston. If you care about major sporting events, major Broadway plays, uh, huge uh, you know art things, all that stuff, if that is big for you. You can live in Nashua, New Hampshire, as part of the Free State Project, and still be within. Heck, you could live live on the sea. Well, coast. that's the, the selling point of of New Hampshire is that there's you know being in New England in the New England area. There's a lot around here. Just going a, a relatively short drive, you know, it's four you hours can get to New to York so City. So many things. Yeah, two, two hours New from, York from City, Keene, Boston. From Keene, it's four hours to New York City. Uh, it's two to Boston, four and a half to Montreal. Anyway, we continue here. Uh, oh, and, oh, and he said beaches, too. Sure, we've got a little bit of seacoast, but there are beaches here in Keene. There's uh, Otterbrook Park. There's a beach there. There's a, a beach at the Spofford Lake. And yeah, there's I, another beach. You see, this is, this is one thing that I, I can't... Um like I can't understand. I've been to the beach in California, and I wouldn't stick my foot in that disgusting, <laughs> polluted water with like hypodermic needles floating in it and that kind of crap. I'm from Sarasota, Florida. Well, We've got the nicest beach in the world, and don't tell me about your crappy beaches around the United, rest of the United States. You might as well not go in them, as far as I'm concerned. There are specific beaches that are particularly bad in, in L.A., and then some that are considered much better and. 
And but yeah, I mean, probably by comparison, they're. I'm talking about Manhattan yeah, Beach. Yeah. They're uh, you know right uh, right there on the what's the the famous uh, section that that you do the boardwalk the, the little, Venice Beach, Venice and Beach, Santa Monica yeah. Beach, and all that. Venice Beach. Yeah, I, I loved going to the beach, but I didn't get in the water. I can't recall. <laughs> I can't recall if I think I may have waded in it ankle deep. I did once one time just to say that I've been in the Pacific years, Ocean. My eight years in L.A., I think I may have waded yep. ankle deep once or twice. I mean, I just didn't get in the water. <laughs> it didn't, almost almost didn't occur to me. I did love I loved going rollerblading, great weather and everything. Going rollerblading, blading along the beach and. And going out there and walking up and down it with my friends. How can you rollerblade on sand? Well, no, they have a bike path that goes all the oh, way down see. the beach. Got it. It's actually really cool. <laughs> we'll continue. But um, what I'm saying is, to to answer his objection, there are at least three be- three beaches in the immediate Keene area. And we don't even have an ocean uh, nearby. I went to Otterbrook Park over the, uh, the this last year at one point during the I think it was during the summertime, and uh, I was surprised to actually see that there was a real you know what, what you can what you would consider as much of a real beach as we can have in this area without actually having an ocean. There were girls in bikinis, there were kids playing, there were people doing barbecues, sand. and sand. It was a fucking beach right in the middle of the right. woods. Anyway, we continue with the objections. One reason they failed is because I don't think they really did that. I think they should. Oh, and by the way, he believes that the Free State Project has failed. I mean, that's a whole other thing. The Free State Project has <laughs> failed. To his mind, right? I We're mean, only people are halfway just, there. People are con- continuing <laughs> to move. Uh, you know, the the signups are continuing to come in. I, I'm telling you, the Liberty Forum. As soon is... as I get this gosh darn thing, as soon as I can get PayPal straightened out, we're going to start making calls. I believe within the next couple of weeks, and I think that the the numbers are going to lurch for lurch forward. I think that the the Free State Project is going to be completed at twenty thousand within a year, and and then what? I mean, I, you know, well, you'll still have failed because the, he's not talking about numbers. Here he's just talking about his perception of things. So yeah, I've got to hear this. I, libertarianism, nothing else. Um, which uh, I think the activists there. I mean, really, the activists there. One of their goals should be getting guys like you and I to move there. And I think part of that is they need to say, "Hey, whatever it is you like, look here we are. We're at the beach. Here we are. We're in a town. Here we are. We're in the woods." You know, some guys like the woods. Some guys like it. Oh, I like the woods sometimes. Well, we, but this is done. I mean, uh, if Ridley Report is doing this. I mean, what do, I understand that you have to go look for the media. It's not being shoved in your face, dude, but I don't know how to get that media to you. And this is one of the problems with reaching Generation Y that advertisers have. They don't know how to get to them. I mean, how, yeah. dude, do I tell you that what you're saying is happening in New Hampshire? Isn't what do you want me to do? Write you a letter? Isn't some of this stuff, and it's been a while since I've looked at it, but I remember reading the 101 Reasons to Move to New Hampshire before the vote happened and New Hampshire was chosen for the Free State Project and being so incredibly persuaded by it uh, that New Hampshire, after I read that, I knew that New Hampshire had to be the place where this Free State Project thing happened. And indeed, New Hampshire overwhelmingly won uh, the Condors- Condorcet method voting process that they had because the 101 reasons were so persuasive. Since they were originally created, they've been updated at least once. They may need another update again. But as I recall, there were a bunch of different categories of, of lifestyle reasons and you know that addressed a lot of the, the things that he's talking about as far as things that New Hampshire has that you expect to find in places that are nice to live in and, and all of that. And of course, I just mentioned the, the 130 now. It's, it's a little embarrassing that you, know, you would go on a public radio interview 
and well, say all these things without having just done a modicum of a reading about well, the, the, this I very think the guy major asked him, libertarian project. The guy asked him about it, so I mean, he's caught flat-footed on that. He he has no obligation as a consumer to to be educated. But this mm-hmm. is an issue that the Free State Project is going to run up against, is how do we let libertarians know? And the fact is, I don't know. Right. This guy's impression is that we want people to just come move to the woods for freedom. I mean, that, that's <laughs> essentially his impression uh, that I'm getting so far from, from listening to this. Right. And that's not the, it at all. It's not that way. He needs to be reached out to, uh, right. quite woods honestly. is just an option that a small number of Free Staters take because that's where they want to live. You know, they want to live in the woods. There's some that do. The majority of us aren't. The majority of, of us are in cities. All right. So, uh, so, and, but, but I wanted to point, and I agree with you, Mark. He should be reached out to, but I, I felt like his objections were so... Uh, Somebody else has these objections. Absolutely. Right. So, so I figured we needed to do an extended show and, and really hit them uh, and, and get it out there. So go and look. If you have similar concerns to th- this Riley gentleman has... Go to freestateproject.org and find the 101 reasons to move to New Hampshire. After you're done with that, go to move.freekeen.com and you'll find over 130 reasons to move to Keene. And it's the stuff he's talking about. Leisure activities, recreation, comforts of living, lists of uh, big box stores and common brands that you're used to, uh, brands of stores that you're used to buy, to show people that even though Keene is 25,000 in population, it's actually a city that has enough kind of uh, metropolitan style things in order to to have a nice, uh, comfortable lifestyle. Without- Keene's got one of everything, and I'm yeah. t- I'm, I'm speaking as and a two guy, Starbucks, uh, keeping uh, two mm-hmm. Starbucks, oh, yeah, one like, in the borders, three Dunkin' Donuts, two of them within a. That's yeah. right. Uh, yeah, that's like a, real a half draw. mile walk. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just thought that's that's just funny. You but can practically all, see sp- one of them from the other one. I'm speaking as a guy who's likes the metropolitan flavor of things, and I'm telling you that you know I, I'm not saying that Keene is a metropolitan area, but it has no, some not really nice little features, and it does have one of everything except a faux noodle shop. And I think that you should open one someday, Mark. How am I going to do that, man? I don't know. No, I, but I, my wife has learned how to cook faux, faux noodles, go. and she kicks butt. At it. It, that means like fake noodles, or faux is uh, is a Vietnamese word. Oh, you rube! <laughs> You're so uncultured, I had Dale. To, he, he lobbed that one to me. Yeah. I had to knock it out. Of the <laughs> All right, we continue here. Um, but I don't think they really tried to do that, and I think they tried to be more. We're the best. If you want to be the best, you come here. Rather than you know really try to persuade us that New Hampshire is the best, we're going to show you why. We're going to show you how the winter really isn't so bad. It's kind of nice. We're going to show you how we have rivers. We have the fun stuff you like to do in California. So um, from that point of view, uh, I think they did fail. Now another point of view is I think that so the Free State Project failed. Because we're saying we're the well, best, not New Hampshire is the best. I'm not. I, I, you know, I don't know what he's speaking to specifically there, but he's right. If you're saying, if he's saying that the Free State Project failed to reach him That's and true. people like him, because it is an extraordinarily difficult thing to do. How do I get in front of this guy the things that he needs to know about New Hampshire so that he sits down long enough to see? You know, That's a, a good cry. A, the thing is, a I commercial feel like for the free state massive project. amounts of information being put out there, but it's not reaching him, like you said. Right. And I, it needs to be condensed. All these things that he's saying, it's all been resol- It's all been answered, in my opinion. Like I, but I went, I did go looking for it. I was interested enough to look this into it. This guy is it. interested but the enough. The moment I, like, like, the moment I had the interest 
it was readily available to me. I thought it was made pretty readily available. I would to me. agree with you. It does. It didn't seem to be hard for me to get this information. But then again, and he's well informed. It seems, at least on some of the things in regards to what's been going on here, he'll reference some. He'll actually reference me without naming me here in a moment. Uh, as far as some bad activism things that he's he's so he's been paying attention to at least the activism. Maybe he hasn't taken the time to actually explore the Free State Project website. I don't know. Maybe we should talk to him directly. But I just wanted to get this out here tonight to represent libertarians and libertarianism uh, and the Free State Project members to the, the citizens of New Hampshire, and I think this is uh, a big failure on their part, is that if, for the non-libertarians there, I think they've largely polarized themselves. I've heard of people not being able to find jobs if they tell people they're Free State Project members. People, you know, not being served at restaurants, you know, I mean... I think the big thing okay, whoa, whoa, is whoa, 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 what? Is that for the non-libertarians there? I think they've largely polarized themselves. I've heard of people not being able to find jobs if they tell people they're Free State Project members. Jesse got fired people, for being you know, a Free State Project member. Isn't that true? I I don't person. know that I don't know this. <laughs> well, I, he said I heard of people, and I guess that would okay. you know one I mean it, okay. it, he's got one bit of reference. That's a true statement. He's uh, he's talking about the Fritz uh, situation where Fritz Fry said that you're not allowed to come and meet here for your free keen event. He's right. He is right about this issue mm. that there has been polarization, especially in Keene, uh, but, when it but comes the to way the Free State pre- Project. The way he's presenting it is an entirely accurate. It's his impression. People haven't been kicked out of restaurants. Uh, what I can go to Fritz and I can eat at Fritz. Sure, uh, and we can go to Fritz and we can. Eat I just at don't Fritz. intend to. The owner of Fritz. <laughs> was misinformed about what was going on in her restaurant. She, she made a hasty decision. She was also under actual, you know, serious financial pressure from a, a, a substantial portion of her clientele that, that were basically saying, do that or we're not going to come here anymore. I did not hear that. It's my understanding mm-hmm. that she's uh, her boyfriend is a firefighter and her boyfriend came in and told her what was, uh, what was going on and she made the decision based okay. on what he said. Uh, but it was the owner of McHugh's that was getting negative feedback from from people via email about us meeting there. So, okay. But, Mark, you are right about people being polarized. And I think that's that's one of his most strenuous objections, and it does deserve to be addressed. And so I will do that here in a moment. Uh, let me continue, though, with the audio. Yeah, I like to. I mean... I think the big well, thing is now that they, hold on wait uh, now that objection is going too far um, because he says I like being served by restaurants. First off, <laughs> when you move for the Free State Project, we do not tattoo a porcupine on your forehead. They do not know who you are and uh, whether or not you're going to be uh, you know whether you're not your Free State Project member. Yeah. you can I can go into any restaurant in this town and I can get served and you well, know that's, that's what makes it sound to me like he's gotten a, a really well, screwed up story somehow about what's really going on. He's right. And and then he's going hyperbolic on it. Yeah, he, he's got he's correct that there okay. has been a great deal of, of polarization about uh, and you know uh, the fact is the people on the other side have been making a lot of noise just like the Free State Projects have been making a lot of noise. I think that there's honestly I don't think there's that many more of them on the other side than there are and most people don't are just sort so. of in the middle. However, he's right about the polarization issue. This Absolutely. kind of idea that I don't want to move to be a pariah is nonsense. Um, because when you move for the Free State Project, you move for the Free State Project and you don't have to tell anyone. Why'd you move to town, son? I love Keene, New Hampshire. I, I wanted to be closer to the mountains to go skiing. Uh, you know, I, have, I found a job here. Whatever. I, I, you know, I moved for a girl and then we broke up. You can make up whatever reason well, you want to make up. I would lie to somebody. 
you can do whatever you want to do is the point that I'm well, yeah, trying to make. Making crap up is is lying. Some people choose to lie, Ian. Yeah, I would not. I would not advocate that. I'm not I advocating would... anything, man. Right, All I'm it. telling you is that you don't have to tell people. Well, I picked up and moved for the Free State. Project. No, you don't have to tell. That's not a lie. To exclude that information is not a lie. Uh, but if you, yeah, but but if you make it something up, reminds me of going around is. telling people you're gay. I do that, but that's because I I just do it to you know for amusement value. But you, it's kind of silly, you know, it's kind of silly to think you have to do that. Oh. I'm not honest unless I you know when I go up and order my Big Mac at McDonald's, I tell the guy I'm gay. You know, <laughs> people feel the need to do that. Project as something really positive to the citizens of New Hampshire. I think this requires being an ideal neighbor. You know, having a clean yard, not having crap out on the front yard, not having your mm-hmm. own. That's you, buddy. Right, except uh, that's really missing the issue. Is this really? Is this much different than 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 half the people here that say we're poisoning the well by by being so principled? That's what this comes down to, Dale. Is it comes down to this guy, and I'm sure he's a nice guy. He's you know he's uh, he's in charge of the MySpace group of of libertarians. But based on what he says in this interview, he is clearly of the political mindset. This guy That's is looking fine. to. It's fine. Okay, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. We but let this me is, finish this my is statement. The, okay. My but statement it is, is it's, it's that a sort of a, it's a somewhat intolerant attitude. He's of the uh, appeasement of, mindset. Yeah, he's yeah. of the appeasement mindset. He believes that liberty activism cannot work if you don't do everything you possibly can to appease. The opposition. Well, and this is where I'm going to say that, that that's an intolerant mindset because it's not just it about him appeasing people. He's saying that other people doing this is spoiling it for that for whole thing. So, so that attitude requires controlling lots of other people. Okay, and that's and, why it's a very intolerant mindset. And your in um, and your mindset is intolerant of the kind of mindset that he has. And the fact is, people. This is what I was trying to say. Have been trying to say all along. You guys that are doing the outside the system activism do most of the video that's out there. Mm-hmm. Most of the stuff about the Free State Project is pushed from this angle, yeah. and it takes the people like this that are, have not yet made their decisions, and it says to them, "You're not fucking welcome." No, I'm sorry. Nothing we've said. Uh, it doesn't. Says no, that no, to them. you haven't said that, but that's how it makes them feel. Look, if I'm going to go there and be a free state project member, what do you want me to do member, about it, Mark? I'm yeah. telling you that when I tell people I'm a free state project member, I see their eyes roll half the what time. Do you want? Why do you think that is? It doesn't happen any place but Keene, New Hampshire. It's not happening in the rest well, of the what state. What do you want to do about it? I can't do anything about it. What do you it, think Dale? we should do about it? I'm telling you, there are consequences to. Actions, and when you do the outside the uh, the, the the system activism without forethought, like you, well, you're, well, you're I'm going to stand Mark, up against the man Mark. when it comes to my couch, or I'm going to burn a couple of Mark, flags. You're saying that's the kind of attitude of saying, "Look, we're being, we are expressing ourselves honestly. We're fighting yeah, for what yeah, we truly believe sure. in." That turns off people that don't believe the same as us, or that that, that don't think that's going to be effective. But you understand that I'm not. I, I, and I should, I, I, there's no reason why I should be concerned with turning off that kind of person. But you are. That's why we're having this conversation. Right, what? but why should I care? If someone is turned off by me being my, be, living my life as principled as I possibly can, if they're turned off by that, why should I care? I agree. I don't think I, you have I'm any I'm not obli- saying, listen, if you want to attract him, then attract him. I but don't you care. you don't get to do that by controlling me. 
See, I'm not. No, I'm not. Dude, did I tell you that I'm I trying to control you? I don't understand what you're upset about. Then that's no, why I'm, I'm telling to say, you. There's what do you consequences. We do. There are consequences to your actions. Obviously, I Mark. Suggest, we need you to tell us that. Well, this is the thing. Why the fuck do we care what this guy thinks? If you're going to act like you don't fucking care what he thinks, you either fucking <laughs> care what he thinks or okay, you don't you got fucking care what he thinks. I understand that point. I understand that right? point. I mean, I, why I, are we I, having I, this conversation I, no, no, about I, I this dude? I am concerned with with addressing objections of someone who is misinformed. His objections this- are absolutely goddamn on the spot on this issue. He is not fucking welcome in Keene, New Hampshire. That's bullshit. That's not he true. is not. That is absolute That's bullshit. That's not true at all. No, the Keene, New Hampshire, this, the well here are poisoned. The people who have said it are right. It's absolutely <laughs> what the true. Fuck, are you That's, talking about? Go to go any place else, and you say you're a free stater around New Hampshire, and nobody cares. Nobody gives a flip whether you're a free state project member uh-huh. here because they're not doing anything. No, they're not doing what you're doing. No, no, no. They're not doing any free state project members in the state house right now, and you're Big not. Nobody from deal. Keen. They're That's not doing true. anything. They're sitting in the fucking state house doing their. Bullet- bullshit people, politics. There are people that are, don't like free staters in other parts of Absolutely, the state. Absolutely, but they're not, not coalesced. Do with, 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 they're not coalesced that? here. There are a couple people complaining on the newspaper website. Mark, we have, <laughs> people Mark, are getting kicked out of Mark, rest- restaurants, if, right? Anything, Mark, if you're going to make a special case out of Keene, it's because we have an incredible... Proportionate to the numbers, we have an incredible recruitment rate here. I, I don't very, disagree with that at all. Passionate, Mark, great stuff going on here. Right, you so would have yes, fired Jesse people, too. Look, Mark, are people <laughs> Mark are people going to get polarized when you stand up for principles in a place where statism all over the country statism is rampant? We are addressing it head on. But yeah, there's going to be some people upset. Of I mean, that's, that's life. I mean, people are some people don't that's like exactly us, and some it. other people absolutely fucking love us. Now you're now you're choosing getting involved. Choosing Choosing not to, to, to take a, a responsibility for the stuff that's been done wrong, and there's been a lot of stuff done. That's wrong. fine. What? What do you? What we're going to make mistakes, Mark. The yep. thing is, we're doing something. We're getting out there, as Dale said, and doing what we think is right. You can you can judge all you want whether or not you think what we've done is right after the fact. Fine, and he can do it too. But what's happening here is there's activism happening in Keene, New Hampshire, that is unprecedented in the liberty movement. Yes. There's an amount of people coming here. Right, but you activism- just hold that thought for one moment. There are activists coming here doing things that the liberty movement has never seen. And it's something that is upsetting to the apple cart of the political movement, to mm-hmm. people like him. And they see it and they say, poisoning the well. They say, this is terrible. I don't want to be associated with these people. I don't want to come there and do this because people are upset. They're seeing the upset that is being caused. And yes, some people are upset. You're right. You know, the apple cart has been well, tipped over the here. The are going to be upset when you threaten their power. Exactly. And it doesn't matter if you're threatening their power by doing civil disobedience or you're actually having some political success. If you were having political success, it's just a lot more difficult to have political success. It, it is absolutely so difficult. So that's why people aren't that upset at the politicos yet. But what this guy is complaining about, and he'll do it a little more clearly here in a moment, what he's the crux of what he's complaining about is that we are having success and he doesn't see it as happening in the way he thinks it should happen. Oh. And so because Those of, people here just sound just like that. There are yeah. people here who sound just like him, but he's using it as his excuse not to come here, and he's ignoring all the political things. Why that he would should really he? Enjoy. 
If that's not what he wants, why should he come? See, I thought what I felt like because this interview the politicos was about- should attract him. If that's what, the, and, and that's their job. If they want to attract that type of person, I, I don't. I mean, and now I'll be, I'll be honest. You, well, I thought you had a, had a point, which you said, why do we care? Why are we even addressing this guy's statement? That's what I feel. And like. I felt like when I first started hearing it, I was a little curious about that myself. I really was like, is this guy worth a segment after the show? I'm like, I just he just doesn't sound like someone I give a. Crap about well but, i can't uh, I, but you know but we I are see, and so you know i want to see anybody who wants liberty to come here and act in the you know and do whatever it takes for liberty because what i under what what they feel is the best idea for liberty because i think it takes all kinds i agree with you so that's why that. i want him i want people like him to come here but look dude if you're gonna be scared off because of what some other activists do with their activism you're that's you're, an intolerant it's attitude it's intolerant and i am and not going to cater to intolerance Look, you know, I mean, look, you do that. Look, like I try, I will, I, I, you know, I'd love, for, I will, I will tell him he's welcome. If he posts on the freaking forum, I'll say, I'm not going to do politics, but you can, you can come here and you will be welcome. There are other people who will. There are people that, you know, there's people that want to do that and you should come and I will say you're welcome, but I'm not going to alter my behavior to appease him, to please his, like, to his, no, weird, I'm not, uh, Dale, know. no one has said that. Okay, they but say, you're having an what, argument. Then? You're having what, Mark, he what are you saying we need to do? Well, uh, that's <laughs> what I'm telling you. Is you're having an argument with me that I'm not having with you. Okay, I do not fucking care about your outside the system activism anymore. I have written it off. I am not going to emotionally get involved in it anymore because some of it I feel like is cockamamie bull fucking shit that that poisons the well. However, I cannot change your or anyone else's behavior. Well. What? The, the whole well poisoning thing. Yes, what dude. well has been poisoned, Mark? Look, take a look. That, what did that guy say? He's he, saying the well is that you're not being obedient him. enough. No, right. you're He's not saying being the well is poisoned for him. You can, you, can, you can spin it any way you want, Ian. No, that's for him, what he'll say here in a the moment. The well no, is that, poisoned. That's what he's going to say here right. in a moment, is that he thinks it should. He thinks activism should be done in a certain way. You're saying and that well poisoning, what you, what you've tried to say over the time is the that well poisoning doesn't people. exist. And what I'm telling you is that well poisoning exists. And when you shove your head in the sand and say, "No, no, it ain't I don't us," give a you shit can't blame if me. You think the well is poisoned or not? Th- th- I don't that's give that's a all I want you to say. Fuck. Right. Let's that's continue what I want here. You to say, dude. <laughs> I don't care because I'm living my life as a free person. And if other people who purportedly want freedom see that and they say to themselves. Well, I can't get involved with a group that would possibly accept people that are living free because it's just not respectable enough. Well, okay. It's, it's the thing is, it's poisoning the well to a particular type of very intolerant person who feels like whose only way who's there. They have decided the only way they're going to succeed is they get to control a lot of other people. And, uh, and that's absolutely that's not going to work. That's his mindset. It's not going to work. If you think that uh, the Free State Project is going to go the way you think the Free State Project's going to go, Just ask you Jason need to Swords. stay your ass in fucking uh, California. If because it isn't going to go. It's not going my way. It's not going your way. And it's not going your skinny ass way either. It's not going to happen. No, if your plan for success involves micromanaging lots of other people and what they decide to do, then yes, you are doomed to failure. Go ahead. Absolutely. And, and, if, and if that's the kind of person that we've poisoned the well to, then I can deal with that. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I will do what I can to clear up misconceptions. I will personally welcome this person to come and do politics. I want him to come. Right. I do absolutely sure. want him to come. I do, but not bad enough. 
to but don't trash to on, his don't, intolerance. Right. Come here and do your thing, but don't trash on us for, for doing what we're doing. I don't trash on the politicos for going and begging at the state this house. This is how he views it, man. See, this is what you're all upset with the way he views it. The fact is, his view is his view, and we get right here. We have the opportunity. We have the, the raw opportunity to see how somebody flat-footed, who understands liberty, who's paying attention, views what is going on in the Free State and Project. that's when we try to get you to say, then what should we do, Mark? I'm, I'm telling tell you, 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 to you... Tell you, me something other than... Don't burn any fucking flags. Stop telling people that, you know, stop, stop doing this no license driving bullshit. Okay. And, and, you know, try to, okay, try to so be friendly when dealing with the politicos. I'm pretty friendly when it comes I, to the politicos. We have changed that issue now, but in the past, see, that, we haven't that, that's, been. That's, to me, is, is, I don't see anything wrong with, with those activities. And, if, and I'm not going to, and, and I, ha, I take issue with pandering to that kind of intolerance. It's the politicos that I are don't the ones want that, that tend bad. to be unfriendly. They the politicos are the ones. Him. You know, the politicos are the ones. When the politicos have an event that uh, you know, they go to Facebook and the people make their little events and they say, "Come and do this." If the politicos make an event saying, "Come to the state house, we're going to talk to the politicians about whatever," I don't think that there are people. Maybe there are, but Dale, you and I, we would not go on that event and say. Fuck going to the state house. You guys are going to ruin it for the civil disobedience movement going and begging those politicians coming in there and just raining on their parade. But yet when somebody posts a Facebook event about the 420 celebration in Concord, some of the politicos, not all of them, obviously, some come in there and they start yelling about how this is going to poison the well and this is ruining it for the entire movement. Why don't you just focus on what you're doing and not worry about what we're doing? Why because not? they Instead want a the- scapegoat. Why not? Because exactly. they don't have to take responsibility for their for their own failure. Or well, if they succeed, they'll take they'll take credit. But, but if, if not, they it's don't our fault. succeed, it's not their fault. Let's go to Johnson. He's on the amp line here. He's been itching uh, to get into this conversation. Uh, Johnson, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I've been itching to get into this conversation since uh, Mark was talking about how do they get in touch with people. Well, what's that? Uh, Who? Be clear. I'm sorry. Clear that up. Originally, you were talking about how the Free State Project, this was a while ago, talking about how the Free State Project, um, you know, how do we get in touch with people? How do we let them know what's going on? Oh, well, Generation Y. Okay. Well, everyone who's come to the Free State Project has come through the Free State Project website. And this has been a complaint uh, from you guys. I don't know if it's been a complaint on air, but about how the FSP board hasn't really done a very good job of maintaining contact with the different people who are members of the Free State Project. They could, I think that the biggest thing that the FSP should do, and and I can't believe that they haven't done, is to have a newsletter, a monthly newsletter. They do have one. like the advocates, but somewhat like the advocates for self-government. You know, something where it's like, this is what we accomplished, this is what's going on. They have that. Wait a second. Where? I don't even know. I looked for it just now. I looked on the website. I couldn't find it. They have they have a newsletter that when you sign up, you're supposed to be getting. I don't know if you've changed I email. I get two of them. Um, but what I would like to ask you is, you know, the market marketing director position oh. was open recently, <laughs> Johnson. Did you apply for it? So this is the that. nature of the problems. I didn't know that because I can't get the newsletter. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> this is the nature of the one of the problems that it comes to for not for profit organizations, volunteer organizations, Vo- volunteer organizations. Now, wait. Now, this newsletter, how often do they actually send it out? Once a month. Really? Really? It's called FSP News. comes to my email box. Yeah. Dale, do you yeah, get it? I don't get it. And, and I, I get, I get it in an email, email that I email I don't now. use anymore. 
So you must have changed your email address or something. That's my fault, though. And I don't particularly... Email you know what you can do? You can go to, I think you can email members at freestateproject.org and have them update your uh, your email address on their file and make sure that they've got it all current. Well, I hope this is going out and I hope other Free State Project members who aren't getting the newsletter go, uh, okay. Yeah, they claim to have over 10,000 subscribers to the I can't see how they wouldn't. Strange. I mean, I've, I've gotten emails from the Free State Project before, but I don't get a newsletter. So that's interesting. I have no explanation, man. What else did you have to share? Yeah, the other thing that I wanted to talk about was this whole politicos versus, uh, you know, uh, the well poisoners, civil disobedience activists, yeah. and the well being poisoned. And you know, I'm sort of right in between both of you guys on this because I think that one, you shouldn't give a fuck about what people think who don't, you know, necessarily uh, believe that. But at the same time. I do think that the well is poison, and I think Mark is absolutely correct because there are so many of these statists, they still outnumber the civil disobedience activists. They still outnumber people who actually believe in freedom, and they are aggressive assholes, and they want to uh, make lives the lives miserable for Free State Project members and Free Staters. And, you know, I think um, one of the things that I think is – the biggest, uh, I guess, Dale says, you know, what should we do about it? And I think one of the things that the statists are sort of winning in, in a sort of war of, you know, like some kind of a like psychological battle is about maturity. And yes. I think that what the, 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 uh, the civil disobedience activists aren't self-aware enough to understand is that there are people who would agree with your philosophy but don't want to have anything to do with you because they see you simply as immature. And if you want to win over people that might agree with you, you know, and, any, and even people, people that don't agree with you, start bringing them more towards liberty. You have to start making statists look immature and start making free staters look more mature. I, I, I think you're on to something. To do with what do. activism you do. I, I think, think you're onto any- something, and I think part of that, you know, I, I, I'm sorry, I'll let you finish. I just want to, I wanted to jump in there because you're, I think you're onto something, and I think, um, to some extent, I think this is, this is sort of relates back to what I said earlier about being motivated by anger, and I see a lot of people, they seem to be throwing temper, tant- temper tantrums at people that they have no power over, and, and I think that, you know, that, that that's part of it. Part of seeming more mature is not being motivated that way and not being very reactionary. And and I seeing you know seeing you know I'd like to see less protests and more actually you know presenting positive ideas for change and things like that. Although Johnson, though some people don't believe some people's definition of maturity is working within the system. Period. Like if you don't go put on a suit and uh, and beg at the the state house, you're not mature. If you do anything that involves civil disobedience, then you're immature because well, the mature people use the system. Yeah, to some extent, they're going to make that. They're going to use that label no matter what. Uh, right. Those aren't the people so. you're trying to target. I mean, I, I do yeah. kind of agree with you at the same on that, but I don't think that that's every eye roller. You know, I don't think that that's every person who's rolling their eyes. When you say that you're in the Free State Project, you know, I think that there are a lot of people who, you know, they see, uh, you know, pot protests. They might see that as immature. They might see, you know, it's like certain certain protests are obviously going to be much more easily viewed that way Mm -hmm. than others. And I think those are the ones that Mark is jumping to first. And, okay, I don't think that those things should necessarily stop. But I 
think what you need to do is achieve balance. And in other words, in order to achieve balance, you need to start having a lot more activist events where you can change those people's, you know, hearts and minds by like, I don't know, you have a, you know, much more visible events where you're doing something to, you know, at a food shelter or you're doing something to help, I don't know, school kids, some, some other, other events to, Counterbalance. Okay, hey, I'm we pushing just had for this that. Protest. What can we do to make you know to make up for that? I, I'm pushing for that. I'm pushing here. for uh, more people to see. This takes effort. This takes sustained effort. Oh yes, and, and this is something that certain people were particularly notable for having. You could chart how likely they were going to do something based on you know how much attention it was going to get them versus how much sustained effort it would actually take you know and 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 that's the problem is you know there's a, the outreach to the community that gets people to know us and that dispels these notions of immaturity and things like that i i i I, you know, I'm going to brag a little bit here. I've made massive strides in that area personally. That's because I'm willing. I actually have. I actually make the effort to go out and meet people in Keene, not just free staters, yep. and work with them to do positive things. And I and I'm making all kinds of inroads that way. And I think that that, that I don't know if a lot of people are willing to do the sustained effort it takes to to do to accomplish that. But I think the the payback is massive. I, I, I like the idea of what you're saying, uh, Dale, and I think that that right now we've got a lot of young people in town that honestly are working, you know, full time jobs, and when they get home, they want to go to sleep. Uh, that kind of thing. Two full time jobs in some cases. Some cases, and it's so true. when you're dealing yeah. with that, I mean, you and I, we may have a little more uh, free time on our hands uh, you, to to do stuff like that. And then there's another side of it, and that is that, well, I mean, how much promotion is appropriate on something like that? Uh, for instance, this weekend we've got the Free Keen Fest happening here in Keen on Sunday. And I have, uh, because the, the last guy that was doing it has, is too busy, and he's, he dropped the ball, I have picked up the ball, and Dale, you're going to help me with this, uh, with, the, with a book drive and a food drive. So we're going we're gonna to pick this back up. The, the food drives were happening last year. They, they dropped off after somebody dropped the ball. Uh, so um, we're starting it again. We're going to do it less often. We're going to do it quarterly now instead of monthly. But we're going to do both a food drive and a book drive. I promoted it once on the blog. Uh, but I mean, how much more self-promotion of a charity or a community kind of event like this uh, should be done in order to make people aware? I mean, isn't isn't it too much patting yourself on the back like, hey, look at us in Freaking, we're out here doing all this community stuff. Aren't we so great for the community? Look at all this that we're doing here. See, we're not just a bunch of crazies. We're uh, we're also. I mean, isn't there a certain line? The which- amount of promotion that goes into the 420 events and the flag burnings and all that <laughs> other stuff with the video and all that. Hey, hey look. We got nine people do, it, taking it, video of one guy burning flags. I don't think it takes flags. promotion. Just do it because I mean, then they, you know, I, I, I mean, it's. I think it, okay, it's, now, and I, my interaction with people, they gotta, find out I'm with Free Keen and everything. But I, I, I just do it, and they find out I'm with Free Keen or whatever. But then, but it's, and, and but and then they, their judge, their opinions about that change because they see a real person who they know personally and interact with on a real, regular basis and they and that helps to dispel the notions they have. I mean it's just it's like it's you know it's just like the you know I you know I, I the analogy that I'm I'm always familiar with is you know when I can't you know coming out, you know when people meet someone and then mm-hmm. they find out later they're gay. Yeah. Like once they know you first and oh you're gay. I don't and deny now they that have, whatever their powerful. stereotypes they had were helped to be dispelled a little bit right then. What you're talking about you know? is very powerful Dale where you're doing it on an individual basis, but I thought that Johnson was kind of talking more about 
exposing the masses in Keene. Uh, it does to, get the masses, right. though. Well, That's just it. People talk balance. to each other. This is a tight community. People it's talk true. to each other. It is getting the masses when you m- interact with people on an individual basis. Johnson? I think you got, you've got to get a, a balance struck. I mean, in other words, you've got, you've got a, it's definitely a, a different, you know, as far as event publicity or, you know, as far as your overall image is concerned and the image of the free staters, there is absolutely no balance because we, those events, not only are they more promoted, as Mark is pointing out, they're also more sensational. You know, so they've got a double whammy of being more promoted and more sensational. People, you know, they hear about people smoking out in the center, you know, or in front of City Hall or in front of the center square of Keene. Within a few feet of the middle school. Right. That gets huge amounts of attention. You doing a food, you know, a, a food drive at a homeless shelter, no one cares. Right. It doesn't get any. Right. It doesn't get any attention. So in order to, to make that balance out, you've got to really bring attention to it. And I, don't I don't know how you do that. Well, what, what Dennis Goddard said originally and, well, I, and I, what I didn't take to heart when I started, uh, but I did once I moved to my town is that first you get involved in your community. For a year or 18 months or two years, you do stuff, you volunteer, you do all that other stuff, and then you start doing things for liberty. And I think that hasn't been done because there's a lot of young, rash people. That's, the, you know, those tend mm-hmm. to go together um, here in Keene doing this uh, outside the system activism. Maybe that's the way that we're going to find liberty in New Hampshire. I don't know. And I'm not going to make that claim that I do know. I'm going to have to do my XKCD style chart. I don't know what that means. <laughs> you know, there's a comment called XKCD. He does charts and graphs and things like that. And uh, I need to do my my graph of, you know, on the on the Y axis, how much attention it's going to get you. And on the X axis, how much sustained effort it's going to take. And and like, you know, the odds that you're actually going to do something and that an act uh, that a that a liberty activist in Keene is actually going to do something. And there's this like drop off like. Whoosh. <laughs> yeah. Johnson, any other I, thoughts? I yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with what you're saying there with your XKCD style comic tale. <laughs> but just because, you know, you guys don't think that people are going to participate or just because, Ian, you don't know how to promote it. No, I'm with you. I, I want to encourage people to. I'm just saying yeah. that's what we're dealing with is there's yeah, that I attitude of, oh, this is very attention getting and I can do it in one afternoon versus this is going to take six months of going and, and, and working on something every once a week, every every week, you know. Uh, and then talking to people and getting to know people and, and making an inroads with my community and you know that 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 latter is is going to is going to be very powerful, but it takes sustained effort and and, right. and maturity and I, commitment. Well, I think not even just necessarily sustained effort, but sustained thought on the part of you know the the hardcore activists. I think if you guys were thinking about that more often and actually planning those events and really like saying. Hey, okay, now we're aware of this. Now we really, really recognize this. What can we do about it? Let's put a lot of brain. We, well, power. I can we got tell you, massive inroads when when we went and painted, helped paint that right. church. That just the the the, the PR right. power of that was massive. But that was and a one-off. Not I mean, just it was that. Exactly. I mean, yeah, it was a one-off exactly. thing. That, see, well, that's we what can't I mean. plan that. You can't that was, plan that because somebody that vandalized a, the church, and then we had the opportunity to take action, and there were a yeah. whole bunch of us that came out to uh, to help. And it was out. just a, it was just a couple of days, so it wasn't like that sustained. Effort. But but it made incredible. I mean, since then we've we made you know now those some of the some of the free staters still go to that church. Uh, some of those church members still come to free stater events, and that. That's like an inroad that's that we well, made that's still there, you know. The, the, okay, well, here's let's address 
the first the reason why you guys got involved with that is because there was an anarchy symbol. Am I right about that? Pretty much. It's because you didn't. Yeah. There. So the, you guys, the the reason why that was so powerful, was we, we were we not, were concerned with dispelling a stereotype of anarchists as these property destructors, uh, right. destroyers. No, yeah. The reason why that was so powerful was not necessarily because the anarchy symbol was there, but because of what you guys were doing. And I think that the only reason why you got involved was because there was that anarchy symbol there. I don't think that it has to be something that necessarily pertains to Free State Project people. Find problems and fix them. Yes. Okay. I, I, no, we're, I'm already with you there. And we're already yeah, doing why does Some the people graffiti are already doing have that. To be, you know, why does the graffiti have to be an anarchy symbol? Why not just go out and have people find any graffiti? Anymore? Johnson, that, I hope a, you'll come here and lead that effort. Thank you yeah, for the you call. Know what, that's, and I've actually been in conversations where we talked about that, like where we saw graffiti in Keene, and we were like, you know, we should get free Keene people together and and paint over this, you know, just do it. And and uh, and there was talk about it that wasn't, you know, carried out. But again, that's one of those things, you know, actually making the effort versus something so we've got uh going on as far as as far as charitable sorts of things i mean dale you're oh, working yeah, it's at the, out there at it's the community at, you know, kitchen you you're you listing it um you uh, know, we've got the book drive we've got the food drive uh, we've got the one-off we're not things promoting like, it enough is what you're saying we've got the one-off things we've got uh the the pro- project graduation which we did last year for the first time this year we're doing it again uh because we were so uh, valuable to them they are more than happy to have us back uh, so we're doing that again, uh, but there's not there. There's also, of course, the uh, the the parking meter rescues, which is a very positive form of activism. It's not really a charity uh, work, but that, it's that's, something that's yeah, really making a lot of roads. people really like. That. Um, <laughs> no, this is the point that I'd like to make, and I there there is a lot of uh, you know we're we're getting we are getting better at this as far as free staters. It's not a lot. It's getting well. It's a lot. If you look at everybody else in your age bracket, and and this is largely a demographic of of uh, mostly males, but certainly people between the ages of eight to 34 you look at those uh, that demographic and see how much they they uh, volunteer for anything and you guys are busy well when it yeah, comes to i can the tell you that even not in that demo i can tell you the libertarian party in florida i don't remember doing anything with them so um but what i what i'm um, trying to point out is when you think of the jc's or you think of uh you know the ladies auxiliary or when you think of so many of these the key club you think of so many of these service organizations the first things you think of is these people are doing something for the community you think of the quakers you think of a, a, a organization that stands for peace when you think of the free state project members in this town what people think of is a bunch of rabble rousers okay fine and and that's something that's the that, brand that's been created what can you do mark create there's, a different brand but there's What's never it like going for to any be, company that wants please to create tell a new me brand? how how is it that uh, and i would love if you can lead this mark that would be great because i, don't I have no lead it. fucking I, clue look, how I got, to do something i don't have like the this. time dude fine right. okay that's what everyone's excuse is going to be so I, no, since I, nobody i, I hear it i mean I've, I've i've made suggestions that's you, all i could do can you tell me how no matter how much painting and uh and food driving and whatever other uh uh, acts of charity that this group does, this group of activists does, how that will ever eclipse the amount of publicity that something like a 420 celebration gets or any other uh, example of, uh, of civil disobedience. The 420 celebration isn't intended, I wouldn't imagine, is intended to create good feelings in the state of New Hampshire. It's intended to draw people, activists, especially marijuana activists, to New Hampshire. And I think that that's one of the areas that the outside the system people excel. 
they've done a very good job of bringing people here. Now, uh, that, I you agree. Know, that, that I'm not going to say that, but I think that but there's a trade-off there. The cost is people that, get upset. Right. The, the, you've got the big you got the big It's uh, accept, it's acceptable. If you are going to stir things up, whether you stir something up with doing civil disobedience or you stir it up in the political system, the people who support the status quo are going to get upset. And I don't think there are many of the people that support statism and the government and make excuses for the violence of the state that are going to be swayed by the fact that we do a food drive or the fact that we're helping out with project graduation. Oh, I think there are, I think that I think that those that have huge effects. I think that it can have an effect on certain people, but the people who are diabolically opposed or diametrically, excuse me, maybe diabolically. They might but, be diabolical. Uh, by the way, I talk to a lot of regular before we get too far into this, I talk to a lot of regular, like, you know, I don't know what to, how do I describe these people? I mean, my next door neighbor type people that I see at the next community kitchen, at, when I'm volunteering, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, when I'm at, when I'm volunteering at the community kitchen, I talk to a lot of pe- other people there that have been going there for years. I mm-hmm. talk to the, go to the hundred night shelter and I talk to people volunteering there and, and uh, and I you know when I'm just interacting with people that aren't free staters that I just know through other channels, that, that I, I I've heard a surprising amount of support you know from sure. for, even for those things that we say are very polarizing. It really just comes down to where does someone feel on that issue? Yeah. And you have someone who's really statist about the drug war. Mm-hmm. They're gonna hate it. Absolutely. And, and then you have and I've talked to plenty of pe- lots of people who have no problem whatsoever with the 420 events. They're totally in support of, of the, they don't think there should be right. a drug war at For least on everybody that likes what we do, there are going to be people that don't like it. And if you want to be part of a movement that makes a difference, you're going to create that opposition. They will always be there and there's nothing you can do to some of I, them I to change some you, of them. If you are if you're if you're really politically active as a Republican, Democrat oriented folks are gonna passionately gonna hate, you. hate you. Absolutely. And they're gonna talk bad about you behind your back. They're gonna post things on on, the on an article is, and saying bad the, things about you the same way you're absolutely someone who disagrees right. with us on any particular issue and an article that's about the FSP, they're gonna they're gonna make they're gonna say their their acidic remark. But they don't get it that much. They don't get it as much as we do, those of us who are the civil disobedience the supporters of civil disobedience. They, the politicos who are doing those things you're talking about, don't get as much opposition and hatred because because they aren't as visible. What they're doing isn't as uh, effective. It's not making as much of a difference in people's minds for them to really come out and spend and their time you know opposing. And, and frankly, I think to some extent, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just not seeing it because I'm not seeking it out. That's very possible because I just I specifically I don't. I don't go to the NHLA forum where there's, I'm sure, a lot. I don't know what all is being talked about there. I'm sure there's a lot of talk about the different bills and, oh, yeah. and where they've had successes and things like that. And so maybe I'm just not seeing it, but I just I feel like there's a, a failure to really promote it and to use whatever to attract the type of person that we're talking about right now. Like We haven't heard any more of the recording for quite some time because yeah. the subject's been kind of derailed. But uh, but that the guy that we're addressing, the guy who spoke yeah. on that radio show on the Freedoms Phoenix, right? Agreed. Them getting um, their word out is right. They agreed. need to reach out because we're doing 
me, lots of media, and and maybe they can be more, at least more successful. I don't, I'm not going to say as successful, maybe more successful. Who knows? Uh, more successful than they are now if they just promote more and 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 are louder about what they're doing. I, I can know. tell you, I did not move to New Hampshire for flag burnings, pot protests, <laughs> driving without uh, driver's license. I didn't pick up my life to move for that. I picked up my life to move for the possibility of uh, getting people into the you know of getting a bunch twenty thousand libertarians into one relatively small state. Their ideas spreading because the yeah. ideas themselves are logical and make sense to people when you have a chance to explain to people that are close to you how they work over time and then that kind of spreading out and then affecting the entire state and that state having some kind of legitimate legal authority and then doing whatever, whether it was uh, nullification or secession or whatever. So um, I think that a lot of people are attracted to that. If the the political types could just put out more videos to show this guy, hey, look, you know, we got cities. Hey, look, uh, you know, we're doing a lot of political activism. I actually plan on making a uh, video version of of the 130 reasons to move to Keene. Um, and and one of the reasons, one of the the challenges in Keene is, and on our 130 reasons to move at move.freekeene.com, it talks about politics and how it's a good, ripe place to do politics. And I think that over time, we're going to see more charitable uh, occasions as more people with a little more free time on their hands come here and can and can start to get involved in doing things like that. And maybe more uh, leaders, leadership type folks can come and really kind of get the ball rolling on it. Sounds like Johnson's very excited about it, so maybe he can come here and really kind of start up that kind of thing. I'm putting together the uh, the list of uh, of people to go out and do uh, project graduation. Dale, you and I are working together on the book drive and the food drive. You're regularly at the community kitchen. Beyond that, there's not much else. Uh, beyond that, there's not much else. And I agree with you, Mark. That hey, there I'm, needs to I'm be a more. member of my uh, fire department in my town. Sure, but I we're mean, talking about Keene here. Okay. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> well, it's the Keene area. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's right there. So, uh, so I think there more. I think that more of that does need to happen. You're absolutely right. But at the same time, it's unrealistic to expect that the civil disobedience is going to get toned down at, at any point. Oh, it's not. Uh, so you know, we've got to make the best of it and right, keep our message as possible. We should as, as positive see as possible. how we could put more emphasis on the positive uh, versus the oppositional stuff as much more. I think, this but is, I don't know. I don't know how off the top of my head. But that's something I don't I'm either. I, I, I honestly don't know. I don't know how to about. solve your guy's particular issue. This is the point that I'm trying to make. I don't consider it an issue. I don't consider the uh, the loudmouth. Uh, we hate you, free staters. Get out, go home. I don't consider them to be an issue at all. I th- oh no no, no. I don't, I'm not saying that, that. You're right. I mean, that, like I said, I, I just acknowledge that that's going to happen anytime someone disagrees with exactly. whatever you're promoting. It's but like they're not always said. out there. But but what I'm saying is uh, what I think what Marx trying to say is there's a lot of uh, you know and this is sort of inherent in the nature of the problem and it's why it's so difficult is that things like the 420 events and stuff are by their nature very attention getting and so it's hard to take your stuff which isn't by its nature very attention getting and bring attention acknowledged it's absolutely acknowledged you know so that's something it's something we're thinking about uh and i don't know off the top of my head how to do it you guys need to do more of the uh, community activism stuff and uh you know and get, promote get, it well. get known uh, you know for that and i think that that'll be effective and also i think that there needs to be some acknowledgement of the poisoning the well thing rather than saying bah! and making a, when somebody says that you need to understand that there are costs 
to the kind of activism that's done and say, look, I, uh, you know, the, there's yes, uh, we understand that some of the things are done. We're trying to tweak this. This is a liberty movement. You try to herd the cats because I haven't been able to herd them and I'm not going to be able to herd them. So, you know, we're just trying to get people here. We figure we do, we try enough things for liberty. It ought to work. There's lots of places in the state where politics yeah. is going well. Move there. And uh, b- believe me, you'll be surrounded by people that uh, you totally agree with. If, you, man. if anything, uh, the so-called well poisoning should help the politicos because they can just separate themselves. And say, hey, hey, we're not part of those. We don't know who those people Absolutely. are. Absolutely, with them, it, it has helped me amongst the politicos and look know, how the, reasonable the, the politician I am. type people in Keene. They, you know, they talk to me. They say, oh yeah, they, they say, oh the mark is the reasonable one. I, now, I, was, I was wondering I don't about do anything that. Like, for that. Like, but you know, but just by comparison, like you know, like if, if we can, you know, if, if we're in a sense sort of scaring them, which is, is you know, just because we're yeah. We have such strong opinions and 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 uh, about about liberty and so forth. It would seem that the political types to them would be like. You know, please, how can you calm those? Can you try to get those people? To <laughs> well, yeah, they do them? that. But how do you how, how am I going to control them? They, they ask me, hey, take yeah. over the Free State Project and make them stop doing this. I just mean that I just mean that like maybe you can I just see you guys as like you can be sort of the ambassadors yeah. and saying like, well, you know, maybe if you maybe if you change if you pass that marijuana law, this stuff wouldn't be so energized. Well, you that's know? one then you thing that these have, guys smoking. They on your, actually you know. have been trying to do here in Keene. And then, you know, I kind of wonder with the timing of the start of the 420 uh, you know protests about the time that they were trying to get this stuff passed uh, you know did, did it go uh, you know, do the politicians here in Keene hate the free, st- free staters so much in their activities? They decided to vote against something that would have. Who knows? You know I mean, it's all that, this that, what if stuff. That's very speculative, but it of is. course. But at the same time, based on my experience, I would be very disinclined to think that. Only because what I see is is when we are unwavering and absolutely stalwart in our positions. That I, that's what seems to that's when we seem to see them give a little like it, they realize yeah. it's this ain't going. They have nowhere. given. They've and, and, tried. And, and, they've tried cracking down. Right. To like, that to didn't stop. work. And it, it, it backfires and they see that. And I and I just see it. I see retreat, if anything. Yes, they have given ground. There absolutely has been a retreat. The 420 celebrations have been unmolested by the police for countless weeks at this point. It's been all year long. They've been going since mid, uh, late February now. It's been two full months that they've been back on every single day and uh, not doing the 420s in the hopes that the politicians would have passed some non-binding yeah. resolution here in Keene. I mean, that would it's have been speculative. giving up. That would have been giving up. But what would you have gotten well, from this? Not a goddamn yeah, I thing. But that's my experience. Well, if, if I could control opposite. it, Ian, and I know I can't. You see, this is, this is the what if scenario that everybody's you know that, that does the poisoning of the well they 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 get all upset about this and i understand right, whether they want I've to been scapegoat there. as dale was no saying. what they want is they want to control the movement if i could control There's the that movement, too. they want both i would have said no mm-hmm. we're not going to do 420 on this we're not going to start this movement which essentially and, was just kind of you know just almost organic the way it started up yeah. we're not going to start this now we're going to wait a few weeks until we find out what the politicians here are going to do as far as their marijuana decrim thing in keen and then if they don't do what they're supposed to do, then we'll start it. Let's, if I if I were God, and I'm not, and you can't do that. Still. And let's let's also let's also let's get real here too. They want some glory. Who's that? I mean, politicos. They want some glory. I mean, I've been there. I've seen it. I I I I you know I was I've been made fun of even before I came out to the Free State Project for being too uh, too principled or being a uh, you know. 
all that crap when I was involved when I, when I was doing you know politics with log cabin Republicans and I was you know there were you know there's no doubt what I saw there and what was corrupting it and made it completely distasteful to me was that was people making all kinds of concessions mm-hmm. and just and, and you know ultimately what mattered to them was they wanted to be in there they wanted to wear tuxedos to part to mm-hmm. political parties yeah. they wanted to be at the table they wanted a seat at the table they wanted to feel important they wanted to like. You know, be a mover and a shaker, and and there's an ego thing there. Well, it's a generalization. I, and, I'm and not going to discount. That, no, I'm not saying that it's a he's strictly about political the people thing. That want that, I'm not right. saying it's a strictly strictly political thing. I'm not saying there aren't people in the political process. There's quite a lot of them. I feel like who are in it for sincerely trying to make yeah. the world a better place. Okay, and they're not letting their egos get in the way of it. But. There is no doubt, there is no fucking doubt that there are politicos that want some glory. They want their, it's for their ego. They want to feel important. They want to be a mover and shaker. They want to lead something and they want to win and they want to play, they want to play this game and they want to win it. They, it's like a strategy game for them and they feel this like, ha ha, I won it. You know, to be I fair, got there are success. disobedience that want glory there is, too. That is out there. That's all I'm saying. And, and, and don't anyone get, don't get all offended because I'm not saying it's you. I'm just saying don't, don't, don't be silly. And say it's I want not to stop out there. this and continue the audio. We've been <laughs> yeah, go gone off here for a while, and we've still got people that want to ca- talk about this. It's required. You're going to get me in trouble, you know. man. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to get myself in trouble, but I think that in order to really market yourself as such as something really big, you have to live an exceptional life. People have to look at you and think, wow, there's a great guy, and not, oh, he just wants it to where he can throw his trash out the bed and window, and look, he's making a big mess. Now, I can understand why you would see it that way if you didn't pay any attention to what happened with the couch issue. When I was threatened over my tenants, not me, having a couch in their lawn, I said, I'll happily remove the couch as long as the complaining party comes and talks to me like a good neighbor. She didn't want to do that. She wanted to use the violence of the state anonymously. I refu- refuse to move the couch. There's nothing that is uh, is about trashing my lawn or being trashy going on there. It was about being a good neighbor. And since and, she and, didn't and, want to do it, and there's no doubt too, there was all, there was, there was a there, this that was a retributive action, uh, or you know. A little bit speculative, but not by much, because that couch had been there for months, and there was not a word said until nope. you challenged a certain a certain person who was politically active in the Keen City. It's true. And then all of a sudden, there was it a complaint out. lodged, and a guy shows up at your door, issues you a ticket, and is being a hard ass about it. And you challenged that whole notion of like using this sort of using this against you in a political manner, and that's what was being challenged. And uh, and yes. so so it's important to acknowledge that. But it's very surface level. He's taking the surface level view of all oh, you just want to have the freedom to throw trash out in your yard. So you're not being upstanding enough. And and in his viewpoint, in order to be upstanding, I should just do whatever it is the government people say I'm supposed to do and work within the system to try to change it. And that's why he did. That's one of his fundamental disagreements. Well, I think that um, another thing that needs to be pointed out here is uh, I was talking to Wayne uh, off off air yesterday, mm-hmm. and you know he brought up a really great point. One of the reasons that they that Washington has not been able to corrupt Ron Paul is because the man's a Boy Scout. You know, he does nothing wrong. There aren't any pictures of him uh, cheating on his wife. There aren't any mm-hmm. pictures of him doing blow. There aren't any pictures of him uh, in compromising positions because he doesn't do it. And people look up to and respect him for that very reason. And people respect 
the disobedience, the people that I want to attract, the people that respect disobedience and non-cooperation look up to that. People call and they say, Sam, this week they called, they said, Sam, I joined the Free State Project because of you, because of what you did. Dale and, and I myself, because of Lauren. Right. Dale and myself, Lauren was what got my butt out of my chair and up here. Exactly. I mean, so we're doing what we know will attract the people that we want to attract. And I still think people like him should come here, but I'm not going to go and uh, put on a suit and jump through all the hoops. Let me continue. I think that, you know, they're representing, you know, look, I, I think people should be allowed to smoke pot. I don't think smoking pot, you know, while walking through downtown, you know, Riverside is a good idea. I think it portrays you as something that you really don't want to be portrayed as. So I really think that the Free State Project members really need to just, you know, not try to portray themselves as a smart-ass kid. Not portray themselves as a bunch of brats or just problem causers, but portray themselves as something good to the average citizen of New Hampshire, who may be Democrat, Republican, independent. It doesn't really matter, but they, a problem I think is that they've alienated themselves from the non political body, the non free state body. So from that. Now, point, this is a real speculation on his part. Well, what he's uh, well, first off, what he's doing is he's uh, taking the Keniacs, basically the, the and people, calling us the Free State Project right, in and general, the, the outside the system activists who are largely concentrated in Keen, and then calling them the Free State Project. And, our and burgeoning that, movement in Manchester, right? And, and, and they certainly are. Um, I think that it should be concentrated in one area. That'll be more effective. Uh, I also think that it'll it'll corral them in one area, so you can see whether it works or not. But anyway, um, but and, it's not the average people that have been alienated. Right. Average people aren't even paying attention. They're not reading the newspaper well, they're not paying attention they barely heard anything and- most movers for the free state project are not outside the system activists so sure. to paint them to paint me with that brush sir is not fair right i'm not acting in this way do not say that the free staters did this because they did not these are some outside the system activists that i prefer to call the keniacs um that- the 420 celebrations almost all Keni- uh regular keniacs yeah, non free staters i mean you go down there tomorrow and you will see 90 percent. i walked over there one day i was the first free stater to arrive and there were um, 15 to 20 people there rich paul walked up a few minutes later it was me rich paul ida showed up three of us and like 25 Ida's- a Free State Project member. Oh, really? No. Well, she's a liberty lover who moved here. Maybe she didn't sign up for the Free State Project. Well, doesn't that matter? I guess it does matter. You're right. <laughs> she can't, you can't call her a Free Stater. But anyway, liberty activists uh, is a more accurate term. Yeah. So, well, we all continue. these people are now liberty activists. They're at least marijuana activists. That's true. It's almost like oil and water. You have New Hampshire. And then within New Hampshire, there's this Free State Project. But one's not part of the other. They just kind of coincide in the same pot. Uh, and I think that's going to cause... See, he a- talks like he knows what he's talking about. Oh, it's like oil and water. One's not part of the other. There's the Free State Project, and then there's the other New Hampshire rates. Poppy Cock. We've got Chris Muskus, who lives here in uh, in Keene, New Hampshire. We've got Nick Ryder. We've got Toby. We've got Nick from Free Minds TV, Gardner Free Minds Radio. Gardner Gold. Well, I was talking about Keene area, but Gardner Gold. And there's all kinds of people you want to go statewide. A lot of people have been activated and uh, really excited by the Free State Project, who are New Hampshire natives or who've lived here much longer than the Free State Project has existed. And so to say that there is this Free State Project oil in the uh, the water of the of the the state of New well, Hampshire. That's the way he views it. I mean, right. It's just it, I understand that's and, how he and, views it, and that's why we're here talking about this because he's completely wrong. That, that's the, that, that's is sort of the nature of, and this is kind of the nature of positive and negative things is that the po- positive things you know tend to get 
it takes ten positive things to counter to out one it. negative yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's just something we're dealing with. And he just you know, hasn't heard the things. You, you, you that hear someone complain. You know, if you're if you're a manager, you're going to pay a lot more attention to the one complaint yep. versus the twenty people. It's true. Who, but this guy needs who, to who do. Said they love so and so waiter or waitress. He needs to come yeah. to the Liberty Forum. Right. Well, he needs he needs to. Uh, Porkfest would be a good place to start. Or the Liberty Porkfest is probably a little too anarchic. Yeah, he'll still for have a, he'll still have a great time there. <laughs> Believe me, the you've regular, got the Agora thing the going regulars, on this time. The regulars are there. Certainly, there's plenty of them. He needs to see. Both come. of these things. This he guy doesn't to... even seem to want to read the Free State Project website. Right. Well, Let me continue here. Let's, let's keep going. The problem uh, amongst the people there. And from what I understand, many problem, people there have problems with the Free State Project. See, I've heard back and forth on that. I think there's been some effectiveness there. Obviously, you know, anything that political they they've tend anyone that's gone there for political reasons has been somewhat successful you know and as just as a general place to go and not be you know part of the free state project if i just went to move to new hampshire to me i'm used to the winter i love the woods it you know it's got the taxes are low i mean to me that that wouldn't be too bad but and then part of me you're right a part of me that turns me off is the idea that if i go out there and i'm a libertarian and even if i wasn't a part of the free state project i may be looked down upon because of the way libertarians have been represented no nope. and it's of course it probably doesn't stretch across the this, entire this, th- that's just really not true because um the fact is new hampshire is more libertarian than where you live and your Ohio. ideas What's that? He's in Ohio. Right. In, then Ohio. And those ideas just make sense to people here. Situation. I, I, but if it's getting to the point where people aren't getting hired at jobs because they're part of the project or they are not being – Jesse was hired, uh, allegedly fired because he was a free stater, but we don't but know what was, the problems Jesse were was behind fired. the scenes. Okay, he was living with me at the time. Jesse was fired like from job after job, yeah. like one after another. For and one of the reasons, you know, was and we always, a, you know, we got different reasons each time. And this and is one of the points. I, one of them. Yeah. One of the points I made recently uh, on the the newspaper's website here in town, Sentinel, KeenSentinel dot com, where the comments explode whenever there's an article about uh, free st- free staters with just hatred. And uh, so I because it, you know, it's a newspaper readers are more likely to be politically active and upset by by things that we do. Uh, but somebody made a comment. Why don't you just be productive? And I said, well, wait a minute. You don't know what you're talking about. The free staters that live here are in many cases in managerial and entrepreneurial roles. I can think of three free staters right off the top of my head that are managers at local uh, food establishments. And the rest of them are very hardworking people who are assets to sometimes, uh, like you said, multiple jobs. Yeah, <laughs> multiple jobs that are that in many cases have been working at the same job for a, for a long time. So it's just nonsense. Well, it's that one to ten ratio that uh, Dale was talking about previously. Right. You know, one for, free stater for got one, fired. For, for for one free stater that doesn't have a job, um, you know, not, ten. And of it's them the free do. stater that makes some of the worst, you know. Uh, yeah, and decisions. we're talking about not having a job in an economy where lots of people don't have jobs. I mean, the economy is right now. There, there's a lot of unemployment. Right. And I'd, I'd also like to point, having. to point out that I'm a member of the uh, the uh, volunteer fire department in my town, and they know I am as out as you can get as far as Free State Project mm-hmm. goes. Uh, I, you know, I'm, in my town, it's a big deal that I'm a Free State Project member. They could have let me go from the fire department if they, they wanted to. Though. Still they, they have no intention of doing that. I'm a valuable member of the community. They yep. have no intention of doing that. Served at restaurants. 
there's a real problem there. No, no, and, and nobody's not been you know, served I, at a restaurant. I mean, never the, happened. The, the, accu- the accurate statement is is that um, they were not they were asked not to have a political meeting at the restaurant. Exactly right. Not to reach out yeah. to their customers and that sort of thing with politics, which wasn't happening. We continue. I'm all for activism. I'm all for even. Uh, you know, you you said something about the pot thing. You know, the 420 celebrations are somewhat successful. I personally can't be against that. I, I think that it's a good idea myself. Uh, maybe maybe a little over the line at first, but they're proving a point. But there's a difference between that and using straight-up negativity. And I'm not going to name any names, but I know of quite a few activists there that straight-up are – negative as hell you know and if anyone that lives in the free state project anyone lives in new hampshire if you're listening i don't know what he's referencing but i would agree with him i I think negativity is a bad thing show and uh you're any one of a prominent activist out there i know who you are probably and you you know we you know we pay attention the why you know it's an experiment where the wider liberty movement has been paying attention no matter what anyone thinks we're paying attention to what you guys are doing, and it, it's kind of difficult to weigh what we should do as far as going there or not. I signed up finally. I was signer 10,006, but Sweet. we'll see. Yep. I was going to move, and then now I'm hearing a whole bunch of stuff happening now, and I flip-flop on it. And I'm not sure if I want to move somewhere where I may not feel welcome because I don't agree with your uh, brand of activism 100%. Okay, so here's here's my recommendation to anybody who's thinking about moving for the Free State Project and has made it through an hour and a half extra show um, <laughs> this evening. We still have two calls on hold. Oh, God. Wow. And um, is... Don't tell don't 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 wear your Free State Project t shirt and say, Hey, I'm here for the Free State Project, everybody. Give me a big old hug and a kiss because yeah. New Hampshire either A doesn't care or B it's an epithet but to he be was a free state project. I agree with extent. that. But what he was addressing there was that he, he wouldn't feel welcome about his form of activism amongst the activist community. I don't think that's true. That's and, the impression I got just now. Yeah, even I in, was even I in wouldn't team, feel hundred percent welcome unless I was unless I was doing the particular kind of activism. Right. You, you may not so feel that's welcome what he was just addressing. You may not feel welcome as an outside the system. Activist in Concord not, oh, or something like Concord. that. Concord, okay, that might be true. That uh, be you true. know, like if you're ha- trying know. to hang out with the Politico types, and then you, you try and you're and you're big into the outside the system activism, you're you're out of place. Right, but if you're a Politico, uh, I, I would welcome you here to Keene. Yeah, I yeah. think that there's we not, need there's more. There's no no issue there. I, I think that and that's uh, what, that's the impression I get is that he's afraid as a as a more political actress that he's not going to feel welcome. Inaccurate. Here. Yeah, the the uh, the folks here are very tolerant, uh, accepting individuals who are more than happy to to have you and your your form of activism here. And in fact, I think more Politicos should come to Keene because it's a it's an it's a ripe opportunity for for doing politics here. And uh, I think the city council would really. Uh, could really use some and you're not going to get elected for them. crap if you say you're a free state project member if you move to, to Keene. well you're not going to get elected anyway nick Ryder's not a free state project member and he didn't get elected he's a new hampshire native so you don't get elected the first time you run typically, typically. any old where any any old where you are let's continue well you know it's not just you may not feel welcome by those activists but you may not feel welcome from the the people of new hampshire because they're immediately going to take the worst case scenarios they're used to and they're going to say oh you're one of those guys I don't want you hanging out with my daughter. I don't want you, you know, you know, at my restaurant. I don't want to hire you. It, it could be very negative things that you had nothing to do with. Somebody who else who otherwise may very like you. Someone who, like, if you moved there 10 years ago, would think, oh, Corey Moore's a really cool guy. But because 
you're now associating yourself with this larger movement they felt has been either rude or difficult, or, but, you know, for whatever reason, it immediately you start off on the losing end. Um, so, I, like I said, I definitely think the Free State Project has a lot of potential, and I think it can be done right, but I think it's very important that they realize themselves how they represent themselves is going to change people's point of view if they want to move there or not. If, mm-hmm. if how they act and who gets the support, if the crazy activists get the support who I think has bad PR, bad, you know, rude to people, and are acting in social ways that really is not acceptable to act in society, okay, now I think that, you know, I don't want to move there. I don't want to have to sit there and defend myself, you know, because of them. I would, if anything, I would rather they leave California and go there so I no longer have to deal with them in California or, you know, in your case, Ohio, so you don't have to deal with them because they just took off. So it's kind of a how they represent themselves is very important, um, you know, just because if they're accepted and everyone likes them, and we're to see on, you know, on the YouTube how, you know, the Free State Project members are loved universally by, uh, by you know, by the citizens of New Hampshire, I think that would be something to go there for. If the Free State Project members are loved universally universally by the people of New Hampshire, then I think I'd move to New Hampshire. Well, I can tell you that libertarians are are ignored universally in California. That's my point. That is my critical (laughs) point, and this was like the apex here, this Mm -hmm. statement of his. It's all about how you're perceived in society, Mm -hmm. and if you're universally loved, then hell yeah, I'll move to New Hampshire. Well, fuck, who wouldn't move if you were universally loved? (laughs) And it's exactly what you said, Mark. It would be in effortless. California, there would be no need to have a movement. Right. It would be effortless because be we're universally started. loved. If, in California, you're absolutely right. You've got zero chance of winning an election as, uh, as a libertarian in your political system. Go ahead. Put on all the suits you want to and be as respectable as you want. You'll get nowhere because there are millions of people and all kinds of money, and it's just not, yeah. it's just not possible. Talk to the people that moved from California to New Hampshire like uh, Barron. So I think Barron moved from California. I, I, I've, I've been holding on to this. I want to forget it. I am not convinced that someone can't come to Keene and be politically successful uh, as a free stater because, I, I mean, in fact, because I, I, again, I think we hear the really vocal people who say they don't like us. They still only got one vote. Those yeah. really vocal people can come out and they got one vote. But at the same time, I can see lots of people who are outraged and the outrage is growing and they're here in Keene. We hear them, too. There's lots of people who who do like us when we're on their side on an issue. Uh, I see that all over the place. And I think you just might uh, get some of those people really activated to come out and vote. And, you know, you got to understand I'm talking about a subject I don't normally like address, but I'm just not I am absolutely not uh, ready to accept the idea that you are not electable. As a free you sound party. like yet another okay. deluded Libertarian Party. Well, member. we'll see what happens. Because Andrew Carroll's going to run as an anarchist this year, as a Democrat I, anarchist. I'm all for it. But, so back mm-hmm. to the point, And that is that. If this guy, so you're saying it's not true. It's, that's the case anywhere, not just Keene. Yeah. Just libertarians as, can't be elected. As really? active right, as this guy enough. presumably is out in California, because he was talking earlier in the interview uh, that you didn't hear about, you know, what he was doing and all that. As active as he is, if he goes, puts a suit on, and does a speech at a, you know, as a can- as a candidate in front of a political audience, you think he's going to be universally liked in that 
in that forum? Of course not. People are going to hear his liberty ideas and say, that's crazy. We can't elect that guy, and he will not be universally liked. So this, this criteria of, uh, <laughs> that, uh, that everybody must like the free staters in New Hampshire is ludicrous. And it goes back to what Gandhi allegedly said. Presumably he was paraphrasing someone else. But first they ignore you. We're way past that. <laughs> then they laugh at you. That's definitely happening. Then they fight you. That's and also then you happening. Win. And what this guy is seeing is he's seeing the laughter and he's seeing the fighting from his distant view of not really looking too closely and hearing things from people that are not you know, entirely accurate. And he's saying, oh, my God, there are people laughing and fighting. There are people laughing at those free staters and they're fighting them. And my God, I'd much rather be ignored. I mean, yeah, that's he's in the ignore stage and he's right. complaining because we're in the laughing and now the fighting stage. That's exactly what's going on here. And, and, and now, I'm, hold on. Hold on. I gotta go back. That you you said that that that, that it's that, that they can't be elected in Keene because uh, because uh, liber- that's libertarians can't be elected. But what about the people who are elected in other parts of New Hampshire that are free staters? Well, the, the, those are uh, small L libertarians. They're elected under Democrat and Republican uh, tickets. So someone could do that in Keene, right? But I, what I'm saying is is that in Keene, a person with a that, that's that's smeared with the, liber- the the free state project brush. Um, whether whether they are in fact a free state project member or not, but if they get painted with the brush, they're not getting elected. You're right. The political uh, status that go out and vote in the elections aren't that likely to vote for uh, for a libertarian. However, there's a cool little town called Roxbury that's got 225 people. That's right next to. Uh, Good luck moving there. To uh, you know an <laughs> apartment free. Place. There's no apartments in Roxbury. You've got to <laughs> buy a big piece of land and clamp, this, uh, camp yeah. on it or something. Yeah, exactly. So this guy's looking at the movement in general. He's seeing all kinds. Of, he's hearing all kinds of misinformation, misconceptions. But what he's seeing is the signs are the signs of success. Polarization is going to happen because people think differently. You won't find universal acceptance for the ideas of liberty ever. No matter how good of a communicator you are, there will always be somebody out there who's going to advocate for the state and coercion and and aggression and the status quo. You can be the best goddamn communicator in the whole universe and you still won't get through to everybody. So he's looking at the movement and he's saying he's seeing the consequences of being out and active and doing freedom things that are making a difference, whether you can argue whether they're making a positive difference or not. What I'm saying is you're you're going with this universal word, and he just popped a word into the sentence. Sure he did. did. But what I'm saying is what he's going to see in 2010 is how many Free State Project members do you need to see in November 2010 get elected to the New Hampshire House and to other positions across the state of New Hampshire for it to be in your, you know, for it to be a good enough acceptance. Because I'm telling you right now that I think that there's going to be a dozen elected to the New Hampshire House. There it's are pretty al- optimistic. Yeah, there are already four. Well, I'm, I'm not in, saying a dozen more. I, I'm so going for a total, yeah. total dozen. Right now, there are 23 A-plus members of the New Hampshire Liberty uh, Alliance here in New Hampshire. What's it look like in California? What kind of yeah. acceptance do you need? I mean, when you start looking at these numbers, it's going to be a Republican sweep in New, um, New Hampshire, which I'm sure this guy right. would prefer 
power over over the Democrats. I'm making a, an assumption. I don't know. You've got the political successes. You've got the social events, which is what he was talking about earlier on in the show. You've got all kinds of opportunities to socialize and get to know and be friends with other libertarians. And you've got the civil disobedience that you know obviously turns some people off. But politics turns some people off. So so please don't look at the signs of success as a reason to not move to New Hampshire. That's what you're seeing. People being polarized and upset is an inevitable consequence of the ideas spreading successfully. It's an inevitable it's consequence. When you're if challenging we the nothing, status quo, and that's right. what libertarianism is all about. If, if we were nothing, as the statists would like you to believe, if you read some of the comments over at KeenSentinel.com, you read some of the comments over the union leader, whenever this, you know, the, uh, these articles about free right. staters... They say they're, they're, they're nothing, they're of no consequence, but they keep right. on commenting right. yeah. over and right. over again. If we were of no consequence... <laughs> they're over us. Right. The atheist homosexual <laughs> Eskimos are of no consequence in New Hampshire, because nobody thinks about them. Yeah. That's what no consequence means. Right. That's what people that have no effect means. We're having an effect, I mean, and over on. time the effect will become greater, and that means more people will be more polarized as they start to pay attention, and they have to start to think about what's going on, and over more time as they start to meet more of us, as we integrate further and do things like what Dale is doing and, and get involved in the community, then they'll start to meet people. First they hear about you, usually, and they hear bad things, and then they meet you, and then they realize, huh, Cynthia, for instance, the, uh, the host of Talkback, she can't say anything bad about me. She knows I'm a good person. She's met me. She's talked to me. We've had interactions before. She, she has to defend you on air she, at times. She does. So there's really something to it. Over time, they're going to hear nasty things. They're going to have those nasty misconceptions corrected uh, as we do more outreach and, and meeting people and, and all of that. And it's all going to work out. The angry fuckers are just going to stew in their anger and they're going to just get more angry and then they're going to leave or they're going to die of a heart attack and everything's going to be fine. Let's go to the phones. <laughs> Finally. And lines, you've been waiting patiently. Who's this? This is Joe. Joe, Joe did you, I, I, I'm surprised you're still awake. Go ahead. <laughs> um, the idea of only moving when you'll be universally loved is ridiculous. I'm not even universally loved in my own family. How am I <laughs> going to be universally loved in New Hampshire? Yeah. But um, anyway, um, you know, it's, it's one I mean, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion, and they can spout off, you know, whatever they want, whenever they want. That's their own business. But if you go in uninformed, you're only going to make yourself look bad. Um, and, you know, it. I think it's kind of unfair to this guy because um, he was asked a question flat-footed during an interview. I mean, he gave his... He has his opinions, though. He went on for he 10 did, minutes. He did. And, and but what I'm trying to say is his opinions are valid for him. He was... If you asked me right now what I think about remote control airplanes, I've got an opinion. It sucks and it's uninformed. You can believe that. But yeah. if you asked me, who's at fault? Right. Just yeah. um, well, I don't know. He he, he he got pretty elaborate in his, his in yeah, his uninformed right. opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Ten minutes of ranting about what's wrong with the Free State Project. But go ahead. Well, it's one thing to you know have uh, misconceptions or misinformation about things that are happening, but you can't you know if someone has a general perception of well these people aren't reaching me, um, you know I mean you know he's entitled to have that opinion. Fair enough, but uh, it, you know the, the argument about well you know California is warm and New Hampshire is cold. You know, the, either you're going to deal with it or you're not. There's no, there's no bridging the gap there. You That's know, sort of a I, litmus I, test, in my opinion. If someone's that pansy that, like, oh, it snows sometimes there, I 
you know. I didn't really hear that from him. <laughs> he was making that statement, but he said that he could be persuaded to move if he was fair, yeah, if it was persuasive enough. enough for him. So I, I wouldn't say that was really one of his uh, critical objections. His critical objection is that he perceives the activists here as not being respectable enough to the system and to society, and that that uh, we must comport ourselves in the way that he thinks is appropriate in this political sort of manner. Well, uh, that and, uh, and living here as somebody who, to some extent, agrees with what he says, I'm. T- Telling you that the activists that are doing that a are not under your under, under my control in any way, shape, or form. I can't do anything about it. And b they are a minority, a significant minority. Yeah, if you go to Concord, there'll be all largely, kinds of people in suits. They're largely geographically uh, confined to the southwestern portion it's of true. the state now because. My my partner happens to be a lunatic. I have to live, you know, right next to him. I, I don't have any options. I have to be surrounded by these people. They are my friends, um, even though I may disagree with some of their actions. You know, I, I, I am a minority amongst them, but they are a minority in the state. There's it's a true. fine line between crazy and brilliant. Joe, yeah. final thoughts. Um. Oh, I had a final thought and I lost it. That's all right. Call us back some other time. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the genius of the Free State Project is that there is no figurehead. There's no central control. Mm. So if you don't like the way the, the, the Free Staters are doing it, come and change it. You know, it's absolutely true. What is what is what was the guy that had the the problem with the Free State Project? The the interview the the guy that we Riley listened? Riley. If Riley was in charge of the Free State Project, it would be very easy for either a lone gunman to to take him out or the government to take him out, and the Free State Project's dead. And I would say don't come Thanks, and Joe. change it. Come do your thing. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. Add Let's to go it. to yeah. the other amp sure. line. Somebody else is here. Who's this? You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Come on. You Caller can't expect them to still be there. It's been an hour and a twice. half. Well, they haven't been holding that long. <laughs> All right. I think we're go, about, we are about fresh out. We did uh, <laughs> another two, almost two hours Jacob of Jacob Hornberger's con- in- interview is going to be at the end of this a be huge. two. That needs to be a... Sp- Separate segment. Or this is going to be a four-plus-hour yeah. uh, podcast. Be a four hour show. Is someone going to listen to this part? If you, you should, do, should you do it as a separate segment? I don't know. They'll listen okay. if they want to. Uh, so thank you for uh, for tuning in this far, and thanks to the both of you for sticking around. I thought that uh, those objections needed to be addressed, and I talked to the guy who's hosting the show, by the way, the, the member of the Free State Project, Corey. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go and, and appear on his show to address some of those objections uh, and talk with him about maybe this, the, especially the idea that people are getting kicked out of restaurants and, you know, all that. Oh, Lord. Um, anyway. Yeah, that, so. that, that is really, you know, that needs to be addressed. Nobody getting kicked out of any restaurants. Yeah. So uh, that will be it. Uh, you, by the way, can go to amp.freetalklive.com to help out Free Talk Live, help us get on more radio stations around the country, and bring more of these liberty-oriented ideas to people that really desperately need to hear them. Uh, amp.freetalklive.com. Visit Dale's website, anarchyinyourhead.com. Mark doesn't have a website, although you've been working on, at some point, we're getting one on some I've blog site. So, yeah, I've got. I've, I've just been so busy with this. What I want to do is get the Free State Project uh, completion true. campaign up and, you and flying. And, uh, you know, of course... You've continue, got your callers now, right? I heard that Jason Talley's going to be helping out. And Johnson. Yeah, I've, I've got enough people lined up um, to, to, to be able to do it. Really, the issue is, uh, you know, straightening things out with PayPal and, uh, you know, once, the, once that account situation is taken care of you know we're we're up and running curtis uh by the way cdevolution.org is still raising money for curtis's uh, legal defense fund and some very very generous people have by the way uh, stepped up to help us out with this michelle seven uh robin and her husband tommy from germany that are making the move to new hampshire soon michelle and robin and tommy all stepped up to essentially i believe double 
the amount, or triple, I think, the amount of contributions. Wow. I don't know if that offer's still on the table, uh, but there was a over the the weekend or, or over the past several days, people that have, uh, yeah, definitely over the weekend, people that were contributing to Curtis's legal defense fund were having their uh, their contributions tripled. So they were selling silver, uh, and they came up to me, and uh, Curtis said, hey, I've got, you know, we've got some silver that we're selling here. You buy it, and then Michelle Seven will double the amount of money that you paid for the silver. And I'm like, oh, great. I can get some silver, and uh, Michelle Seven's going to throw some money into this. It's great. So he's already, uh, we've already raised a good percentage of the amount of money that we were looking to raise for Curtis, but we're still not quite to 50%. So, so uh, please go to cdevolution.org, and if you want to help out this movement from where you are without ever having to leave your chair, you can do that. cdevolution.org, there's a widget there uh, that you can contribute directly to to help Curtis. $2,200 is what they've gotten so far out of 7000 so at 31%. And uh, you can also sign up for a uh, monthly contribution in general to the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund so you can help poison the well here in New Hampshire. (laughs) We'll see you uh, tomorrow night. And online in the meantime, we are always at freetalklive.com. If you're listening at Liberty Radio Network, you'll be... You'll be returned to our Liberty Radio Network, or you'll be joining our Liberty Radio Network looped feed, and those returning on the Free Talk Live stream will hear our show already in progress. So, good night, everybody, and thanks again for listening this late to the program. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right, so it's a, it's another edition of the Edgington Post, and I have on uh, with me one of the one of the big names in the Liberty Movement. It's Jacob Hornberger. Jacob, are you there? Yep. Now, um, you and I were talking, and, and apparently there's been some uh, some flaming going on between you and and the Daily Cause going on uh, about, uh, I guess, the Gilded Age and you know whether laissez-faire capitalism worked or didn't work and all that kind of stuff. So, can you bring our listeners up to date on it? Because I I think this is very interesting. Yeah, it really is interesting that it it started out originally with an article that I wrote called uh, "Liberal Delusions About Freedom" for our journal at the Future Freedom Foundation. And then what happened was that uh, David Bowes from the Cato Institute uh, wrote a critique of that in Reason, and then I wrote a response to that critique. And so that generated a bunch of discussion among libertarians. But all of a sudden, uh, a guy, over, a liberal over at Daily Cost, which uh, is, of course, this great, big, giant liberal website, he wrote a scathing attack um, on the piece I wrote. Uh, and then it also his attack got reprinted on alternate.org, which is another giant liberal website. Yeah. So um, then there's a bunch of comments. So I wrote a response to the the guy that wrote uh, his article in Daily Cost. I think his name is John Sumner, um, in which um, I took him to task. I mean, d- directly uh, and. Uh, showed the, uh, I think the title of my piece was Economic Ignorance and Liberal Hypocrisy at DailyCost.com. And then they had a bunch of comments on both those websites, so all these liberals and I have been mixing it up. So it's been uh, quite stimulating. 
So, you know, I guess this is this is something that comes up for a lot of people. I mean, when you when you start getting down to the brass tacks of debating with somebody about whether or not liberty works, um, this is one of the first one of the first things they'll say is, what about Upton Sinclair's The Jungle? And didn't we have try laissez faire capitalism back in the late 1800s, early 1900s? What uh, how do you respond to that? Well, I, I, I respond that it, it shows a woeful lack of ignorance among liberals with respect to, to general principles of, of economics and so forth, and, and a lot of hypocrisy as well. And let me give you some specifics. Um, when they talk about you know the bad things that were taking place in the Industrial Revolution, uh, you know the, the peop- uh, men that would send their wives and children into factories, the long working conditions, the unsafe working conditions. Uh, I mean, all of that is true. Uh, you know, there's no question about it. But where they go wrong is what what they're doing is they're comparing living standards in say 1880 with living standards today, or with some kind of ideal utopia. Right. That does actually the. I'm, so, I'm sorry. That's if somebody says that, I say, well, first, what we need to understand here is when you're talking about that time frame, you must understand that the the wealthiest person in America went and went outside to go crap at a hole in the ground because you know we didn't even have indoor plumbing at that time. So it's a different time uh, frame that we're talking about. Well, that's right. And but compared to the pre-industrial age, and this is what. Uh, is pointed out in this great book called Capitalism and the Historians that the Nobel laureate libertarian economist Friedrich Hayek edited, that in the pre-industrial age, things were a hundred times worse. And so what the Industrial Revolution was, was, was it was starting out with basically an impoverished society. I mean, poverty is sort of the natural state of mankind. And then they slowly started building up capital. Now, in those early stages, the first few generations, obviously people are going to still be struggling because the amount of capital that's being accumulated is still relatively small. But, you know, in one 20-year period from 1870 to 1890, real wages actually doubled. So as the capital is getting accumulated, people are figuring out, well, this is the key to prosperity. And this is what liberals don't understand, that they think that, that prosperity and wealth is just sort of a given, that it's just this great big pie and they say, boy, we got to go start confiscating that pie and redistributing it. Well, if you'd left things alone, you had this giant engine of, of wealth that was being produced throughout the 19th century. It was building up into the 20th century. And then all of a sudden, the liberals gained control, the socialists, the, the progressives, whatever you want to call them, and uh, instituted the welfare state, which, of course, has just become this engine of confiscation. So the argument is, is that as well as Americans are off today, We'd have been a thousand times better off if you hadn't had an entire century of confiscation and redistribution of capital. Yeah. I mean, tell me another 20-year period where uh, Americans doubled their real wages. Exactly. No, it was was a phenomenal period. And not only that, but notice, and this is the other thing that liberals don't like to talk about, you had open immigration. I mean, you had – so you had – Thousands of penniless people that were fleeing the lands of control and government uh, monitoring of economic affairs and so forth, they were fleeing those lands to come to a land where there was no guarantees, no welfare, no social security. I mean, they were voting with their feet to say, I want a chance to get wealthy. And they were, in fact, getting wealthy. I mean, there's, there's instances of where the rich people in, say, 1900 were the poor people. You know, they were, they were poor who became wealthy. And became millionaires. So, like nouveau riche. Exactly. Okay. 
And so you, you had this giant, you know, uh, system that was taking place, a dynamic system where you had people going from rags to riches in one, two, or three generations. You had, a, uh, you had the poor, you know, doubling their wages, you know, in a 20-year period. It was a, it's, to me, it's the most phenomenal period. Now, liberals kind of point to the negative side of this. Oh, well, there was, you know, labor, child labor in the factories and so forth. But we well, still have the reasons for that. We have we still have child labor. I mean, I, this is one of the things that I think is a specious argument is, um, I mean, you know, Hollywood kids work and they work their butts off um, in Hollywood and their parents get to keep their wealth. Also, if you've got a farm, you can work your kids from dawn till till, till dusk. If you want, you could homeschool them and they never get off the farm. Um, you can do that with a family restaurant. Kids work. Um, also, uh, the idea I wouldn't I wouldn't say that anybody would claim that academics isn't work. I mean, would you say a college professor doesn't work? But we send kids to work at school uh, for you know thirteen years and require them to do it. So to say that children don't have to work is is just not looking at the facts. But go ahead. Well, that's a great point. But you know, the, the other thing that that I think needs to be pointed out here is that when you've got a really poor society. Uh, where the only way to sustain your, the life of your family is by having the entire family work, then you're obviously going to choose that as, as the alternative to starvation. I mean, it's the, it's the second best thing. It, instead of starving, hey, we're going to send you into these dangerous factories. Because before the Industrial Age, children were starving to death. And sure so they were. The husbands were making a very rational decision here. Now, and so now the liberals say, well, it was the laws we were passing that pulled people out of these factories, dangerous factories. That's nonsense. If a father is faced with the starvation of his wife and children, he's not going to give a hoot what the law is. He's going to send them into those factories anyway. And what was pulling people out of the factories was they were becoming wealthier as they accumulated a nest egg, as they passed it on to their children, and all of a sudden – Wealth is being produced, capital is being produced, people are becoming more productive. Then they can start afford. They can start affording to leave their wife at home, to leave their kids at home, because their income is now able to sustain the family. But that can only come about through the process of wealth uh, accumulation. And this is this is what I, I wrote in my article. I said, you know, what liberals never ask is what creates wealth. They always say, what are the causes of poverty? What are the causes of poverty? Well. Poverty is the natural state. You know, yeah. throughout history, people have been poor. It's what creates a wealthy society that matters. It's the truth. I mean, my son came out of his uh, mother's uh, mother uh, completely naked, and uh, you know, he he didn't have anything that I haven't that I have not given him. So, uh, what poverty is the natural state. And, you know, I I always, in, in sort of defense of sweatshops, people love to use that term for, you know, sort of uh, low-grade uh, factories. I, I don't know how to describe them, but factories that, that aren't the newest and uh, zippiest of, of all the factories. But, you know, the, the most people that work in them have the option of working in a sweatshop, which they go to voluntarily every single day, or working, at a, you know, as a dirt farmer, scratching a living out, living out of the earth, which, you know, that's really, really, really hard. And the reason that they go to these sweatshops is it's not as hard as living in a mud hut, scratching, uh, scratching trying to scratch wealth out of the earth. Well, that's right. And, 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 and what, what the liberals often do is they, they put so much, many costs on these places, you know, the, the OSHA cost and so forth, that they run out of business, uh, marginal employers, that then 
floods the market with those now unemployed laborers, which lowers the wage for everybody else. And so, obviously, intuitively, you think, look, if a worker is better off, the more businesses there are there multiplying and prospering, because then they're bidding up the wages. They're competing for those workers. And so if somebody's living on a farm and he's struggling, as you point out, it's in his interest that he have as many choices and opportunities to choose from as possible. And that's the thing that liberals don't understand when they impose all these enormous costs that stop poor people from going and opening the businesses that compete against those that are already established. You know, what, what their thought process is, is, well, those marginal employers shouldn't be in the workplace, in the, uh, the market any place anyway. And so, um, you know, it doesn't matter if those workers don't work. We'll just tax the richest of our population because they have so much money, so much more than the rest of us. And it's true. The very wealthy are very wealthy. But there are so few of them that you can't, you just, they're not going to stand still for you cha- taking all of their money and, re- and giving it to other people. They just won't do it. They'll go someplace else. And that's the, you know, that, that's the reason that they want to uh, essentially destroy the nation state. And I'm not saying I'm a big fan of the nation state, but it has kept, it has kept the socialists of the world from uh, chasing the rich people uh, hither and yon. Well, and what they don't understand is the, the wealthy people actually provide tremendous benefits to the poor. They, they develop this huge source of capital that new businesses can, can use, existing businesses can use to expand their business operations. They're also the first ones that go and buy the, the really expensive luxury goods right. that become the necessities of the middle class later on, like flat screen TVs and computers and TVs and so forth. Um, so th- this is one of the things that liberals, they just don't understand the importance of wealth in a society. The other thing that, that they don't understand, Mark, is, is this minimum wage. This is one of their favorite arguments, that you know the minimum wage is a way to abolish poverty. Um, I mean, it's so fallacious. I mean, no, and, and, of course, notice they never want to make the minimum wage $50 an hour or $100 an hour. No. Because I think they instinctively know that that would not work. <laughs> Um, but the same principle applies with whatever you make the minimum wage, $8 or whatever. You lock out of the labor market everybody whose labor is valued at less than that minimum. And uh, then, so what do you do with those people? They can't work. They're legally prohibited from working. They're the genuine poor, and this is what liberals do to them with a minimum wage law. And so they say, oh, well, let's put them on welfare and give them a life of government dependency. How constructive is that? Well, it's it's a bad idea because what you're going to do is you're going to create generations of these people. That you know, what are they going to teach their children about uh, being valuable in the marketplace? They don't know anything about being valuable in the marketplace. Right, because that's their whole life of government dependency. I mean, I I've seen it in people living in public housing. I mean, I don't know if the rules are like this, but you know, some 20 years ago, I knew a, a couple in public housing, and they told me that if they started making too much money that they'd be thrown out of their government house. And so they had to be real cautious that they didn't get too, too, too much money. Well, what greater attack could you have against helping the poor than that? Saying, you cannot get wealthy or you will be thrown out of this government house we have provided you. Right. I mean, it's ridiculous. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I, I, know, that, I, I know that many of these, these liberal folks have only the best intentions in their minds. I mean, the, the vast majority of them, I think, they really do want to help poor people. But, you know, the, these, the, 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 the systems that they're putting in place just don't make any sense for that. Um, it seems to me that you'll be far better off by leaving charity to uh, to private, uh, excuse me, yeah, private institutions, charities, that kind of thing, and and they'll 
d- discern who is uh, you know the best recipient for their money, and I, I think it'll require far less money um, to to fund all of it. I couldn't agree with you more. That you know, I don't I don't think their intentions are really relevant. I mean, who cares what their intentions sure. are? What matters is the actual results of their programs. And so, okay, let's concede when they help the poor and stuff. The fact is that their programs are destroying the very people that they're purporting to help. And and uh, they always say, well, we need to force people. I mean, that's really what they want to do is they want to force people uh, to care for others. Well, what kind of system is that when you've got to force people through the political process to honor their mother and father or take care of the poor? I mean, that's the beauty about communism is it gives the choice to individuals to make that choice. But we argue that this is what nurtures charity and compassion and so forth. Is it conscience is being exercised? Right. How can you how can you learn uh, concepts like charity and and caring for other people if you don't really feel them? If you're not giving, because when you're filling out your tax form, you're not giving. You're being forced to give. Exactly. And who's the saint in the process? You know, is it the IRS people that you know they work for that vicious agency? Is it the Congress that passes these laws? Is it the taxpayer? What about people that don't pay taxes? Do they get credit in heaven for all the Social Security payments or Medicare payments or welfare or corporate grants or bailouts? Uh, nobody gets credit for this because it's all based on force, and force is contrary to moral values of caring for people, compassion, charity, and so forth. Uh, and so you've, so you've got this dual system. It's, it's dual in the sense that you're attacking the poor, you're destroying capital, and you're destroying the moral values that undergird a society. So if people want to see this flame war between you and the, uh, the, the denizens of uh, the Daily Cause, how would they go about doing that? Well, it's great because I'm having a blast with these guys. I'm the only libertarian in there mixing it up with them. But they can go to the dailycost.com and um, do a search for um, Libertarian, and okay. it'll pull up this guy, uh, John Sumner's article, and then all the comments are, are underneath that. And then on Alternet.org, uh, they can go there and do the same thing, find the article, and look for all the comments. And, uh, and, and all i got to do is register your, your, your uh, email address, and you can have the prerogative of commenting it. It's a lot of fun. Have you uh, have they called you a bigot yet? I mean, that's usually the first place they go with libertarians, right? Rather than uh, talk to you about your 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 issues or anything like that, they just want to call you a racist. Yeah, they, they haven't gotten there yet. Oh, good. Um, it, it, it's been yeah, you know, it's been pretty civil. Uh, I mean, they bring up the standard stuff about you know you hate the poor and all that sort of stuff. But I mean, I love those arguments, you know, because I'm turning it around on them, and then I'm also showing the hypocrisy, you know, because. They're, they're the ones that are now building that fence along the southern border. They're the ones now raiding businesses to, to uh, divide families and deport them back instead of letting them just sit here and work for employers that want to hire them. And so how do they reconcile that with their love of the poor, you know? It's like maybe they're just interested in helping the poor that vote here in the United States. <laughs> well, let's, and, uh, let's not forget the, uh, the, the death squads over in um, Afghanistan. I mean, it, it apparently coalition forces have been uh, going around, uh, recently uh, shot up uh, a, a, a private boys' school, uh, not to mention the fact that they're uh, uh, funding uh, in Afghanistan. They're, they're, they're funding the same people that are, that are running uh, boyhood, uh, you know, Male, young male uh, child prostitute rings, uh, you know, <laughs> it's hard to equate that with caring about people, you know? 
Oh, well, I pointed out in my article that under Clinton, you know, the Mr. Liberal par excellence, they, they killed half a million or at least a few hundred thousand Iraqi children with those brutal sanctions against Iraq for eight years. And, uh, and I'd say that 99% of the people they've killed in Iraq and Afghanistan were 100% in Iraq, 99% in Afghanistan, had absolutely none, nothing to do with 9-11. And I would put them in the ranks of the poor, um, probably all of them, at least compared to what, the way we live today. Uh, they're poor. Uh, so, yeah. It's this hypocrisy where they portray themselves as the great lovers of the poor and how we libertarians must hate the poor, but we're the ones that are always standing for the poor while they're over there killing them overseas. They're locking them out of the labor market here and deporting them here in the United States. And they're looking to increase the sanctions on Iran now. Apparently uh, the Senate just voted today or something uh, about that. I I haven't read the whole article, um, but – Apparently, there's been san- uh, they're voting to put san- increased sanctions on Iran or something. So that'll that'll be great for the poor people of Iran. Well, that's a great example because they've already documented that the sanctions against Iran have produced several plane crashes of civilian airplanes. How's that? Because they couldn't get the maintenance. They couldn't oh. get the maintenance on the planes mm. because of the sanctions. And so anybody who wants to Google that. I wrote an article on it, but yeah. Now, I don't know whether the passengers in those planes are are poor or not, but still it just goes to show you the mindset of these people. You know, this concept of assassination and and sanctions and embargoes. Look what they've done to Cubans with their 40-year-long embargo. I mean, that squeezed the lifeblood out of the Cuban people, along with their socialist system. I, I don't detract from that. But, of course, that's what liberals love. Is socialism. So they're squeezing the Cubans at both ends with the socialism and with the embargo. Right. You know, and, and, and to think that uh, somehow poor people have a, a monopoly on, uh, on, 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 on piousness or something like that is absolutely ludicrous. Um, you know, I mean, people are people no matter how much income they make. I may not be poor by the world's standards, but I still love my kid, you know? I mean, <laughs> so the, the idea that it's okay to uh, kill people on planes just because they don't make little enough would be, would be absolutely ludicrous. But that's, that's how a lot of these people think. Oh, well, and the fact that they're willing to sacrifice people for political With a vehicle goals, service contract be- about to expire or no automobile I'm sorry, Jacob, there's uh, some audio coming through. Due to a decline. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, anyway, so uh, I, I think I've got to uh, get rolling here. Uh, tell everybody how they can uh, help you at the Future Freedom Foundation real quick, what you guys do, the 30-second elevator speech. Uh, we're a libertarian educational foundation. Come to our website at fff.org. Register for free to our e- daily email update. Uh, you can register to our journal, Freedom Daily, and uh, give us your support. We're fighting hard for, for liberty in America. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you, Mark. Bye-bye. Bye. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. 
on your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.